Who was nursing you, poor Eli? What a band is sounds. That land has been had. Nothing you can do about it. It's gone. It's had. If you would just you take this lease, Daniel. Drainage! Drainage, Eli, you boy. Drain dry. I'm so sorry. If you have a milkshake, and I have a milkshake, and I have a straw, there it is. That's a straw. Watch it. My straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does I think what it says in the tin. Yeah, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Megan. Whoa! Whoa! Georgia! Yeah, I think we said last week she was going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> is she a cat? Georgia is oh, catting. Meow. I thought she was going to be a cat. Yeah, she's, uh, she's doing... Cat. Yeah, they're on... Next, next week. Next I'm going to go week. see it. I don't know if you guys are going to yeah, see it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay, I so have, I'm trying to plan something, but yeah. May, maybe if we can arrange. Arrange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm going to watch it by myself. <laughs> 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 Ethan, I'd invite you, but you don't come see anybody anymore. So. <laughs> That's not no, wrong. This is the, including, this is the one week. including us right now. <laughs> As always. This is the one Ethan, week where I, I physically won't be, even be able to be there. All right, you're doing your Star Wars thing, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm not upset. I've got my back to you. There we go. <laughs> you well, can turn around. Turn don't turn around. around. I'm assuming. He's you. I'm assuming the camera's pointed even at us. I don't even check. <laughs> uh, I'm just seeing outside. It's a very lovely uh, day outside. You are the not. Uh, the camera is set up because we will be joined by Hermes. Hey, Hermes. Uh, at the end of the episode, because we're here to do episode 168. There will be blood. That is not a spoiler for how the pod's going to go. <laughs> well, we'll we're see. not about are to you get. Sure? I think so. <laughs> Look at the freak in your eyes. I'm, uh, I'm not that combative. You're not that combative. Well, Liam can be, but the person he's combative with isn't here. That's <laughs> so I think we're all right. Oh, Georgia, I do love you. <laughs> Just need the right oh, triggers. I'll show you one day. She's equally combative with you. Yeah, 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 true, true, true. So there we go. Maybe she she passed on this one, so there will not be blood. But that's what we're doing this week. Uh, if you are so inclined to be like, what did you guys do last week? We did. They live. Yeah, we did. I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah, well. and I'm here to kick ass. Done well. No, another another strong thing. So it's it's quite good. I think we're going through a nice little positive. Oomph. Oh, nice. That's well, a, that's, I like to have a spike in uh, that's numbers. It's official podcasting terminology. A positive oomph. oomph. <laughs> For people who are when I'm kind of raising my fist up, almost like Mario punching through a brick above me. Mario! That comes out this week. It does. Yeah. <laughs> well done. I'll, nice be going, I'll be going and seeing that. Oh, I love Mario. Of course, yeah, yeah. Although I always preferred Luigi. I always, I always him. preferred Luigi. Yeah, I don't know why. Oh, I always preferred Princess, but there we go. You went, I'm a, Lu- <laughs> I'm a Luigi number one. Is Luigi? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mario Kart is awesome I'm too. Princess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the princess had the Italian accent. <laughs> In my version, she does. <laughs> it's still a better accent than Chris Pratt has. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, I'm looking. For, yeah, I guess I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's one of those ones actually. I've been doing the fantasy box office with uh, Kevin from the podcast who wouldn't die, and from Stu who joined us last week I for they live yeah. and did a great job. And did a great job. And I think. I think it's Kev who's got Super Mario Brothers as one of his movies. Oh, okay. And Stu had. Oh, what did he have? It just came out. I think it's John Wick Four. Oh, so we've each released a film oh, now. I, I want to go see that. What's John Wick Four? Yeah, yeah. I was going to go look into it because Anthony was up for doing it, and I'm like, I got to find two and three, and then it was like some premium subscription of some sort, and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I was um, driving down here earlier, and um, I heard on the radio, Top Gun Maverick mm-hmm. not only saved the cinema mm-hmm. during COVID, mm-hmm. but that's his biggest box office movie of his career. Yeah. I think, we've, I think we've talked about that this on the podcast. That blows my mind. <laughs> I think every pod I've been on, you've mentioned that film at some point. <laughs> it's a bit like Groundhog Day today. Well, we'll have, to yeah. give you, we'll have to give you a drinking game for when yeah, yeah, you're on here. Yeah. Yes. Maverick. Okay. We do, have, we do have a slow gin. Yes, we do. Going on. Try, I, I have a fast beer. And we have, I, I have actually that and a fast beer beside me. So I've got <laughs> multiple drinks uh, on the go. So there we go. Uh, we'll shake it up later. Um, <laughs> shake it up, shake it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also last week released the latest in our friends retrospective, the one with two parts. We met Ursula for the first time. Ooh, yes. she was um, a character. I'm mad about you. Yes. Yeah. So basically, it was one of those things where NBC put all their toys on the same night. And what if they all like showed up in each other's stories? Because uh, George Clooney showed up as well, uh, not as his character, but still uh, as a doctor. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yes. If you want to know more. Friends of the podcast out last Friday. Um, but I tell you who's really cool. Go on. That's our Patreon backers. Yeah. I'm talking about Julene. All right. Hermes. Come on. James DeGuzman. Ah, yeah. Lena Oberholz. Anthony and Davies. Coolio. Chris Peterson. Yeah. Randall Silva. All right. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. The Yeetmeister. Woo. Reverend Bruce. Oh, yeah. Nate the Great. That's what I'm talking about. Andy Dixon. Yeah. Holly Cowan. All right. Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. Richard. Woo. He's savage. I need some sort of cool nickname <laughs> for, for, for Richard. He's great. Yeah. And of course, the cool cat himself. Ryan Kukas. That's right. So Woo. thank you very much, everybody, for keeping the lights on as we bring Boys. you that sweet sweetness of at least two episodes well usually two episodes <laughs> a week but you always get the main episode coming into your ears yeah and we've done Boys. main episode something like you know three years on the trot without three missing one years yeah i know even if we've had to do them back to back yeah I, got, I gotta think about something because i think i might be away the week after next Ooh, interesting Ooh. mysterious so i may have to do something <laughs> I like how it's just come to you now. <laughs> well, no, because I volunteered to go on this like stag do. Oh, okay, like a multi day stag do. To go on a stag do, Woo. it's not the kind of it's it's it, it, it's not my wheelhouse. The idea about going to, uh, for a multi day thing with a bunch of people who most of them I don't know. Yeah, oh, okay, there are a couple people enough. who 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 I work with, and I'm like, I really like the guy who's getting married. I was going to say, you must really like him. He's, he's one of my very best friends. But I'm just like the whole idea of just spending like three days at the end of my Easter break doing this. I'm like, is this really what I want to do? And then will it get in the way of? Uh, <laughs> and you come back a changed man. <laughs> Of, of, of what's going to happen in the pod. Like, I don't I don't want to be rolling back in at, like, 9 o'clock at night. I'd much rather roll it at 6 o'clock at night. I'll take notes on the film in advance. <laughs> yeah. Sit down and be like, all right, let's do, a mo- let, let, let's do the movie. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure you're here, Ethan. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah, there we you go. have to take over the show. I've never missed, I've never missed an episode. No, you haven't. Oh, and yeah. you've even done an episode on your own. On my own. One of those yeah. Friday ones, yeah. On I know, right? 
So there we go. Um, we want to wish a very, very happy, 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 happy birthday to Andy Dixon, who hey, will uh, have a birthday on Saturday this coming week. Ooh. Happy birthday to you. What? Happy birthday to you. What? Happy birthday, dear Andy Dixon. Is this your princess voice? Yeah. Hybrid Mario almost going on there. Birthday to you. <laughs> Sorry, my Tash guy in the way. I hope you appreciate that. <laughs> um, I thought I'd bring up the charts again just because it would be fun. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll rapid fire through it. This week we were lucky enough to chart in Great Britain, in Canada, Canada. Australia, uh, South Korea, the Netherlands, Switzerland, wow. Poland, Nigeria, Egypt, Uganda, and number four in Ghana. Thank oh, you very Ghana. much. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we were number one last week in Ghana, Ethan, but you weren't here to celebrate that with us. I did hear that, and I had a little dance. Did you? I heard it when I listened. Yeah. Excellent. Best, best jollof rice in all of Africa. Stay tuned for Ethan's Rice Podcast. Coming <laughs> It'll you. be the cousin of the cousin of the cousin of the podcast of the BFE. We're not related. <laughs> uh, let's do some reflections. And corrections. Thank you very much. We start off with Josh from next favorite movie, who said, finally catching up with best film for pod on John Wick. And funny enough, I missed last week because I was at Disney World. Cool. And I could never do what that guy Georgia was talking about had. I had lightning lanes, and it was still difficult to hit all the rides. Yeah, I'm thinking you got to phone ahead and sort of... He must. Oh, it's, it's, no it's good it's good sort of publicity for the parks and of that course, sort of lifestyle of and yada 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 um we've got tom who says hey guys you now absolutely have to do hell comes to frog town which also stars rowdy roddy piper well there's always <laughs> next year you never know yeah you never Although know. i think i'll be looking for i can imagine felix will be directing us towards uh, a <laughs> I, different person for yeah i think so he's not one to do the same thing every all the time no where has he been I don't know. He was here earlier. Oh. You just missed him. He I thought, left. And, I yeah. thought he was on holiday. No, no, no. He just left. Yeah. yeah. Never see our producer. Never. Have you never seen him? Nope. Ever? Nope. Charming guy. <laughs> Charming. He must really hate me because he, he never stick around for me. Yeah, he has mentioned something or other about what? that. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, was he mad about that, that Titanic thing with Ghostbusters too? Oh my Jesus, was so, he angry about that? I'm surprised I didn't get the can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Carlo, who wanted to talk that about Titanic. About, uh, talk about one endless fight. He wants to talk about the endless fight, and they live and the oh. struggle to not put on the glasses. I think it's a reference to how people don't want to see the truth. They don't want to be awake. Putting the glasses on will be the equivalent of the red pill in the Matrix. And that's when Sir Gives a Damn, also known as Mister Mikey Wood, but we call him Fred, said it's because he's a rat. <laughs> I know we often want to ascribe deeper meaning to things, but no, he's a wrestler. When you hire a wrestler, he needs to do wrestly things. Uh, that's true. <laughs> right. But Carlo continues, another great episode and so good to listen to Stu's contributions. I must consume and obey Stu's podcast. Yeah, we recommend that. He does yeah, good work. Absolutely. And some more Carlo says, I loved all the little wrestling tangents, even if I'm not in the wrestling anymore. I once was, but I so I enjoyed those flashbacks with times of Piper, Hogan, Brutus, Beefcake, Lex Luger, etc. Ian is like a wrestling encyclopedia you have no idea he so is <laughs> even off mic he just goes on and on no i don't do that <laughs> people who don't like wrestling there's no point what we, uh, 
if I wanted no, to, if, you no, if I wanted to talk to people who had no interest in what I'm saying, I'd go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, though, I kind of admire the fact that you can pick up um, uh, WrestleMania six or seven or something. You'll go, oh, I spent so and so. Yeah, six Hogan against, Warrior. You know, and seven like, Hogan Slaughter. How do you remember all this? Well, I think it's because you lived through it. So, like, Wrestle, I remember WrestleMania five was the first one when I was a kid. I went to Canada. Yeah, Canada. I, I remember. Thank you. I remember. Uh, I was at the video store and I grabbed this this tape and I rented it rather than a movie. I was like, oh, let's see what this is. Yeah. Which my sister hated, of course, because she wanted to watch a movie. Like, we each had to pick one, but like her movie actually had like a story and mine was just like wrestling. Did, did you two <laughs> have to wrestle the video? No. <laughs> um, and so from there on, I didn't kind of I remember growing up for a bit. So from like that era to like WrestleMania 12, 11, okay. 10, I'm, I'm really solid on What it. years are they roughly? Uh, WrestleMania 10 is 94. So work backwards. Oh, okay. WrestleMania 5 right in the and heyday. 89. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've got no idea what you're talking about. Wrestling. WrestleMania. <laughs> WrestleMania is happening tonight. Is it? Tonight. It's, oh. it's a two-day affair now, but yes, it is the two biggest day. wrestling. Is it just a big wrestling the, match thing? Yeah, big. That's, okay. that's how they promote it. Come see the big wrestling <laughs> match thing. thing. <laughs> Megan, you must have heard of Hulk Hogan. Yes. And The Undertaker. Yes. Well, there we I are. remember the little toys. My friends used to have the little the little yeah. action figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, imagine they're, like, fully grown up. <laughs> and rather than having to, like, slam them into each other, they do it of their own free will. They're real people. Oh, they're my real goodness. people. Yeah. Uh, they don't bounce back as easily if you, like, let go by mistake and I'm, fly out of the ring. I'm not a big wrestling fan, but I do like uh, Mick Foley. Oh, Mick Foley's great, isn't he? Yeah, he's such a lovely guy. Oh, we've, we've had a little interaction with him over the years. And I, yeah. At one point, I thought we were really close, so it just oh. didn't work out. Oh, that would have been great. Hey, see if we can try again. Keep dreaming. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah. Nothing uh, ever beyond the mat. Say, tell you what, <laughs> and living about beyond, beyond at least the matter where we were previously, March was our best month in terms of downloads ever. Wow. So wow. that was... Uh, because podcast, I think, has hit a bit of a... I think the bubble's kind of burst a little bit. People are going back to work. Yeah. People don't have time to sit around and make uh, sourdough bread and listen to podcasts <laughs> <laughs> while they knit anymore. Uh, we've all gone back to our regular biz busy lives, and that require, uh, also involves other things. So for us to have our best month ever, uh, we're very happy about that. That's, yeah, That is incredible. It's, it's, it's definitely positive. So thank you, everybody out there, whether you're one of our people who've been with us for three years now or whether you're someone who's just downloaded the catalog. Thank you. so. Or if it's your first listen here, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Always a pleasure. Uh, by the way, if you've been listening for a few weeks now, that other voice is Ethan. Hi, I'm Ethan's, usually here. You, usually he's pushing it a bit. Sometimes Ethan shows up and joins us. So you might not have known that if you've been listening only in 2023. My little hiatus is... Or 2022. Is oh, 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 oh. Oh, All of my personal dilemmas have somewhat quelled. I'm back more regularly now. I think you have to... Uh, I hear you. I, I hope that's the case. But I think yeah. you have to. You can't just say that. I think you have to. <laughs> you have to do it. Yeah. Sometimes some people say actions speak louder. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt somewhere. Actions speak louder. Then the I'm, I'm gonna stop is, it there. The worst thing is, I just good. said that, but I know that next week I'll be gone. But I planned that like a year in advance. That was a <laughs> that was a planned absence. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes people have to be away. George is away today. That's okay. Yep. That's okay. Absolutely She's a fine. cat. She's a cat. <laughs> She's um, a cool cat. Yeah. McCavity, <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff. Uh, let's do some general shout outs. We want to thank Hermes for all the love. He'll be joining us later. Uh, Sci-Fi Remnant for the love. They did an episode on They Live. Gave it a listen to. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. They even went into the short story in some detail. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of hoping to read it. So I got, <laughs> I got spoiled a bit. 
was like, uh, it's all right. <laughs> uh, Kevin from the podcast would die with the greatest feedback. I'll never be able to say on mic. Oh, oh! I can definitely not save us on mic. Oh, okay. It's too foul. Tell me after. <laughs> oh, absolutely, I will. <laughs> uh, Hermes continues with his fight against GIF of the week and says, Tyr- "Tyrants are always slow to realize their power structure is crumbling, but not this week's because he won, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not rigged. Hashtag BFE random word just proves it outright. Hashtag winning. Hashtag if you know, you know. Um, our GIF of the week this week was cheese dip. A a random word so bizarre I forgot it instantly. Yeah. Someone said, Hey, are you gonna post the the random word thread? And I'm like, I don't remember what it is. What was it? <laughs> it's wanted to tell me. Cheese dip. We thought bubblegum, didn't we? Bubblegum. <laughs> Cheese dip. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, Stu from Stu World Order who joined us last week. Yeah. Yeah. And he sort of said, Yeah, I'm, I'm hindsight, maybe I should have picked bubblegum, and I kinda went you know, you've always got the freedom to, and I let it hang there. He's like, nope. And he just kind of just smiled. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, uh, what do we have here? It'll be interesting to see what came up. Yeah, it will be. Uh, we had uh, Hermes who uh, distributed something about Fez, and he's just eating a piece of cheese. Now, I appreciate that 70s show reference, but it was cheese dip. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be dipped cheese. So, or some sort of or action of dipping. I don't know. Cheese, yeah. uh, so we go, your next favorite movie? Some just, It was just some sort of pool of cheese where a guy's like got nacho chips on his arm and he dips it in the, in. I think it was animated, and he dips it in this cheese like swimming pool he's in. Yeah. Yeah, it was gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anthony and Davies did something with, uh, it was some sort of food porn where someone had like this bacon cheeseburger and like dipped it into cheese. Oh. It was really... It, don't oh, it was beautiful salivating uh, absolutely uh chris peterson something about pasta that's just made in a cheese dip sauce uh russell the post he had a good one uh, Stephen colbert dipping a football into something and then eating it off the football but i don't think it was cheese uh, it was ranch dressing okay uh dwayne smith dwayne smith i think it was a kim possible gif i'm not sure i could tell you if that's kim possible she's cool i used to like kim possible i like kim possible there we are so, uh, but I didn't, it was, they were all cheese. So something cheesy exploded and landed on them. Uh, okay. Um, so that was, that sounds very composable. All right. Uh, David from Scriptical, who did another one of these self-made gifts. <laughs> so he's got like Judge Doom with the dip yeah. in, in Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And at the end he captioned, I think it said, um, who wants cheese dip or something like that. But it was, so, A, it was so quick and B, the joy of gift of the week is in the hunt. Yeah. If you just create one, yeah. it's a different kind of creativity, but it's about who can find what's out there and bring it. Yeah. Yeah. So and so um the win goes to Step Taylor, our most vicious of trolls out there in the world, <laughs> who did it's WrestleMania Sunday. I mentioned that, right? Yep, yep. A gif of two wrestlers walking down the ramp while one puts a giant block of cheese on another one's head <laughs> so he dips it if you will <laughs> that's, that's wrestlemania sunday how can you not give it to that one so clever, step taylor that. you get the win this week you well done you um why not give us a review uh apple or spotify i hear five stars is a nice number five is the magic number and just a quick reminder if you want to get on gif of the week you can go ahead at the end of the episode listen for our random word which liam will give us and uh then we're gonna have to uh, you go ahead and you find a gif on twitter and at best film ever pod that's us that's us and upload your gif and make sure you use the hashtag bfe random word random word hermes decided to show off his revolution by using a gif from les miserables 
<laughs> of, of the revolutionaries ready to go into the war. And I'm like, you do remember how that ends for them, right? It's not, it's not a good ending. There's a reason why it's called the miserables. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not called the victorious ones. But you can hear the people sing. Yeah, not for that long. <laughs> uh, can we talk about this for two minutes? We have an ad at the start of our episode, at least in this country we did. How yeah. mad is that? I, t- I, I downloaded last week's, as I always do. I listened to it for quality control check on the way to work. And it was this other podcast talking about, a movie podcast of that measure. How weird and cool is that? How, yeah, very cool. I, I, I ticked the box and says, yeah, you can, we're, we're, we're available for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Ooh. very surprised. Ah, I was, hey, no one's more surprised than me. I thought we'd only have three listeners. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're doing. How wrong am I? <laughs> we're all right. Yeah. There's this other product, that, like a legit product that that keeps bugging me saying we'd like to sponsor your, your episodes. And I'm like, I think once I give them our actual data, like we're, do- we're doing well. Yeah. But I don't think we're doing like like live reads well. Oh, okay. And I'm like, I mean, I'll gladly send it to you, but you're just going to go ahead and get, this is going to get awkward. And you go, oh, yeah. One second thought, you know, because there's really like how many of our listeners are in the States, the majority of them, but still, if you look at raw numbers, what does that mean? Yeah. They might decide it's worth it. They might decide it's not. I don't know, but I think during the Easter break, I will uh, sort of pawn that off a little bit. But it's kind of cool that some that somehow we're earning money in a couple of ways now on the pod that yeah. helps keep it self-sustainable, which is always the goal. And respect from others. What do you mean? We we paid for respect from others? No, we don't. Oh. We don't pay for it, do we? I hope not. No, no. <laughs> they are. They want to come and onto our podcast. I, they want to add on to us. Yeah, that's, I guess. That's, I, I don't know how it works. I don't know if Podbean's like good thing. Isn't I don't it? know if Podbean's like a middleman and goes, "Hey, here you go." Or if they go, "Here's a list of podcasts. Choose which one you want." And they go, "Oh, we really like that." I have no idea. Mm. But the mm. fact that we had a, a, a an ad, I'm like, we sound borderline professional. Borderline. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I like borderline. Come on. <laughs> We'll never be professional. Some of the stuff you say, some of the stuff Ethan says, I mean, is oh, definitely the stuff I say. Some We're of the stuff lots. you don't say. The stuff I don't say. I, yeah. See, I think I have that. I think I have that filter. Yeah. Ethan doesn't. Ethan doesn't. At times, Georgia doesn't. Mine's sporadic. Yours is sporadic. And Ethan just doesn't have it. Um, so there we go. Uh, let, that's about it. I don't have anything else to talk about for two minutes. Anybody no. newsworthy? Nothing really big going on in the world of uh, oh the movies. Oh, you have something? I have. All right. Oh, it's not really movies, but music related. Is the fact? Have you heard about Liam and Noel? No. The, the Gallagher brothers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No? Anybody else? But no. I mean, they're talking trash that they usually be. No, they're talking nice to each other. Oh, they're, they're talking about going to a football match together. Or are they? They're talking about going for a walk in the park together. Okay. Somebody tweeted the other day to Liam Gallagher and said, "Well, when's the reunion?" And he went, "Whoa!" I saw it's Steve. Not- I saw Steve White said he's available. Yeah. So yeah. you know, there's talks. Cool. You heard it here first. You did hear it here <laughs> first. Can uh, oh, we did already? Why are we doing this? We're doing this because it's a choice of our BFF of the BFE. Hermes is coming on to talk about this. Um, so let's talk about the pitch. Um, I hit this button here for what Felix recorded before. He apologized for, for getting it wrong last week and not recording. Yeah, he should. Yeah. I know he's the producer and all, but you know, well, he's busy. <laughs> he's busy. So here we go. A story of family, religion, hatred, oil, and madness. Focusing on a turn-of-the-century prospector in the early days of the business. 
No, that wasn't too bad. Mm. That was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I directed, and the screenplay was also written by Paul Thomas Anderson. I have seen a couple of Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Uh, that I've seen bo- familiar. I've seen Boogie Nights. Yeah, I've seen that. It's good. And I've seen Magnolia. Mm, have we seen that one? Yes, we talk about it's the, okay. frogs, the frogs. <laughs> the frogs. It rains the frogs, doesn't Every it? Every time we talk about Magnolia, you go, I haven't seen this. And I go, yes, you have. No, I didn't that time. I said, I said, have I seen okay, this one? <laughs> progress. This is this is why I have to say somewhat professional. <laughs> when you said the frogs, yes, I understand. Yeah, and then licorice pizza, which I thought you would like because of all the Bowie that they seem to be. It was big last Oscar season. It was, it was oh, everywhere. Okay. Yeah, yeah, coming of age. Usually there's a lot of coming of age stories, but there was that. Cinematography by Robert Ellswit, who's done, amongst other things, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Mm. Boogie Nights. Tomorrow Never Dies. Yep. The Bond film. Magnolia. You've seen it. Have I? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one with the frogs? Yes. Gili. <laughs> Gili. Yep. The Men Who Stare at Goats. The Town. Which oh. I remember BFF the BFE episode. Which I haven't seen. No, you haven't. And King Richard. Oh, okay. Oh, the most recent, uh, that's the Will Smith when he got the Oscar for, isn't it? Yeah, I hear a cinematography slaps. <laughs> oh, so we did that. Uh, music by Johnny Greenwood. Do you know that name? Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. I'm so loved about the slap. <laughs> yes. No, oh, I no, no, I don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's the lead guitarist and keyboardist for Radiohead. Oh, and he scores movies occasionally. Yeah, so there oh, we go. Nice. I think I heard something about that. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, first time I saw this. Is this everybody's first watch? Yep. Yeah. This is like this. This is like the second Daniel Day Lewis film and second PTA film I've ever seen. I think I had watched it years and years and years ago. Yeah, you said that you thought you might have seen it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I didn't expect to be watching it again, but I did watch it again. So there I've you seen go. It two times now. <laughs> you sound very pleased with yourself. Yeah, I see. <laughs> Uh, context corner this is based on the novel oil <clears throat> exclamation mark not oil oil that, oh, make, yeah. that makes sense <laughs> by logan sinclair um after that's um, a standard though isn't it sorry that's a standard isn't it what's that oil standard they uh, were a thing weren't they i have no idea what you're talking about standard oil is this a british company no that's the company that was in the film oh okay. was trying to buy the oh probably was yeah Okay. How much interest are you taking it? No, oh, sorry. sorry. Let's, well, go ahead. We'll just go to Travis again. I'll just, I'll just put it in. I'll put it in. Go, go for it. Here we go. We'll make it sound really natural. No, I can't now. No, no, no. no. We can do this. We can power through. We did the opening twice. We can do this twice. So, the novel Oil by Logan Sinclair. Like it's in standard. Wow, that's in the movie. Oh, you are so thing. witty. <laughs> I can't believe I'm only finding out this information for the first time right now. Sorry, folks. Oh we goodness. already got a pre-sponsor before it starts up. You'll have to join the queue. If you made me do that again, I'll come up to you in the night and slit your throat. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. This is, this is, there will be blood. There will be blood. It's okay if I'm it happens. Convinced. Not if it happens. Just do it after I publish so the cops have something to go off of, okay? <laughs> yeah, uh, you've done yourself in a bit there, haven't you? Did you, did you watch this one? Live evidence. One of us is in danger of that. It ain't me. <laughs> After Eric Schlosser finished writing Fast Food Nation, reporters kept asking him about Upton Sinclair. Don't know why. Uh, although he had read Sinclair's book, The Jungle, Schlosser didn't know about Sinclair's other works or anything about Sinclair himself. He decided to read most of Sinclair's works and eventually read the novel Oil, which he loved. Schlosser, who found the book to be exciting, thought it would make a great film, sought out the Sinclair estate and purchased the film rights. He thought he would try to find a director as passionate about the book as he was. But as it turns out, Paul Thomas Anderson was also looking to do a project on the book as well wow. and approached him first 
Anderson had been working on a screenplay already about two fighting families. He struggled with the script and soon realized it wasn't working. So homesick, he purchased a copy of Oil in London. Standard. Drawn to its cover illustration of a California oil field. As he read, uh, Anderson became more fascinated with the novel. After contracting Schlosser, sorry, contacting Schlosser, he adapted the first 150 pages to a screenplay and began to get a real sense of where his script was going after making many trips to museums dedicated to early oil men in Bakersfield, California. Cool. Anderson changed the title from oil, sorry, from oil to Standard. There Will Be Blood because he felt there's not enough of the book to make it feel like a proper adaptation. That's really the context I've got for this. So That's an American company, though, isn't it? Standard Oil. Oh, my sides hurt. Can you, is this, this <laughs> no, ju- I'm just saying. Is it, is it, is it an either. American company? We watched a movie set in California where oh, they yeah. have it as a company. I imagine it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do no, I'm staying in. I'm staying in. Everything's staying in, so it doesn't matter. I barely edit anymore. <laughs> That's true. Apparently, uh, at its height, Standard Oil was the largest petroleum company in the world. Oh, there we are. Well, there you go. Please join us on our uh, <laughs> subsequent fossil fuel podcast. <laughs> oil will be having that. Oh. Coming out shortly. It's okay, Ethan. You won't. You won't show up anyway. I hit a nerve. Description. I hit a nerve. It's single tear. It sprung a geyser. Oh, geez. I'll take a look. The deep dive. We start with Miramax. A haunting score. I mean, the score is really strong in this whole movie. It annoyed the ass off me. Huh? It annoyed the ass off me. What the score is? Yeah. It's amazing. I'm with Ethan. The score's fantastic in this oh, film. It's like it's so it's character. So, I, know, I, I know, I know, it. I know. I get it, I get it, I get it. I understand, right? I know it helps the story. Why'd drive. you say it like nine times? No one else was talking. <laughs> I wasn't booted. Anyway, um, no, I get, I get it. I, I remember just, I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> and I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, no, it's just one of those things that um, it felt very monotonous and very drudgy. Are you and, sure nothing about They Live Still? No, I'm talking about this. Okay, it's, I thought a lot of it was quite quiet, though, as well. It was, ugh. it was, yeah. There was a lot of quiet moments. I kind of see this film as a cousin to No Country for Old Men. Fifteen minutes, wasn't it, or fourteen they minutes before somebody spoke? They You're were. not going to. Be- yeah. I found out they a were. fact that Sorry, I, I know. I got, I got it. Okay. I bet you I found something you didn't. No, you didn't. They are. They're in that category that I call. What do I call them? That like the the manly gritty films, Loki, Loki gritty films. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, it's, Loki, it's in that manly, category. Films. Not to not to tip your hand as to where you're going with this this well, week. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but um, where are we at here? Uh, so the first shot though is of the California hills from this low angle, and it was like this like lost like discordant chord in the background. And we cut to someone working underground with a pickaxe, and we meet Daniel Plainview, played by Daniel Day-Lewis. He strikes me as the kind of actor who wouldn't play a character named after himself, but it's very helpful for people like me who host a podcast Absolutely. to do so. Okay, then what's his Double name? Down. Oh, Daniel. What? I mean, I said last week, Piper didn't seem like a George. I called him Roddy the whole movie, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, he's not a George. Want to hear something funny? Gone. His name is Roderick George Toombs. <laughs> no. His real name, George, is his middle name. Oh, and I'm like, he's not a George. 
I think I heard that from listening to uh, our friends over at Sci-Fi Remnant. That's funny. See, maybe that le- that's that. That's a, that's a whole nother level. I'm just like, how can See? we make fun of this movie? Yeah. That's all I want to do. <laughs> maybe we should do. revisit films we've done and do a funny one. What, you think we'd be doing the serious versions to this point? <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, if we do the certain ones, you, be there's certain ones you can't do. Like, you can't no. do, let's do the funny take on Schindler's List. Like, you just can't. No, 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 I don't think the cast was like, end of cast photo. <laughs> now let's do a silly one. No, we can't do that. Okay, can we go the other way then and do a serious one on Top Gun? Oh, geez, did I? Oh, hang on, hang on, drink. Oh, you mentioned Top Gun. There you we mentioned are. Top Gun. So, um, Paul Thomas Anderson said he would like to work with Daniel Day-Lewis, wrote the screenplay with the actor in mind. He approached him when the script was nearly complete. Anderson had heard that Daniel Day-Lewis had liked his earlier film, Punch Drunk Love. Ethan, you see that? I've is... not, but I was shocked to find out that he did that one. Is that Tom Sandler. Hanks? Sandler. Huh? Sandler. Is it? Punch Drunk Love. I'm right here, Ethan, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. maybe I spun on... The, the poster's him in this blue suit on this white background. Very minimalist. Is it Jen Aniston? Is that her as well? I think... Yeah, I, I, oh, I'm thinking I looked, punch through, I looked through his IMDb today. I, yeah, I, I think, think it's that. Jennifer Aniston. Punchline is what I was thinking. Oh, okay. Um, and so uh, he wanted to go ahead and work with them. I just gave him the confidence to hand Day Lewis a copy of an incomplete script. According to Day Lewis, being asked to do a film was enough to convince him. Uh, and interviewed the New York Observer, he elaborated what drew him to the project was, quote, the understanding that uh, Paul had already entered into that world. He wasn't just observing it, he'd entered into it. And indeed, he'd populated it with characters who he felt had lives of their own. <laughs> it was not Jennifer Aniston, it was Emily Watson. I don't know who that is. It's not Emma Watson, that's for sure. No. Emily Watson, we've done something by Emily Watson before, I'm sure of it. Let me look through mm. her filmography. Please do. Uh, every Wednesday night during... Kingsman. Kingsman. Sorry. No, it's good. Don't wait for that natural break in the conversation. <laughs> we should harvest that. I was Kingsman. watching. I was. I was watching WrestleMania last night. The first night of it. Oh, it's the big, big fighty thing. The big, big fighty yeah. thing with and, real people. And the first match was someone against John Cena. Yep. And John Cena hadn't done a match in forever. So first thing you notice is how small he's gotten. Oh, okay. He's not nearly as big as he once was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's grown his hair out, things like that. But then other things that were just part of his shtick. Like he always did like this one taunt during his music at this one. Like his, his entrance was a well oiled machine. It was those little nuances he just forgot to do because of muscle memory. He, he just hadn't done it in a year. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like Ethan with this whole like, <laughs> should, should I wait for them to stop talking? No, no, no. I've just Poor found Ethan. it. No, no, no. Really, really I'm getting back Ethan. into the swigger. No, thing. it's Kingsman with an exclamation mark. Kind of like, kind of like, well, <laughs> standard Kingsman, <laughs> standard. No, I, I will be there with you. We have been, we've been particularly uh, uh, kicky with Ethan today. <laughs> he knows us all in a good, good jest. Oh yeah, he is crying though. <laughs> it's, it's the rocking motion <laughs> that's put me off. <laughs> Um, so, uh, where was I here? So every Wednesday night during editing, Paul Thomas Anderson, Kingsman, and the company <laughs> standard would have, name. They, they, they would have steak and straight vodka for dinner to keep in the mentality of Daniel Clayview. Oh, okay. That sounds good to me. <laughs> can, can, can you drink straight vodka? Well, maybe not straight vodka. I can't drink straight Only vodka. Only like if, a tiny bit. Hang on. I can if I've been drinking. At uh, what? If I've been drinking, I can then switch to straight vodka. Can oh, you? She can't. Once you've had one, then it, the rest don't. You can't really strong. taste it. No. So I remember. The bit sounds good though. I went to a university trip, and I was a mature student, but everybody else was kind of regular university age. In Canada, drinking age is nineteen. So that's weird. Probably 
Well, this age is 21. Yeah, so, I know, yeah. but 19. <laughs> yeah. So people probably around t- that, around that bench, like probably most people I'm with are on the strip are like 20, right? Yep. yep. But enough that people need to have their IDs, have their IDs on them. And so I'm, I'm on the trip and I've got this. My license is expired. I'm waiting for the new one in the post. But while they wait, you can't use it as justification for driving. But the government of Ontario places a sticker on it that says valid photo ID only. So it's valid to identify myself, but not to drive a car. Same over here. Because I might be, my license might have expired and they might have said, yeah, you can't drive anymore for yep. this reason, that reason, the other. Yep, 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 yep. So I go ahead and everybody's getting carded. I know everybody's getting carded, but I'm sitting here going, I'm like 27, right? <laughs> like, surely I'm not getting carded. Like, I might not look 27, but I don't look 19. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And I got up there and said, can you can I see your ID? And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll give you this. And it says, it's expired. <laughs> and I went, yes. Oh, we hear it's expired. I said, it says valid photo ID only. Oh, no, it's our policy not to accept this. And I'm like, hang on. <laughs> The government of Ontario, just for the record, the aka the government, <laughs> yes, have put a sticker on saying valid. That means it counts. Yep. Photo ID only. This is the one purpose I'm able to use it for to say here's who I am. Any mentions of my name, address, or date of birth are accurate. He's above the government. No, no. But then they made a mistake. They didn't kick me out. Right. They just I wasn't allowed to order drinks at the bar. So you got other people to. So what happens? Everybody brought me drinks, but the more I drank, the more paranoid I got oh. that someone was, was like going to catch me and throw me out. Yeah. And then at one point, all the girls snuck me into the ladies' room where someone had smuggled in a bottle of vodka. And I just went glug 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 glug. Oh my god, you did! Oh, I did. Jesus. And it ended with Wild I remember I, I just sort of came to, and I'm on stage with the band singing "Don't Look Back in Anger," where I've. <laughs> Borrowed someone's guitar. I can imagine guitar, you doing that, actually. Going, that does not going, surprise me The drums all. come in, and they, they, they picked it up. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> and then afterwards, my prof, who I... <laughs> he was kind of a young prof, and he was... We are like, we need to get Ernst to come out with us tonight. That's the goal. We need yeah. to get Ernst, who was the first name of our professor. Yeah. He needs to come out with us, because he was kind of like 35. Oh, okay. And his, his colleagues are like in their 50s, and I'd already... We'd already, wow. done, we'd already done like a pre-drink before we went out. And I remember saying... <laughs> Jeez. I said to him, in front, I think in front of his colleagues, once you put these guys to bed, why don't you come join us? But <laughs> <laughs> he did. Wow. So he's there and he's trying to have a conversation with me about it. Am I in a band outside of here? You know, when you've gone so far past the point that, like, you know what you want to say, but you can hear your own mouth getting it wrong. And, like, I need to reset and try that again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was such a wreck. I was so sick that night. So sick the whole. I had to sit through, like, Hamlet hungover. Like Hamlet is Shakespeare's longest play. Oh, I can't think and of anything it worse. Wasn't, and it wasn't, and it wasn't even a good production. Like when Hamlet dies, the kids laughed. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like that bit when, when like um, Mufasa gets shot in uh, Mustafa gets shot in Austin Powers. Like you shot me again because oh. he kept stopping. We're like, oh, yeah. he's dead. And then Hamlet would say more, and we're like, oh. <laughs> so it wasn't until we were it was like a four or five hour drive on the bus back to our uni. Oh, and we stopped. We stopped halfway through at like a Wendy's, and I ate like I got like a fair bit of food, and then I felt great. Really? Yeah. So that yeah, was. I can't. I can't eat. Oh. Rough day, but it reminded me of the whole you know drinking vodka straight. Yeah, Jesus. Or once there was a thing of whiskey sitting on that sill yes, there. I, I you, know, you were here I for that. that yeah. yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna have a drink of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm don't gonna have the whole bottle. That was the night. That was the night we did the uh, 
<laughs> we did the <laughs> Forbidden Planet reunion. Oh. And it was every time someone makes a mistake, you got to have a drink, and you weren't exactly oh, on your A game. I was not on my A game. I wasn't even on my Z game. <laughs> you were so angry. We were oh. just getting drunker and happier. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most scariest show I've ever done in my life. Yeah, we, we, we were right there with you. I went on stage not knowing what the hell I was saying, yeah, the hell we, I was singing. <laughs> and you were the lead. And I was the lead. You guys should so do a, like a, a B Company show podcast as well. What was that? Yeah, do a, a show cast. I, I mean, there's, there's, there's great stories in that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the reach would mm. be. But uh, our friends over at It's a Musical, I had an idea at one point for something like that. Oh, okay. But I was like, there's just so many ideas, and you got to kind of go all in on so You kind of got to go all in on one, yeah. whatever yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, uh, where was I at here? Steak. <laughs> oh, <laughs> drinking vodka straight from the bottle. Yep. That's it. Um, so we're in 1898. The lack of score, and it's just it's just Daniel Lewis in this little hole by himself, and he's so claustrophobic. Mm. And there's no score to help us out, and he's just in the sparks, kind of just going as he hits his pickaxe in his little hole by himself. And it's only serving to increase my engagement, I found when I was watching, because I was like, what's going on? What am I missing? What am I being withheld from? I figured it was important. Um, I felt claustrophobic. He's trying to lift his stuff out of the hole. He sets like this, like piece of dynamite, and then he has to scurry up the sort of. And I'm like, yeah, but he's not hurrying quick enough. No, yeah, he's pretty relaxed for a guy yeah. who's got who's got <laughs> dynamite going off. Um, the cinematography is claustrophobic as he goes back down afterwards, and the ladder breaks, and he hits his head and blacks out, and obviously like breaks a leg or something like that. Yeah, I thought yeah. he broke his back as he comes to yeah, because he got hit like right at the top yeah, of his yeah, yeah, yeah. top of his shoulders, bottom of his neck. Yeah. Um. So Morvan takes care of him rather than take care of himself. He finds this rock, spits on it, sees a little bit of oil residue on it, and he drags himself. And we get like some nice ellipsis out of him. So we see him sort of pulling himself up up the, the tunnel. And then we see him sort of dragging himself. And we saw how far away he was from civilization. And then he's laying on the floor of some Ouchie. like Forge. This is why we have you on the for Ouchie. Ouchie. <laughs> Sound effects. Ouchie. That's just what I would be feeling then, if I was dragging myself up. Ouchie. Yeah, ouchie. Yeah, I think I'd be referring to swear words in my, <laughs> <laughs> my vernacular. Yeah. But he gets to this um, like checking place, this, ver- this verification validation place, and we see that, yeah, it's indeed oil. And um, we jump then forward five years to 1902, or four years, whatever the first year was. And um, we see now his kind of system's a bit more streamlined, and there's a lot of oil, but it's all being done by hand. And I've got that's hard work. And Lewis is looking full Bill the Butcher, which was my first remnant of a Daniel Day Lewis movie. Was uh, Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. Yeah, I just want to go back to that mine bit. Right, I thought he was mining for gold. You did see some silver or gold right at the beginning, didn't you? Yeah, and I thought oil, he stumbled obviously... across the oil. No, I he's, look, was... he's looking for oil. Oh, is he? He's oh, okay. I didn't know if that was he stumbled across it and decided he was going to pursue that i think he's spitting on it and knows what he's lo- I, I think it's kind of a process is that yeah it's educated because in california at that time it, it, it was the oil rush oh okay yeah liquid gold liquid gold tnt yeah the uh, beverly hillbillies it is yeah <laughs> uh so uh, we uh, i said we got to the gangs new york one day uh daniel we starts shall. designing an oil rig which i looked up for a bunch of things what it was called eventually the film tells me it's a derrick uh the rope gets thrown over down, but it's got like a little like it's like like a noose as it gets dropped down. And I went, oh, there's going to be a theme of death in this movie. Yeah, you can tell. You wouldn't have thought that with the title, would you? That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, it's not like there might be blood. There I, will be will. blood. Will. 
Um, someone bit. lets go of the rope and the spike, the bit, I don't know really what to call this Ooh, thing here. That's the drilly bit, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> Hits the ground and the oil starts bubbling, but the man who drops the rope has to go down and barely a word is said. It's just nodded and he goes, all right, here we go. It's still really quiet though, isn't yeah. it? This first bit. It's still really quiet. Weird. And check it out and it's almost fully submerged by the time he gets down there. If I clean off the spike and now the oil is freely flowing. Uh, and they even get some on the camera and they leave it there. They do. And yeah. I kind of thought that was, not, that was a nice kind of idea. I like that. It happens yeah. a lot in the film and I really like it. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Did, Did you not? No. A bit like blood splatter. <laughs> yeah. They sometimes yeah. leave it, don't they? Um, so there's some oil. It's like on the baby. It covers men's faces who are down there. Um, do they do this because it has got to, because it has to be got now? I don't know what this means. Do you think the oil is Oh, I just said you have, you, have to, you have to take care of it now and you lose it or someone comes into I don't know what the deal was with that. Also, why were they sticking it in pits? Because you can't transport it yet. The big issue was, we find this out later in the movie, it's a big theme, is that you, from as much money as you gain on oil, shipping it kills you. Oh, okay. So oil, it's like oil can go bad. It was under the ground before. It's just you're just relocating it. Yeah. yeah. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do with it. That's the question. I suppose you have to refine it as well, don't you? Oh, you can ship it like it is and then send it to a refinery for that yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so some of the rigging breaks and it lands on the men at the bottom of the well and there's Ooh. some red among the oil that flies Ooh. off this time. Yeah. Ooh. And there's a point of view shot from uh, Daniel's perspective of a baby. And I'm like, this suggests the baby's father was killed. And the baby is given some whiskey. And I think that's why Hermes picked this movie, because I, <laughs> I think this is his backstory. I think some man <laughs> gave him whiskey as a child, yeah. and that's shaped his whole future at this he point. He knows Daniel Day-Lewis. There we are. <laughs> and then we go 1911, and this is when we get our first lines of dialogue in the whole movie. And we are 14 minutes in. And 14, I, yeah. I was okay. I didn't miss it. I was yeah. all right. I was more intrigued than anything. Yeah. Um, slowly went downhill after that, but it's more intrigued up to that Ooh. point. I was kind of wondering how well, long we're it was going to last. We're tipping our hands for it this week. What's going on with this? Sorry? I was kind of just wondering how long is the, the quietness going to last? Oh, it's, it? like, it's like Castaway. you got to find your Wilson. Oh, but I liked, I liked the fact there was hardly anything said or spoken. And, you know, I'd like that theme to have stayed all the way through. At some point, the characters got to talk to each other, Leo. It well, still no. was quite quiet in other moments, though. Yeah, but, it, yeah, but it, talking's it always fine. Talky, talky, talky. But it would have been nice to have that, like, moments of... Because that, that's what intrigued me to, from the start. I think there were enough moments of like quiet reflection throughout this. I think I'm with you on that. Mm. Um, so a baby is playing with his mustache and he's making his pitch for oil and says, you know what the difference is between oil men, prospectors, and speculators? And he calls himself an oil man. And this is clearly a, um, a bit that he does. It's a mm. pitch. It's not sincere. But he presents himself as, I'm just a plain speaking oil man. It's all... It's all I do. Those prosperous, they'll talk and everything. I'm just going to talk plain for you. And we meet H.W. Plainview. This is the kid played by Dylan Frazier. He was not an actor. He was an elementary student near the film's West Texas shooting location. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was on the local radio and... um, Sorry, was on a radio program afterwards and said when the production was trying to convince Dylan's mother to allow him to be in the movie, his mother went, all right, let me see what this Daniel Day-Lewis guy is like. And so she watched Gangs of New York. Wow. And went, I'm not letting my kid anywhere near this guy. That's another blokey, gritty film. I love There Will Be Blood, except for Cameron Diaz. (laughs) I don't mind. 
Jags of New York. She's dreadful. She's all right. She's in comedies. In all things, she's horrendous. In all things. It's well established amongst our listenership how much I hate Cameron okay. Diaz. Yeah, is, yeah. I will try and find something that she is actually good in so I can counteract. I think she's good in the song about Mary. I think she's good in that because it was the first time we saw her. And we went, oh, maybe she's a good actress. But, oh, no, this is just who she is. I, I like her in The Mask, but there we are. I've seen The Mask, but she's, it's, not, it's not a very, I mean, Roll the Woman in The Mask is, is, is quite poor. No. She's just an idea. Yeah. Um, everybody in a Jim Carrey movie is like an idea. The only person that matters about it is Jim Carrey. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so she panicked the idea of this idea. So they gave her a copy of The Age of Innocence, in which Day Lewis plays a civilized and gentle man, and that seemed to work. So uh, they erupt in the chaos, and then Daniel walks out of this meeting. And instead, we see him doing a table pitch to a different group. And he tells his family, Hey, I'm going to give you a small little royalty, but I'll be drilling in 10 days. So you'll start getting that money sooner. And I'll give you a thousand dollar bonus right now. Can't argue that. Well, I mean, the smaller royalty means less money long term, doesn't it? Oh yeah. So yeah, how? Yeah. So is he? So the idea here is he's kind of exploiting people who are really in need. A bit sneaky. Yeah. yeah. Under under the guys. How of, much is oil is under there though, isn't it? Well, yeah, but if he's right, which is why he'd be there. Yeah, true. If it's if it's a really successful well. He's going to make. He's going to make money at gangbusters yeah. because you took three percent rather than five percent. Okay, yeah. But like, this is like what happened when um, CDs became a thing. Because when CDs became a thing, the royalties on the standard recording contracts at the time had a rate for cassette tapes. Yeah. And there was a royalty rate for that, and then there was a lower royalty rate for experimental forms of media, which was anything not listed already there. Oh, okay. So when compact discs came around, all the companies were so quick to, to want to um, put on CD, uh, embrace this yeah. because you could pay the artist so much less. Everybody they didn't lose their shirt, but like people made probably millions less. Because yeah. of the shift of CDs. Yeah. Now, obviously, the next time, the next wave of contracts, they sort of fix that. But same sort of an idea here. So it sounds good unless it hits big. Mm. He's basically giving them the equi- offering the equivalent of so one thousand US dollars in like nineteen oh two was it or nineteen oh three? Nineteen eleven. How much would that be now, Ethan? Nin- uh, like, was that a good lump sum? I'm guessing it was. If I then. look at nineteen eleven, I had nineteen oh. I'm punting at twenty five thousand. Thirty. It's thirty-one thousand six hundred and sixty-seven. Nice chunk of cash. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, The camera is almost fully on him during his pitch. Almost never on them. Yep. It's not about them. We're being introduced to his pitch. We need to hear this. Yep. They ask him, "Where's your wife?" And it says she died in childbirth. And this idea about his wife would be a continuous kind of thing because he ducks the question or gives different answers for the question throughout the movie mm-hmm. we cut to the oil spouting out like a geyser so i think it landed <laughs> on a side note i watched this on icv plus or icvx or whatever ITVX, it is yeah so. i had to have a little trial oh. for that because i got so i got in i can't deal with the ads for this length of a film either i've got my notes it's jarring to go from a, a movie like this and some of the gritty moments to like ITV Movies brought to you by Candy Crush. And? Oh, I got it for like a £1 DVD on eBay. Did you? Yeah. I, I should have just gone ahead oh. and spent the money to rent it. And do you know what? That was always at crucial moments. Yeah. Mm. Didn't, let it, didn't let it breathe a bit. No, I think if I did, if, if anybody else was here with me, I probably would have just spent the, the two quid or three quid and rented it off Amazon. But I thought yeah. if I get started early enough, which I did, I can probably have a good time. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. 
Um, I have a one week trial for I for an, for a streaming service I never use. Yeah, I've done that a few times. Yeah, yeah. and then canceled as soon as I'm done watching it and gone. Mm-hmm. There's my watch. Uh, meet um, Paul Sunday, played by <laughs> Paul Dano. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a bit of a trend here, isn't Did it? Did you recognize this guy? He looked as his voice. I remember. Do you know what from? No. Mm-hmm. Ethan, did you, I'm sure you recognize this guy. Oh, I, yeah, I, I love Paul Dano. Yeah, this is Dwayne from Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, the boy the who takes the vow of silence. The Batman. Yeah. Or the Riddler from The Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the first thing I ever saw him in was. Um, it's funny because the voice said, that yeah. I, I, I picked up on. That's weird. Yep. I thought he was good in this, though. Yeah, he, he's very he's, good in this. I thought he. Yeah, he matched up to Daniel Day Lewis. Matched up, I think he outshone him. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Interesting, interesting hot take. Yep. He's got questions with the oil business and wants to partner up with Daniel Plainview as he knows with his oil and cheap land. And he asks him, what church do you belong to? And Daniel says he enjoys all faiths but doesn't belong to one. And, so in uh, other words, he'll at, go with any at, spiel. At this point, yeah. To make anybody I won't commit happy. in case it's the wrong answer. Yeah, yeah. Our mystery man is very good. He says, I like it better if he didn't think I was stupid. Whoo! Uh, $500 in cash, and he'll go now. Um, and he asks, is that your son? And he goes, yes. At which point I'm sort of playing on it. Did I read this right originally? Is it is this his son or is this not his son? They do keep bringing it up, don't mm. they? Honestly, I think it is his son. But I think... He likes to twist it and turn it to how he wants to oh, pretend totally, to him. It's totally not a son. No? No. He's a storyteller. He'll just say whatever. Earlier it is. on, it's some other yeah. guy holding it the whole time. Oh, do you think that's the guy that got killed? It was the guy yeah. that got yeah. yeah. And so he takes the oh. kid and uses him as an asset. Oh, that makes sense. Just think about it. Once he gets rid of the kid later in the movie, he brings his brother along because he wants that narrative of it's a family business. Yeah. That's the narrative he has to have to make this work. Yeah. Oh, okay. That he makes sense. He's probably more likely to go with him that if makes he's sense. got a cute yeah. little yeah, yeah. kid sitting there going, oh. I just thought he was just being nasty. <laughs> and it also means that scene later on with the baptism, I'm like, oh, yeah, it not, he doesn't believe a single word about this. Yeah. Uh, Fletcher asked the mystery man his name, but the mystery man changes the subject. $500 is passed along, and then he says, I'm from Little Boston. He says his name is Paul, and his family name is Sunday, and he wants to go now. And um, Daniel says, if I travel all the way up there and I find out there's no oil, I'm going to find you. I'm going to want more than my money back. Is that okay with you? And he goes, yep, I get why. That's fine. And I think at this point, the movie's got me concerned that Paul's lying. And I'm yeah. sort of on team, I, I'm on team Daniel early on because it's designed to do so. I watch him break his leg. I watch him drag himself. I'm going, this is a self-made man. This is the American dream, isn't it? He tips that um, from the beginning more. He's more, you, you like him a little bit more at the beginning. Then he kind of in the middle until near the end, you're just thinking, hang on a minute. Oh, I think he's on a downward slope the whole movie. He has you like know, a seductive really, charisma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird, because... Mm. Yeah, we'll talk more when we get to the end. Yeah, he, <laughs> Ethan, he's, he's were, very greedy. Ethan, you were saying seductive charisma? Yeah, because the entire time I watched this film, it made me think of the video game Red Dead Redemption 2, because it's set at the same period of time, and it's about like a, a group of people who kind of suck, and one of the lead people who is at the entire time becomes worse and worse and worse, is just like, yeah, I'm going to tell you these stories and really big things up, but then they just snap at points, and it's that kind of... I want to believe what you're saying because you've got all this faith in yourself. Okay. Cool. Uh, I made it like a third of the way through Red Dead Redemption 2. Or no, that was number one. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a long game. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, we go to Little Boston. I'm assuming I was right. Uh, he travels to the Sunday Ranch under the cover story of doing some quail hunting, and they get to the Sunday Ranch and basically do some quick story corroboration. Is this here? Where is this location? He's sort of checking all the facts from the story, and they ask for. Uh, it's I guess this is really. I mean, the Sundays are really accommodating yeah you can, you can camp on our ranch and we'll it, we'll bring just, you some milk and they apologize because they don't have any bread was it just one of them things back then that if there was somebody in need you would willingly help see american frontier i mean it's still it's still that kind of thing the the, the wilderness is of unforgiven place and you know what you didn't have you had you didn't have pop, overpopulation so no. this was an event yeah you'd go days unless you went to town you'd go days without seeing someone yeah true unless you have two people with guns showed up and like oh we're just doing some hunting i'd be as nice as i could to them let me be fair one of, them, one of them's a child still he's the it's worst. a ruse <laughs> it's short legs mcgee <laughs> little billy i'm not trusting billy the kid um so and then they get sort of set up camp and the, 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 the abel who's the name of the dad he apologizes. Oh, I'm sorry, we'll get you some milk, and we will. I'm sorry, we have his potatoes, but just there's no irrigation here, which again follows up the story we got from Paul earlier mm-hmm. in the movie. Yep. And then we meet Eli Sunday, also played by Paul Dano, which mm-hmm. had me going. Same character, pulling a fast one, or a twin brother. I was throwing. I was contemplating the entire time. Yeah, I was assuming it's a twin brother. Or a brother. So this kind of look. I, I wish there had been a little bit more about that because he looks. I mean, obviously he's a dead ringer. Yeah. Mm. There's a line later which I think is supposed to like directly say, "Yeah, they are." Oh no, they different. are. They are. They yeah. are different. But we don't get that yeah. till much later in the film. Yeah, so you can be jumping around. Yeah. Mm. And I'm going. Ooh, if it's not the twin, he's really good at playing. I don't know anything about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, H W. Uh, Plainview shoots some quail, runs after it, and finds some oil debris. We find out it's earthquake oil. Small note on Paul Dano. He was not supposed to play Eli Sunday. Oh, really? really? They actually cast a different actor and shot two weeks' worth of material oh. before changing it. What happened? Um, what happened was the rumor is um, that the original actor, Kel O'Neill, had been so intimidated by Daniel Day-Lewis's intensity and habit in staying in character both on set and off set Oh, I that he, he was quit well the film. <laughs> uh, Day Lewis stated, "I absolutely don't believe it's because he was intimidated by me. I happen to believe that, and I hope I'm right." O'Neill later himself described his dismissal to a poor working relationship with a director and his growing disinterest in acting. Um, maybe he didn't like steak. Maybe was, yeah, <laughs> against he, he's Daniel Day Lewis, though. Do you know what I mean? Anything really? It doesn't matter anything. Like it's just sitting there under a master class for like yeah. yeah. Hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson first saw Dano in The Ballad of Jack and Rose and thought he'd be perfect to play Paul Sunday, a role he usually originally envisioned to be 12 or 13-year-old boy. Dano only had four days to prepare for his new role of Eli Sunday. Wow. The guy is amazing. He researched the film's period, the time is set out, as well as evangelical preachers. The previous two weeks of scenes of Sunday in Plainview had to be reshot with Dano instead of O'Neill. Daniel Day-Lewis, by contrast, had a whole year to prepare to play Daniel Plainview. Yeah. <laughs> And he would like uh, Daniel Day Lewis would like um, listen to oral history so he get the, the sound of what the voices would sound like correct and went to museums and looked at how like uh, old time prospectors would sort of work. So that's much different when you have a whole year to sort of shape this thing. Absolutely, mm. but maybe that's what you need. Just just throw them in, throw them in the deep end. Do a little hey. bit of research and what can you do? He shines. You know, I was going to say all things considering, you would not 
tell that he just sort of was thrown into it. Um, no, I agree with that. Uh, the master plan, he tries to explain the benefit of a pipeline. We're losing money because we can't afford shipping costs. But if we can create a pipeline, he's telling this to the kid. But, of course, by telling the kid, he's telling us. <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, he's like, so what are we going to do, Dad? And like, he's, he's raising this kid to be like his successor. Yep. He really is. I'm not going to give them oil prices. I'm going to give them quail prices. And so he creates a fictitious story as a sit-down with the men. All the women take off. Um, Sexist. <laughs> Yeah, of its time, but you're right. There wasn't yeah. really much for the women to do in this. Role of women will be a fun, a fun conversation. Oh, well, um, so thirty seven hundred dollars is the offer. Which, if Ethan said one is like thirty thousand, basically we're looking like one hundred fifteen thousand dollars for a ranch mm-hmm. that's got yeah. oil. Yep, millions and millions of dollars worth. Yep, yep. yep. Again, uh, that offer being on your table is quite a thing, isn't it? And he said. Um, why do you think I'm here? And the old man, Abel, says, I think the good Lord brought you here. He says, I think you're right. And now when he knows what religion he is, he can double down on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, what about, and so he's like, um, this is where Eli's like, what about our oil? And he's like, wait, what? And so the jig's up, and he's going, now Eli's acting like he doesn't want the oil sold. So I'm like, okay, it can't be the same guy, because this would be quite the double act to pull off. He wants $10,000 for his church. Um, there's intense close-ups on both men, and um, they come up with a price, and they both agree with it, and they all shake hands, but Eli tries to grab everybody's hands and start praying, and um, Daniel's not having it. Nope. He sort of pulls his hand away, and so then he goes to the local um, real estate place in town. He says, I want to buy all the land. Is all there the anything land here I can get? And he's like, yep, everything's pretty much gettable, about $6 an acre. Yep. So off they imagine six dollars an acre. Oh no, that's nuts. An acre of land. So we said it's times like about thirty. It's like one hundred and eighty bucks in modern money. That's nuts for an acre of land. Yeah, jeez. And that was the th- when there's not as many people and a lot of land. Yeah, that's what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. One not far off one ninety. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he never st- doubt his math. Honestly, my math's this, pretty. This pretty guy good. is a yeah. genius. Yep. <laughs> Uh, he starts bringing the troops in and gives the the competitor a, a clear off, but a go east message, which I guess no one we know later in the film has to be not even authentic. No, no, Although no, he does no. say, I'd rather you got it than some other ones. And he's just sending them east because there's nothing east, or is he sending them east because he'd rather have that than have these big guys who he doesn't like? Because that's standard oil that is around. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> it is standard oil that has got the, the areas around it, hasn't it? Before stop, he- stop my side, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you need an oil yeah um and so uh, uh hw is doing the pitch to another young girl mary and mary is uh one of abel's children uh one of eli's sisters hw tells daniel that Ma- mary's father beats her if she doesn't pray so this is some sort of hypocrisy within the church that's sort of a theme in this movie um yeah because you actually kind of like daniel for a little bit for certain things you do yep that's what I mean. You, you kind of, you like him, you don't like him. You like him, you don't like him. Oh, God, don't like him. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what are you, it's a dilemma, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I, I think you realize pretty quickly that we've been sold just like everybody else. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so uh, one man, Banshee, won't, uh, is it, no, Banshee, Banshee, Ban? Bandy. Bandy, yeah. You with a D. Okay. And uh, he wants Daniel to come see him, uh, which is like, no, he can come see me. And I'm like, you're the guy who wants all the land. This feels like a really silly choice on he your part. He hasn't got to come to you, no. Yeah. <laughs> the movie doesn't need you to have this moment yet. No. 
Um, he does the same all-man pitch we heard earlier, but it's been increased because he's more successful now than he was the last time we heard the pitch. And he's got a car. He's got a what? A car. Does he? That he drives around, didn't he? Oh, I missed that. Oh. Um, so there we go. But it's been done over the development of a tent. So he's talking about, oh, I bring family men. And we just see all these single men yeah. coming in. And he says, we're going to bring education. We're going to bring you bread. Now, this speech apparently was 100% ad-libbed. Really? And wow. so Paul Thomas Anderson went afterwards, went, that's, he's got the character down to, to a T. It's exactly what he would have done. Yeah, what yeah. does this place need? I'm going to promise you that. Everything you need. Running Everything water. Everything you need. What are the things you're weak about yes. you want to hear, but I'm going to bring it to you? Yeah, Let's yeah. do it. You can have crops. Um, and so the cross-cutting continues, uh, handheld in both scenes, but in the, when they're building the, the oil, it's like really shaky as opposed mm. to a speech where it's not as much. So I thought it was the idea of I'm promising you this, but look, it's not really that at all. Like a politician. Uh, Eli asks if a new road will go to the church. He's told that's the first place the road's going to go. So we go to church, and it turns out when they leave the church, you can see the rig, the derrick, from the church as they leave. And the church peeps then show up, and they're singing, and they're trying to recruit men who work on the rig. Yep. And they're not getting a lot of success. But as this is happening, we're getting hymns of the church, but it's not the only music. So it's like clashing. The, the music from the movie is clashing with the hymns they're singing, yeah. sort of representing, I, I think, the clash between the church-going people of Little Boston and the oil men. Yeah. Ooh, you might be onto something. I might be onto something. Um, and so Eli wants to know if there's anything the church can do to help. And it turns out they're having a meeting. And they're going to start up. He goes, why don't you let me bless? And he's got a real idea where he wants to kind of take this moment for himself. <sighs> I really struggle with why he doesn't give it to him, though. Yeah, why not let him just bless? like for for a guy who's full yeah. of lip service? Why not? Yeah, you would. Why yeah. not do this? Yeah, I think it's to be like I'm in I'm in control of here. I because I think he's so susceptible to like uh, judgy of him because he says like I I always want to win. I'm really competitive. I think this is him saying I'm the showman here, not you. But would he not win over the church a bit better? Like, yeah, like, what's the game? Like, the, the long game, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. The same reason why he says, I'll build you a church. Bless it. What's the worst that's going to happen? <laughs> exactly. Now, it does seem like he's at this giant speech lined up. It goes from, can you introduce me to, I'm going to say this, this, this. Can you say this and this and this? And it was like, okay, how about you just say, hey, I'd like to invite, you know, Brother Eli to come and, uh, yeah. and bless the Derek. Because what could go wrong? Um, and so the ceremony... And he says, I'm better at digging for oils than I am at making speeches. And I'm like, oh, careful. This is what he's good at. He, I think he's a poor oil man as far as, like, actually finding oil. I don't think that's his skill. I think his skill is this. People. He hires people who are good at doing the oil stuff. Yeah. His he's best skill. His, his best. Yeah, he's a snake oil salesman. But yeah. in the sense that snake oil salesman was, like, elixirs that you would go around peddling. Like, he's not this yeah. guy. But he is the yeah. guy who can go into a room and I can make you give me what you want. Oh, that's what I mean. Like, what he's selling is kind of shit. Like, it's sort of lucky, but he's he's great at peddling it. Uh, he's, he's, he's honest in the sense that oil, oil happens, though. Oil is there. Mm. Yeah, he knows his mm. stuff. He knows, you know, like, it's not, it's not the oil doesn't show up. It doesn't ruin towns by the oil not coming. No, because he wouldn't go there unless he knew for almost he just, certain. He just sells them the story that means hey, they're going to give the oil rights to someone. It may as well be me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so 
Um, and so there is this. I'm going to do this. Yeah, I am. There's this. There's this poem uh, which I have to teach called "My Last Duchess" mm-hmm. by Robert Browning. Is that the one with the hair? Or am I thinking of something? No, else? that's Perfurious Lover. Oh, it's Perfurious. Same Lover. guy though. Same same guy I wrote both. Read, I have read it, but I can't remember. Give me so, a, give me some lines. From that's it. my last Duchess painted on the wall, looking as though she is alive. I call that piece a wonder now. Fra Pandolf's hands work busily a day, and there oh, she no. stands. I said Fra Pandolf by design for never pictured strangers like yes. you that earned the. Yeah, I can go for a while, <laughs> but this one part, and so the whole thing is written in perfect rhyming couplets. And what that means is ten syllables mm-hmm. per line, and each line rhymes with the one that precedes it. So it's. AA, so two lines that rhyme, two lines that rhyme, two lines that rhyme all the way through. That's really hard to do. It's really hard to write it. And each one's also an unstressed, stressed pattern. Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, if music be the food of love, play on. Right? <laughs> that would be an example of I am a pentameter. Yeah. Um, almost anything from Shakespeare generally fits that. Da 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 da. Very rhythmic. Yeah. Uh, so, Justin Bieber is skinny boy. <laughs> yeah. The Gooners <laughs> went down to defeat again. Like, these are all da 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 da. These are all ones I've used in powerpoints for years and years and years because the gooners are good this year he said please don't 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 ruin it now Uh, (laughs) um see ethan i can be in the football too (laughs) he's been a lot quieter since chelsea sucked this year have you noticed that i i you know what i've I've been see the thing is while i wouldn't say i'm an arsenal guy i love pakayo saka so i'm just glad to see him thrive See, things a football fan would never say. Like, I'm not going to find a Chelsea player and start talking about, oh, I'm really happy for it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. See, I don't support Chelsea. Uh, you, you <laughs> no, were, I don't. You did I was like, winning. Nah. <laughs> Gosh, my fingers literally on the and ready to go. He, he tried to meet you, basically. <laughs> he stopped. Um, but uh, where was I going with this before? Oh, so... And there's one part where he says, even had you skill in speech, which I have not. And you're like, oh, careful, because you've written this whole, you're speaking in perfect rhyming couplets. The whole thing yeah. whole that. There's not yeah. one mistake, and you're claiming you're not good at it. So as weird as it sounds, when I heard him go, I'm not very good at the speaking part, I went, ooh, <laughs> liar. Yeah. You are a disturbed <laughs> He's a individual. He's great, because he just plays the, um, I'm just a plain speaking oil guy. That's all uh, I am. I'm not good with the words. I'm yeah. good with the oil. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is the part that you are good at yeah, yeah, this yeah. is your skill he sees the consequences later on though so he's even named the well after the little girl mary this is the mary one yeah and so he never introduces eli at all and we get the shot from kind of like um daniel's perspective and he says all right go enjoy the refreshments and everybody else leaves this is like pocket like six people around eli who just does not move <laughs> and because he still was hoping to bless this thing i guess uh, there's shots. So I so asked, why not do this? Is it ego? And I think Ethan presented sort of that argument about he's he's a competitor. He's competitive by nature. Mm-hmm. I think it's the wrong. You know, like pick your fights or pick your battles. I don't know why this is the one. No. Um, there's many shots of a Derek beginning to run. It's glorified through these lovely, smooth panning shots. We see the drill bit go up. and <laughs> Apologies for this description. We see the drill bit go up and down as it penetrates the ground. <laughs> oh, that it does. A wide shift from earlier when it was just like, you know, buckets by hand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Up the... Uh, up the side of the uh, thing. But it soon turns out the more things change, the more they stay the same. But before we get to that, there's an odd moment with Mary. There's a really odd moment with Mary where he, like, grabs her and hugs her for a minute. I'm like, oh, where are we going with this? Yeah. Um, so I thought they were going to some, some, some really dark place. Here, it turned, 
it turns out they're not but he's kind of dresses pun not intended he kind of dresses down the father by saying do you like this dress i've got you like how are they to cheek to us about telling us what's going on in the film yeah he's doing the same to the father and so he's like is it better now your father doesn't hit you he better not hit you and it's this idea of it's a stain for the church because how can a man be this godly man and then say if you don't pray i'm gonna beat you Mm. okay where is that where does that fit where does that fill um so we go to and then daniel drinks from a flask and so he's, he's clearly drinking obviously in the middle of the night they lost he, daniel's woken up they lost a man down the well and we get sort of like a flashback as to how it happened and some guy just misses oh. this drill bit and it goes flying down and it hits him like in the base of the neck it's not good. it's gruesome ouchie <laughs> and he's told clean him up put some clothes on him and set up a tent and i th- there's a thing because only one of the men took a cross from Cro- the people yeah, when they yeah, came yeah. by i don't know if it was this guy i think he might have moved from one person's stuff to another guy's stuff i'm not sure on that one. Oh, did he because i seemed, assumed that's the same like they were moving some of his stuff yeah there was it was quite sinister as they were grabbing stuff from a variety of things and putting it into into a bag yeah like they were just mm. yeah yeah so he goes, if anyone goes in the cellar, tell somebody. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, that's down in the pit. Yeah. Yeah. So if they go in there, tell somebody, like, what? No one knew that guy was down there? Well, I, I think he's trying to shift blame. Yeah, of so course he is. Because yeah. he, he wasn't responsible enough because we run a tight ship type thing. I thought he was going to try and hide the body, but, you know, he didn't. So No. Uh, we go back to church and... Um, Daniel's sort of sitting there, and Eli is going to suck the arthritis out of this old woman. Oh, God. And this is where... No, but this is where you see they're their mirrors of each other. Yeah. Because they're both just selling, yeah. is, is at least kind of how the movie presents it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. the interest I'm going to suck this out is no different than I'm going to drill it out of the ground. It's yeah, the yeah, idea yeah. I'm going to take this thing out, and then I'm going to shill and spin it. Look, it's gone. And the camera work in this is fantastic. Because um, as it's good at shifting backwards, isn't it? With the the camera almost represents the spirit that's been taken out, and as he yeah, moves yeah. towards the back, it moves out. And when he throws it out, it kind of pans over there yeah, yeah. and leaves. I thought it was really well done. It was clever. Um, we then get a cutaway to Daniel. He ain't buying this. We get a great shot from into the church, and they're outside of it and there's this two shot that we see clearly a divide between them and they talk about how the um disaster or tragedy at the well could have been prevented um and they're kind of both blaming each other uh eli's saying hey your men are drinking that's probably not good if you're doing the job you're doing no <laughs> no and he, you want to have your faculties about you whereas he goes they have 12 hour shifts so they need to be off for 12 hours means they can't be going to your church so you've tired them out with your with your with your Bible, no. and I'm like, okay, that's a bit of a stretch. That here, is actually. a bit of a stretch, yeah. Um, and so the church we find out needs to expand. The congregation is growing, and he gets told you put on one hell of a show, referencing everything he saw as uh, a work of fiction. Yeah. Which part did, did which part did you do agree with what I just said, Liam? The the bit that you said about the work of fiction. <laughs> yeah, you didn't hear a word I said. <laughs> go back and tell me. It, it, it was, it's, a really, it's a really salient point. Yeah, go on. Um, <laughs> Standard oil. Um, Daniel Kingsman. Daniel Kingsman. <laughs> Daniel says to uh, Eli, "You put on one hell of a show." Yep. 
They both do. Signifying, of course, that it's not it's yeah, not yeah, legit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes, we, we were glad to have you, because how else do you respond to that? Later that day, they hit a pocket, and... Uh, HW's think, up there. I, th- I, think, I think Daniel sees a lot of himself in him, though, when he, see, when he sees that. He kind of reflects it. He kind of smiles when he watches it. Oh, I don't think he smile. That kind of, that's what it looked like to me. Um, oil is, is gushing everywhere, and we get the sound from HW's perspective, and it's clear his hearing is gone. He's lost his mm. hearing. What was he doing up there in the first place? Ah, we saw him doing a lot of stuff up there in the, in the short term. But if they knew that at a certain time, you know, like, why would you be down in the pit at certain times? Why would you be, you know, at some point that's going to spring? At some point that's going to blow, isn't it? Well, not to the way it does. I mean, the whole thing catches on fire. Well, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a standard thing. What, the, your, the, your oil thing catches on fire? Well, how often do you see in oil fields? Like, I remember when I was a kid. There's controlled burning ones. I know what you're talking about there. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, what I that's not what this is. Oh, oh no, no. But this that's is, what I reflected back Oh, no. To. This, is, this is a giant disaster. Uh, yeah, I yeah. don't think they were expecting it, were they? No, I, I mean, back then, yes, it was a disaster. But I remember as a kid, back in when um, we saw about Iraq and yep. Iran and all them places where they had the oil, mm-hmm. um, they always had burning... Oil, yep. At the, at the, and I assumed it was a modern or an older version nah. of that modern day thing. No, nah, it was just something gone wrong. Oh, okay. Either way, it's not great parenting that he's there. Because he seemed to know how to put it out, doesn't he? Uh, who? Daniel. I think it's him going the things. Uh, when, he it, starts, when he starts hitting those things off, that's like, I'm done. Like, we're, we're sacrificing this. Once he starts hitting those things off and then putting the stuff in oh, to collapse so that's it. Not, oh, that's not... That's I them going... That was capping it and just trying to... Oh, it's capping. It's like, yeah, we're done. We're, we're going to have to build a, a second well somewhere else. Oh, okay. And then drain it from there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's not like a direct down. Like, it's just... It's, it's one giant... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Imagine a vault with many entrances. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so, or um, a very long. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the score I've said here: the score here is scratchy and very percussive and fantastic, with strings that are all minor and discordant. I wrote that it's a shame the fire is CGI, and then I'm gone. Wait, I think I'm wrong because I found a, a fact. Okay, <laughs> this was shot on location in Marfa, M A R F A, Marfa, Texas. Uh, the neighboring film production was No Country for Old Men. Wow. Paul Thomas Anderson and his crew were testing the pyrotechnic effects of the oil derrick fire, which caused an enormous billowing of smoke intruding the shot that Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen were shooting miles away. So is that in, is that shot scene in? No, no, no. They they, they cancel it. Oh, okay. This caused them to delay filming until the next day when the smoke dissipated, but both this film and No Country for Old Men would become major critical darlings of that, of of the 2007 award season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd have loved it if you'd have seen the remnants of the other film in the other one. <laughs> Just leave it in there. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> like, oh, it depends what shot it was in, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'd have to make relevance. Knowing No Country for Old Men, it would have ruined it. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, he asks his assistant, he goes, which is Fletcher, I think his name is, why are you so miserable? There's a whole ocean of oil under our feet and no one can get out of it except for me. And he doesn't even consider his kid. No. The flames and the laughter then seem from Eli's perspective. So he's clearly the devil. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, he watches the Derek shut down and then moves back to uh, HW, who clearly can't hear anything. And is just trying to make any sound. And he's like, enough, enough. And it's like, I don't think you get throughout this movie. I'm like, I don't think you get how deaf works. No. Yeah. <laughs> the, the boy hadn't actually said much 
up to this point anyway, had he? He, said so. he, he had a the conversation little, with, with, with yeah. Mary. Uh, he had a conversation with his dad a little bit. He's the one who finds the oil in the first place, yeah. doesn't he? Just a what few little he? bits. He was very quiet even up to this point, though, wasn't he? I know he's just gone deaf, but he, was, he wasn't deaf beforehand. No. Right? No. So would, you wouldn't automatically stop speaking. Well, he did say out loud, I can't hear my voice. I can't hear my voice. Yeah. Oh, so he assumed that his voice had gone. That's why he kept trying to make noise after that. He was trying to do anything that would make yeah. his... Yeah, anything yeah. that he could hear. It oh, must okay. be weird to talk and not be able to hear what you're saying. So you've got to rely on your muscle memory, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so. for the most part... And this kid... Does this kid at some point say something? I think, yes, at some point he does say something. And you're like, wow, it's not as... Uh, like, you haven't forgotten as much as I thought you would, but there were a couple of syllables. Oh, right, where like, when where he like, speaks. Yeah. Well, when, he, when he's an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't yeah. that bad, his speech. No, no, no. But, yeah. That actor is actually deaf. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, wow. Um, so, uh, he oh, I said that already. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a time jump. And we can tell that because now there's three Derricks. Yeah, yeah, As opposed yeah, yeah. to one. Um, he still can't, by hearing me, you still can't hear him. We're given his perspective, and they're looking for a teacher for him. Eli approaches Daniel and asks for their money. Aren't we about 1927 now? <sighs> no, we're still 19... 1927's a while away. Same oh, here. Oh, Same okay. here. Everybody's kids. Because Eli approaches him and asks for, where's the church's money? And Daniel literally slaps him around. Oh, Dustin. Chastises him for not healing his son pulls him by the hair and almost drowns him in an oil pool and he tells eli he's gonna bury him underground and it's a really intense scene yeah. and the deal is if you're a great healer great there's my kid get to it and there's rage but i yeah. thought he knew that he wasn't i think it's the fact that he's he can walk him out, isn't he's he? calling him out so that yeah. you walk around uh, pantomiming as this um so uh, we then go to the Sunday house and uh, as in like the house where the Sundays live, not like a special house. I, I'm, not, I'm not using a slang word for a church. And so it's an interesting shift. For the first time all film, we haven't been with uh, Daniel. Daniel, yeah. We're with, and he's just caked. Eli's just caked in mud and oil. And he lashes out at his father. He calls him stupid and lazy for letting Daniel do all the work. And he's like, you think God will forgive you for your stupidity. And then he like crawls over the table and like assaults his father. He's a madman. Um, he says, it was Paul who told him to come. I know it. And I kind of thought the movie could have been better if we actually had a return of Paul at some point. Yeah. I, I thought there was something missing a, there. Maybe it's too, too oh, deep the first, in Eli. the first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I honestly thought Paul was at the end and that was going to be like a thing that it wasn't eli but it was paul yeah i'm glad i was wrong we see another man make his way to little boston and this is henry played by kevin j o'connor i'm your brother from another mother i want to know if this is the origin of that statement uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> mm, i'm sure it came from somewhere else i'm wondering how how old that statement is or did or did that not exist then or you know would somebody have said that until later on i don't i don't know you know sometimes people take artistic license don't they and what was actually used in certain times oh i, I no, I, th- I think he's just being literal i don't think he's using like a term that existed at that point oh, i'm wondering okay. if 2008 or 7 this film is the origin of that statement oh okay maybe. or his brother from another mother been around before that i want to say before it but it, it feels like it should be before but otherwise mm-hmm. then it's a real lazy otherwise it's too cliche to put in a movie in it yeah oh let's find what? out 
Okay, I just Googled this and it says, the saying my brother from another mother is thought to have first been used in the 2006 film Snakes on a Plane. What? That's what I thought. I was like, what? I had that same shock. That was the first thing that popped up. So whether that is true or not, probably not. Subsequently, it was used in the 2007 film Rush Hour 3. This is right around that time frame. Yeah. Well, 2007, Snakes on a yeah. plane. There we are. <laughs> thought, eh? That's funny. So I don't know if it's necessarily in the, in the public consciousness. Do we know who this guy is in real life? Because his voice sounded familiar again. Kevin J. O'Connor? I didn't look him up. Hmm. I'll have a check. No. Um, oh, by the way, can you while you're checking things today, Ethan, can you check up some... Uh, age game. Well, age game, of course, but can you use some critics as well, please? Oh, yeah, of course. There we go. Good lad. Um, so we found out their father died, and uh, old Georgia has sent fifth seat stuff. That's excellent. Um, and so uh, Daniel wants proof that you are who you say you are. And so he's got the letters from the sister. He's got a, a diary. He's got all this sort of stuff. So it feels pretty good. Um, he said, look, I want to be an oil man, but I'm not very good. I did some time as well. I built some roads. That was hard work. I feel uh, that's the truth. Check out our Cool Hand Luke review. Yeah, um, on a chain gang. I'm not sure because I think everything he says has to be corroborated by that diary. I know. I think the prison bit, I think that's true. But he's got the diary. So if the diary makes no mention of prison ever then you're found out. Yeah, but you could have a diary for two years. You can have a diary for 10 years. You can- I think everything... Okay, this is, we won't have a definitive answer, but I think everything he said is nothing but I don't, I, I think, a retelling. Uh, I think 90% of it well, is, a, is, a, is a retelling, so far, so. but I think 10% <laughs> of it is true because you have to have a little bit of element of truth to make it real. Cool. So that's how I, that's yep. how I interpreted it. We, we're at an impasse. We can't, one of us will be unable to prove the other one right or wrong. But I'm right. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Ethan, what do you Hashtag got? Ian uh, right. So, Kevin J. O'Connor has basically just been like minor roles in everything, but he was in Steel Magnolias as Sammy DeSoto. I don't know if that's a name that will ring a bell for you nope. in that film. No. Uh, yeah, he he's, yeah, he's, he's probably one of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, the, his other big credit apparently is Dr. Mindbender in G.I. Joe The Rise of Cobra. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Mindbender. So, no, it's his voice that threw me. When is milk not milk? Um, Daniel forces HW to drink a glass full of milk laced with, I'm guessing it's vodka. Or whiskey. Or... Something. Well, they said that it was clear, and they said that, you know, they always drank vodka to keep themselves in his mindset, so I'm guessing oh, his drink oh, is okay. vodka. Yeah, 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 something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm guessing he's trying to knock his kid out. Yeah, that's what I feel I'm going like. to have him sleep. Yeah. I'm going to try and get my kid to sleep all the time. That's all I'm going to do. That's an old um, thing, that wives' tale thing, isn't it, that they used to do <sighs> years and years ago? My, I've shared this in the pod before. My, my mom and my stepdad got me liquored up on brandy to knock me out one Christmas Eve. Really? <laughs> they made me like this hot chocolate. I couldn't sleep. I was too excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, too that's, excited. That's not in a sinister way. No, no, no. It, it was like a That's, that's kind of a, a nice... <laughs> Almost lovable way to do it, I guess. I'm like, this tastes funny. And it was almost like a scene where they're like, here, and they like, <laughs> tip it up, keep drinking, keep drinking. <laughs> yeah. pro- I mean, bless them. They're probably just like, we just want to put the presents under the tree. Probably haven't wrapped them yet either. So yeah, yeah. we just want to put the presents time. under the tree. Yeah. I was thinking throughout, though, does he actually care for his son? I think he does to a point. Because, uh, like you yeah. said, I know that kind he of comes wants, in more at the end, but. And he cares about him as an asset. Yes, not as, a, not as a that, son. Yeah. He cares him about the, the... He is an asset. And if, 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 you, if you want proof, he never learns how to 
how to communicate, never learns how to sign. He doesn't do the sign language, no. And doesn't and even try writing anything down. And even when um, that Standard Oil guy comes over and tries oil. to speak louder for him, he says, no, don't don't speak louder. You speak normal. Yeah, but I've got a comment on that. I think that's a, that's a different thing. Oh, you think that's more of a social thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, where are we at here? Uh, oh, by the way, if you want to check out a movie about building some roads, check out a review of Cool Hand Luke. Um, <laughs> Good movie. Where all the cinematography happened at once. Um, <laughs> so. I love it. What you want, he was getting, he's going to be schooled. He's the, the liquor. Brandy. Yes. Yes. Um, he's made zero efforts to coach him towards any sort of communication. So there's no writing down of anything. It's just, he just keeps talking at him. He keeps doing the same thing, expecting a different result. I don't know what's going to happen. No, 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 no. Daniel asks Henry what he wants. He's like, I want nothing. And he's like, actually, I just like, he's like, look, give me a plain answer. I'm with him on this one. What do you want? I just want a job. I'm a good worker. That's all I want. He goes, all right. And then he starts to ask him stuff like, you know, well, did, did, did my mother know about your mother? And he's like, I don't really know. Meanwhile, HW is looking through um, Henry's stuff. Uh, and I've got my notes. Is that a gun license or just an advert for a gun? I thought it was going to be something. It wasn't. No. Um, and, da- and it's upside down. Yep. Daniel asks, are you an angry man? And Henry says, I don't think so. He goes, do you get envious? And he goes, I have a competition in me. I want no one to succeed. I hate most people. Hmm. And this is my thing about podcasts. Where I'm like, There's room for everybody at the table yeah yeah our success doesn't mean we get in the way of someone else's i guess he's trying to say if you're like me you would understand are yeah. you are you an enemy if it's are in you a me competitor? it's in you and yeah. i've got is henry seeing the right on the wall here because i am yeah henry asks about hw and his situation he also asks about his mother and again daniel refuses to acknowledge the question so at this point i'm like yeah 100 not his kid and i start working and it'll be confirmed later I start working under the theory that um, Daniel is either asexual or Daniel is homosexual. And the more I thought about it, I went asexual. As it turns out, I had this theory first, and then in my research afterwards, because I had enough time, because I watched it early enough today. Okay. Um, it's that he's impotent. Oh. And therefore he can't. So that's why, you know, that's he's, why he hasn't got any children. That's why he doesn't have any children. Yeah. It's why he never answers the question. It's why we never seem actually interested in, in any women. Oh. But he could he could still be interested in women, couldn't he? There but, are a couple scenes that he cut out which suggest he's got some interest, but it was it was pretty it was pretty like intense stuff. Yeah. What what they cut out. So like they oh, okay. there's a bit where like we'll talk about it in a minute actually when we get to the scene. So See, I never, I never picked up on any of that. Yeah, because it did seem like Henry was more interested in women than he was. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was. Just I just too, thought he was just driven. Yeah, driven by his success. Yeah. He just didn't want to. Yep. You know. Wow. Uh, and maybe if you were impotent, that's why you would be so driven in that in that regard, and why you would seek the company of men, and why you would, you know, because you, you can succeed in something else. Because sexually, you cannot be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. So every time you try, or you're in the situation, you end up feeling like. You're losing. So let me be in a situation and where I'm always like winning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just steal a baby. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was really easy back then, it seems. Well, yeah, it was. But when the parent dies, you're right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Henry asks about... Oh, I said that already. Uh, he, tells, he tells Henry he hates everyone so much he can't do this on his own. And this is what he needs. He needs someone with him because he's lost HW now. Yep. HW has no use to him. Yep. 
Um, I've got my notes. Somebody call 911. Shorty start a fire on the dance floor. You love that bloody song. Yeah, but this one was perfect because like a short <laughs> character lit a fire on the floor. Get the fire brigade. Get the fire Very brigade. Very rare it works this well. Prodigy, he's a fire starter. I'm a fire starter. Twisted animator. So he starts the fire in the house and then is chased <laughs> and caught by Daniel. And it's another long take. And we just hear a diegetic sound. It's breath and insects and just everything's happening in that moment. And so they go back to a train. He continues to talk to HW. And HW's like, have you not get? I can't hear. Credit to Henry, though. He did wake him up in that fire to get him out. He didn't leave him. And he could have been the brother. Well, to be fair, Daniel's his meal ticket. I'm yeah, not sure anybody knows. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have a will. Oh, mm. uh, maybe. Yeah. I thought he could take over the business type thing. I think Fletcher would. Oh, okay. Fletcher, well, HW's his partner, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and so he says, stay put while I have a word with the conductor. And I've got my notes. He ain't coming back, I no, wager. he ain't coming back. <laughs> and I went, nope. He gets off the train and Fletcher, played by Kieran Hines, who we didn't really talk about because I didn't know he was going to be this big of a deal at the start of the film. Although this is probably his high point in the film. Yeah. Uh, and the train takes off and he goes to another meeting with Standard Oil. Standard Oil. He sells one property for 150 grand, Dumb. which is like 4.5 million. Yeah. in today's money uh but now they want to buy out little boston and they offer him a million basically a million dollars yeah, which yeah. everything i mean multiplies by the state by a cade of like 30 yeah so it's yeah, like 30 million dollars why would you not take this well i get this because he goes what am i gonna do then settle down have a life but they say so the part that standard oil guy doesn't uh, get is this ain't your kid but then again yeah he's impotent and this stuff and he can't he's impotent down. all yeah, my yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, and i'm yeah. stuck with a kid who's not my kid and I, you know he's a broken yeah, kid it makes sense it makes sense yeah well i don't know if it makes sense for what he, how far he goes in well this, no but, yeah. but it makes sense why he doesn't take but i was got the idea of what am i gonna do in my days yeah really yeah, like yeah. he's not an old man yet like you know let me aspire have ambition towards something why didn't he become a sheriff in a town <laughs> he'd be great <laughs> um so they tell him the only option is a pipeline but what are you gonna do if that fails you know union oil really we're gonna go when that's got nowhere to go you have a you have an ocean of of oil and nowhere to get off so he says, just do this and he like way overreacts did you just tell me how to run my family one day i'm gonna find you wherever you sleep and i'm gonna cut your throat there we go that's this thing i used earlier <laughs> yeah and i'm like because i don't understand why he said that I've got my notes. He realized he doesn't have the bandy track, right? Yeah. Because I remember this from earlier in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite, quite clear. You can't get to the ocean without that piece of land. Because you have to go around otherwise. Otherwise, you have to go through mountains and yeah. things like that. No, no, this is the only way to do it. Also, I'll be honest. If someone, like, comes in and threatens to kill me, I'm going to blacklist that guy as quickly as I can at every possible, like, he's got, he's got, He's got the thing you want. Yeah. I he's guess. got the oil. Another part of this movie, it's about the ills of capitalism, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's about who's got the stuff, who can get the stuff. Big corporations swallowing up little corporations. Um, even in the situation of his own story, it's him taking advantage of little people because they have the resource. I'm going to get the resource. I'm going yeah. to pay you as little as I can to get as rich as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, we see Fletcher come back. So the kid's obviously been dropped off somewhere. And we find that HW's been put in a home for deaf children. And so Daniel goes to the bandy land and he runs into a kid or a grandkid or something grandson, like that. Grandson, grandson yeah. yeah. And they're already putting 
And like, oh, he's not here. Come back next week. He's like, all right. And they spend the next week just putting stakes in the ground. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah, like, we're not, we're not, yeah, we're going to have this. How does that make, yeah. I don't know. Um, if they continue to put more stakes in the ground, it goes all the way to the ocean, it would seem, I said. And it finishes with Daniel putting a stake in the ground and celebrating with the boys at Union Oil. Now, he doesn't have it yet. Then you put a stake in the table. Yeah, right in the map. Yeah. Uh, Daniel talks about a house, and he's sharing with Henry. There was this weird thing where they go bathing yeah. in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they go that far with the stakes. <laughs> Maybe it cleans them, or well, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's this like, safe space. I don't know. Maybe it's this, he's made it all the way to the ocean, just like the oil has. And this film needed a little bit of lightness, and I think that water scene is the lightness. doesn't last long. No. Because he's talking about this house, and he's like, I'll get it built on the... Uh, I think I'll build the house on the ocean now. And... Um, Henry says, hey, we can get a couple of women and get them liquored up. And he goes, yeah, what? Go to the peach tree dance? And he kind of laughs. And it's that laugh. Where it's like, this should be a shared joke. It took yeah. me a bit to get what the, what the deal was. Yeah, yeah. And it was that he didn't laugh at the right. At which point, if I'm Henry, it's like, like Henry, this is the part about the movie I'm not that big on. He's been reading his every move. Is he now just like, I'm letting down my guard now? Because read the room. Like, if someone wants you to laugh, you can kind of feel that, can't you? Yeah. yeah. But instead, that. he just puts his head he down. Ha- it's he, like, what? He hangs his head, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, I'm like, and. So he's completely in shadow, and Daniel's completely in light, which could be like enlightenment and ignorance and all this sort of stuff. Could be clearly there for a reason. Yeah. Um, and he kind of stares at him. And I'm like, why are you stopping to engage? You're right there with him. Yep. So he goes into the water by himself, and uh, then we cut to them with the women who have gotten liquored up, and the women just won't stop laughing. It's, no. re- it's really um, weird. Yeah, maybe this is what you did before he had, he had music. Because yeah. the only one who doesn't is Daniel. And da- Henry cannot read the room. No. Daniel's, like, angry. And he's like, have some money, money please. Can I have some money, please? Can I have some money, please? Like, read the room, big yeah. time. Yeah. Henry wakes up, and uh, he's got a gun drawn on him. What was the name of the farm next to the hill house? And he, I can't remember. He goes, who are you? I'm no one. I met a man claiming to be your brother and his he was his friend for months and he died of tuberculosis. I just took his story. I'm your friend. I'm not trying to hurt you. Just survive. Bang. I, I believed him. Oh, everything he says here, I think I'm 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, telling yeah. the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally telling the truth. Just trying to find his way, isn't he? Yep. Um, Through deception. Yeah, well. Um, he <laughs> starts swinging a pickaxe and this is the last time I'm swinging a pickaxe was the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. The hole he grows is full of oil. Yeah. Like, even then, there's oil everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. So he's buried in the oil. And then Daniel reads the diary. Do you know what's funny? His foot is outside the pit. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I go, I go, what about his foot? So the scene with the girls, he's supposed to do a thing where he sort of is there for them. Yeah. But that's, then he walks out because there's nothing they can do for him. Oh, yeah. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's, that was supposed to be the, pick up the confirmation. But I, my, my theory about asexuality was before I read that. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. women aren't even a focus. And I'm going, what is it? Is it that he's so singularly, but there's nothing. The one confusing part is there's a reference that's made later that you have lusted after women. And I'm like, I didn't see that. Did he? Well, yeah. not, not not that we saw. Maybe yeah. they put that in there when the other scenes was... Oh, I mean, it was filmed. It was cut. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, it's there yeah, for yeah. a reason. Yeah. Um, 
Meet Bandy. He wakes up at gunpoint, played by Hans Howes. I like Bandy. Me too. It's abrupt. He knows about the pipeline. Says, God told me what you should do. Oh, what should I do? You should be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, I am. <laughs> he goes, no, you need to go to Eli's church. The church of the third. Is it the church of the third communion? The third. Oh, God. Something, um, isn't it? The third divination. The third. Third revelation. Revelation. Yeah. Uh, in order to be forgiven for the sin you have done. He goes, what sin? The sin of drilling? And Bandy hands over his revolver. How drunk did he get? Yeah. <laughs> and at church, there's this great two-shot of Bandy and Daniel as Eli asked if anyone wants to be forgiven. <laughs> and Bandy's feeling it, and it's clear that he's not. So I assume Bandy had witnessed him killing the other guy, hence why he's talking about these sins. I think Bandy just finds him, finds a gun, Finds a freshly dug and puts it in two together. Yeah, and that's what they're talking about when they're going. Yeah, right, I'm going to go along with this then because obviously yep. a, a I need that pipeline. Yep, and b I, I can't get done for this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I suppose if he's washed of his sins, then he can get away with it a little bit more, can't he? Because like, because okay, so these people are like fundamental extremists. Is probably too harsh a word, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Like you know, as long as your sins are forgiven, who cares about law? It's, it's about making right with God. Yeah. Um, that feels too negative. He's yeah, it is a negative word. I don't know if Bandy's a zealot. I think Bandy is your is like your super naive guy. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like his faith is so strong that he's like the the only thing that matters is the condition of your soul, and that's okay, and it forgives the rest. And what's the law going to do? Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um there's he asks again eli which i would missed eli at this point it'd been a while since we'd seen him is there it's anyone who wants to come up and do, and i was hoping and he goes yeah yeah i'll come up and so he forces him to he revels in it doesn't he oh he takes it say oh. it again i have abandoned my child and that's gotta be hard because hey, it ain't your child but you got to live this lie yeah, on yeah, top yeah. of the other lie and pretend yeah. you feel bad about this yeah I have abandoned my child. And Day Lewis is giving the performance that he knows that Eli wants. And he thinks, his character thinks he's he's mirroring the showmanship, but just as inauthentic. It's the Tom Cruise show me the money scene, isn't it? Yeah, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you notice this. Eli slaps him in the head. Yeah. There's lots of slapping. Eli pulls him by the hair. Yeah. This it's is the, the same he thing. He was dunked in the oil. Now yep. he's yeah. the water on Yeah, him. I noticed that. Yeah. 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 Oh, the water. Yeah. Very good. I missed the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Daniel says something to Eli, and we're not allowed to hear what it was. Yeah. And, we didn't, and yeah. I thought it would come back to us, and it they'd doesn't. show us it later, and they don't. And I'm like, no. and the part of me goes, then why is it there? I you, think, didn't, you didn't have to show me that. I think Daniel Day-Lewis went, cool, that was a good scene, bud. Well done. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well done. The last guy couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, he ran, man. He ran away. Well I really done. thought it would come back in like in that final monologue. But He, he said, hey, yeah. my kid's not working out. Can you can you play HW's part as well? Sure, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, so there we are. Um so Eli tells the congregation that Daniel has donated $5,000 to the church. And this is where I figured out that it's $155,000 today. Wow. So I should be multiplying by 31. Yeah, yeah, that should yeah, be yeah. the ratio I should be multiplying by. Um, and so according to a 2007 interview with Paul Dano, they shot the two scenes that we're talking about, the mirroring scenes. Back to uh, back. Back to back. 
So uh, one day sense. we did the one outside. It makes sense. The following day we did the church. So yeah, I had all my notes before that part of it, but I missed the water part. So well done, you. Yeah, well done. Mix. It's either the baptism side of it, isn't it, and the cleansing of sins, or it is the mirroring of the of the oil and. Oh, I think it's clearly he's using. He, they both abuse their power at different times, and when he's got the societal mm. power at the church where he can't do anything, I'm going to get back exactly what you did to me. You did, but then it's repeated again later on, yep. isn't it? So it's mm. going, it keeps coming back. H W comes home. Um, the pipeline's being built all the way out to the sea. It's an extreme long shot, another long take. I like that. But we don't get to go close when they have the reunion. And so what that suggests is we don't get to see the happiness in the faces or anything like that. So it suggests an inauthenticity. And HW wails on him. Oh, HW takes a few punches. <laughs> uh, I've got in my notes, justified, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They go for stakes. And then the guy from Union, uh, not Union Oil, Standard Oil. Standard Oil. Tries Standard. that bit. So. He does that bit where he says, hello, I'm Jimmy. Yeah. Who are you? And he goes, you don't have to shout at him, you know. Now, I think this is supposed to show, like, he's right. I mean, this is the, this is the thing where you find a deaf kid, and you're like, if I speak louder, they'll be able to hear it. But it's no less stupid than all he does is talk at the kid, and the kid does, doesn't have a clue what he's saying <laughs> either. So I think it shows this complete lack of self-awareness. Yeah, yeah, but I think the guy from Standard Oil is doing it slower for him to lip read. Oh, he's just ignorant. And I don't mean ignorant in the way that, like, people use it in beefs now, and you go, oh, that's ignorant. I mean, like, he literally doesn't know oh, okay. that what he's doing isn't helping. Oh, okay. But you know who should know? His brother. Yeah, Daniel should yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, but it actually doesn't help. No. <laughs> I've tried everything. But, but you but know. writing things down. You know what else I'm finding? My, I just keep talking to him nonstop. Just assuming <laughs> at some point. Yeah, it's just dumb. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're placed with the camera. It's really clever. I don't know if you noticed this. There's a long lingering shot after they get the drinks, because for some reason the guys from Standard Oil are giving their drinks first. Oh, yeah, and he gets them. And so one. Daniel goes and gets his drinks, and they sit down. There's a shot. It's from the perspective of a table with the Standard Oil, but you get like someone's forearm in the front of a shot, but it's it's shot with shallow focus, so it's a bit blurry. Yeah. But actually, then what happens is they become like a barrier between us because the much the shot we would prefer. Boom, I'm a swore there. Move the guy's <laughs> gleaming arm out of the way, would you? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of in the middle of my shot. So what's happening? As a viewer, I'm becoming irritated with the guys from Standard Oil. Like he Because is. he's in my way. Yes. Because he's ruining what should be a nice scene. In the same way, but they're ruining what should be this idyllic, I'm going to fix everything with this dinner. If I get a steak dinner in you, that'll help solve all of our problems because <laughs> you, you won't be deaf anymore. <laughs> the miracles of steak. Just have meat sweats. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what. Like you know. Um, oh, what's his name? Jeremy Clarkson could tell you about that. I mean, you know. <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. Remember, that's why he got fired from Top Gear, isn't it? I, oh god. Oh, that's rem- like, remind me because I can't oh, remember. What? So he came back from a long day of shooting, and all they had for them were cold cuts. Okay. And so he like physically like struck. Oh, one of his wa- producers, one of the yeah. production right. assistants, yeah. because he's like, I'm out all day. I expect a hot steak when I come back. <laughs> and that was the last straw. That was the bit where they went. We can't the BBC. Went, we, we, we can't justify it. Mm. And then Amazon said, we'll pay you four times as much. Yeah, he's really he's really learned his lesson now. Have you heard that Amazon went, 
you can't make like because then he made like some awful tweet about Megan like really oh bad. It, it's it's horrendous yeah. it's horrendous yeah. I, he's still gonna out survive that because the numbers for Clarkson Farm yeah. is huge if if Amazon had any, had any real gumption they'd have canceled season two and not aired it but they're gonna air it all yeah he did this weird turnabout like last week I think he was writing in the Times like. We've been too mean to trans people. And I went, why are you the barometer for kindness now? But I'll, I'll, fuck it, I'll take it. It's like, I forget what was happening recently, and I'm like, when Piers Morgan is the voice of, like, kindness. Yeah, you got something wrong. I'm like, and I'm not one who usually agrees with Piers Morgan about stuff, but there was something, I forget what it was now, but he was all about something, and I was like, I'm kind of with Piers on this. And it was, I don't know what it was. Have you heard about Top Gear recently? Huh? Have you heard about Top Gear recently? No. The, oh, the um, bloody Flintoff. Yeah, yeah, Flintoff yeah. has been seriously hurt in a... Oh, no, I like Flintoff, too. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, a shame. Yeah. And that's due with the show yeah. that he was doing. Yeah. And uh, so they've stopped all filming. Well, how many of these hosts have to get hurt? Well, Rich and Hammond. Well, Richard Hammond, Richard Hammond, Hammond yeah. was, like, yeah. almost dead. Yeah. I think yeah. this is going to be a turning point into how they're structured if you that just, carries on. You just can't do these things where they travel that fast and in situations mm. that are that dangerous. I mean, yeah. the stakes are too high. Well, Flintoff has already gone. <laughs> we're, we're back to stakes. <laughs> how many more stake puns can we get in? I don't know. Absolutely. Flintoff has already gone on record to say that he's done with the whole How's daredevil it? stuff. Understandably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's shook him back. I'm sure he's got family and he's like... Yeah. Mm. See, he's not like... The, the the other guys were like in their like mid-late 50s Yeah, when Hammond oh, yeah, got hurt. Matt LeBlanc did it for a bit as well. So it's this, it? it's this idea of, you know, I'm going to live while I've got the chance to do so, blah, blah, blah. Flintoff's a younger man. Yeah, yeah, And Flintoff's yeah. got like a younger family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Daniel comes over, recounts the conversation from earlier and said, I told you what I was going to do. I thought he was going to smash a glass and slit his throat right here at lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I really I did. I thought he was getting a steak knife or yeah. something. I thought yeah. that's why he like, he, cause he goes back and then go like, goes to them again. Oh, he's got something. We're seeing a devolution. Eli's going on a trip. We don't, I didn't catch where cause the, they, they put the noise over it, but we get the idea that he won't be at church for a while. He's going on a mission. Gonna go stake his claim somewhere. Uh, see what he did. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, and so we see HW and his teacher communicating, and Mary seems to be paying attention. And HW uh, keeps trying to snap in his own ear. He keeps trying to hope for it, but then there's yeah. a time jump, and they're getting married. That was a very big jump. So this is kind of what we call an action match. Oh, okay. And the idea that we see them signing, and then we see two people signing at each other getting married, and we automatically go, okay, they've grown up. This is them. This is H.W. and Mary. This is nineteen. Is she the only girl that he yeah. ever met in yeah. his whole life? I think so. Probably. Basically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's cute, yeah. though. It's a cute little little. It's like old-timey farm relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Daniel lives in a big house and shoots his gun for fun inside of it. We see there's a bowling lane. Yeah. Do you know the White House is Why a bowling not? lane at the bottom of it? Yeah, like, it does. Yeah. yeah. I, Nixon put it in. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was featured in, uh, or at least some variation thereof, in King Ralph. <laughs> I say uh. one every five episodes to talk about King Ralph in some capacity. <laughs> oh, the day this comes out, the, the previous president's got his bloody court day, isn't he? Does, does, does he? I don't yeah. know that. Yeah, I think, I think Trump's thickers on tuesday uh hw asks if they can be alone because he'd rather speak in private and he goes you can't speak so why don't you flap your hands around and have what's his name tell me where you've been or do you think i don't know 
yeah, and the fact yeah, that he's yeah. not even trying to sign goes wow it's like seven 16 years later yeah and yeah, you yeah, still yeah. haven't bothered to learn he looks like a very lonely man at this point though he does yeah, he's yeah. lost like well he's gained well, these wealth the, but he's he lost has, everybody that, that's the consequence of it isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just by himself and he's obviously very moody self-destructive yeah yeah yeah, yeah. HW says, hey, I love Daniel. I love you very much. Uh, I'm going to Mexico with my wife so I can go outside, do my own drilling. I'm going to start my own company. It's time for a change. And Daniel goes, this makes us competitors. Now, he's 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 right. But why don't you just give up by this point? You think he would support him a bit more? Or just like, you're in Mexico. I wasn't planning on going no. to Mexico. <laughs> now, he does say it's a mistake. Now, if, if you want to play the truth police on this one, 10 years after this, they would, pro- they would uh, put all drilling under government control. So actually... He's right, actually. He would have lost his shirt if he went out there and did drilling. <laughs> but um, he goes, uh, HW says, I'd rather keep you as my father as my partner. And this is where the reveal comes. You're not my son. Oh, that's mm. terrible, isn't it? Now, he could have gone into more detail. Your daddy died at the bottom of one of my wells. Mm. But he doesn't. He goes, you don't mean that. He goes, you are not my son. You never have been. I don't even know who you are because you have none of me in you. You are someone else's. You're an orphan from a basket in the middle of the desert. Do you know what I don't understand, though? He he can't have relationships with women mm-hmm. because he feels he's failed that way. Mm-hmm. So he has an opportunity to bring up a son, which is not his. Yep. He has an opportunity to keep a brother that's not his. Yep. And yet he feels so lonely in his life. He's got no one to share it with. He Why pushes is he, everyone away. Yeah. And he carries on pushing. Well, he says no earlier, like, I hate, I just hate people. I hate, I yeah, hate everyone. He yeah. Yeah. just prefers his own. So, I guess this is, if you want to go with like, the evils of capitalism, it makes you competitors with everyone. Mm. As a result, there's only one room for person at the, at the top. And the only people you surround yourself with are employees who have to do what you tell them to. So what's the point in getting to the top? The, I, I think this is this is the point that's being made by by the director. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that, you know, your ambition can take you so far, but you end up alone. But he's, but this is what makes me laugh. He's at the top. He's in his own house shooting shit. Yeah. Don't know really what to do with himself. Yeah. His son offers him a lifeline. Yeah. To go, I love you, dad, but, you know, this is what I'd like to do. And yet he still doesn't take it. Or let me come back at you with another one then, okay? This is your partner. Hmm. He's now leaving you. Um, to do the same thing. To do the same he's, thing. He's, com- he's competition. With he? his wife. So he gets to have the fullness that you didn't get to have. Mm. And now he says, there's a jealousy in me. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, no part of this justifies it. No, 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 no. But, <laughs> but I understand sense. I understand why the character's reacting the yeah, way he yeah. is based on who we've met up to this point. Showing that. It's yeah. like if, if you left it, you said to Ian, I'm leaving the show, I'm doing my own thing taking a stake of what I have, and I'm going to have my own show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the rights to best film ever. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't wait for the phone call. We are like, how do I upload this? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the crew with me. They're all coming. We're all bouncing. We've decided we're going to try something new. We're going to distribute cassettes. We're taking it back old school. <laughs> you record a little cassette player. That's funny. <laughs> um where are we out here um so he says you're an orphan from a basket in the middle of a desert so that's a reference to moses oh he okay was found in a basket, wasn't he? yeah the real when he said basket i thought no he was in a suitcase <laughs> <laughs> i took that um, literal <laughs> i needed a sweet face to buy land you're lower than a bastard and he goes i thank god i have none of you in me and he leaves 
And he keeps shouting out, you're a bastard from a basket. He can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, that's the irony. Is the only person, yeah, 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 yeah. The person that's, I didn't think of that. The only person that's really affected is, is, is his translator. What <laughs> <laughs> translator? He goes, Kate, you've got a visitor? And it's the very, very end. Daniel's passed out in the middle of his bowling lane. And he's got a visitor, and there's a reveal. And we go, it's all right. And then the, the head sort of pushes down into the, into the shot, and we see it's Eli. And we're like, oh, it's Eli. You do look surprised and happy that he's there. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't understand why. Eli, Eli's the only guy who ever got one up on him. So the question is, what will this scene be? Will this scene be? I had the last laugh, and I'm gonna and 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 so our 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 protagonist, if you want to call him that, I can't call him our hero. No way. But Daniel, you know, is it that here's one more person who who won and you didn't, and you're left all by a, and everybody else beat you in the end. Mm. You're rich, but you're alone, and that's how the movie ends. Or is it they're gonna come together to work on one last go? At which point, okay, we restart the movie, and they ha- they're just couple people who hate each other but need each other to make it work and it's a story about it's it's story about greed and how greed will forgive all manner of sin pardon the pun yeah i'd love that ending i wasn't really expecting it to go where it went no no um, kind of pinned him to the floor he goes he goes the house is on fire there's no response (laughs) and then he just speaks it's eli and he comes out of a stupor and goes yes it is oh and it turns out we forgot they're related now. They're joined by blood. Oh, yes, of course. Because yeah, of his, that's his sister. His yeah. sister. He says, we're brothers. In reality, yeah, I think yeah, they're yeah. more like well, st- uncle-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, we find out that uh, he goes to make him a drink. He brings back like three drinks. <laughs> it's not two. He's doing that thing you do at Spoons where like you get two and you jam a third one in there. Yeah. And you're like, I got to put these down before I hand them out or else they're all going to go on the floor. <laughs> it doesn't look like in a good state to have a drink anyway. So that was that was interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he's got his own bottle of like moonshine or straight vodka or was something that what like he that. Was just, like, oh, yeah. Chugging. He's just necking yeah. booze. He's just necking that. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, Proper algae. Find out Bandy has passed on at 98. There's a ton of oil underneath Bandy's land. It's undeveloped. I'd like you to... Oh, so, so we should go into work together. And he goes, I'll do it on one condition. And he flips the script that Bandy said. Bandy made him do this false promise of, uh, I want to be a member of a church. Mm-hmm. Instead, he comes out with, I'm a, I want you to say that you're a false prophet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you never, you don't believe in God. You're leading people astray for your own financial gain. Again, it's reenacting what he did. To him in the church, isn't it? Is it? And here's the question. Is Eli a false prophet? Yeah. So you think Eli really is making up and believes that God's superstition? Yeah. See, I don't, I, know, I don't I, know where with, I land on this. With the theme so I'm far, sure. though, it is about deception and just getting above everything else. So maybe that actually is, is I, true for Eli as well. Maybe. I didn't believe it. I thought Eli was telling how he see life through it until that scene because if we're mirroring and if that's what the purpose of this is there's two ways you can look at this because you can look at this as um daniel had to go forward and say something he didn't believe in to mm. get the financial gain he needed yeah, yeah. so mm. now we're going to make eli do the exact same thing something i don't believe in oh, okay. so so i don't believe that god's a superstition but i'm going to say it is because you're going to get me the money i need 
Didn't Daniel have to do the? He did the whole "I abandoned my son" bit, didn't he? Yeah, mm. which wasn't true either. No, so it the wasn't question true is true because he wasn't his son. Yeah. But he did abandon him though. Yep. So there's kind of a half truth. So there. the other question is, yeah, as opposed to a bit of a half truth. Or is is the bit where you're doing what you don't believe in the idea of it? You're revealing it publicly. You're dropping your facade. But then you have to look. Okay, so what's the guilt on the other side of it? So yeah, because there's no the one scene, there publicly to see him say that. Is yep. there? It's more for him himself. I think the scene when we see um, Eli at home with his family that kind of cemented for me that he truly does believe the things that he says. Um. So the deal is, uh, it's a hundred thousand dollars and a five thousand dollar thing from before with interest. And Eli admits God is a superstition, and I am a false prophet. And they make him say it again and again and again with all the passion that he had to say it when he was doing his false testimony. He's doing his, and then he goes, "Those areas have been taken care of." And he goes, "What? They haven't been taken care of? It's called drainage." And the says like so Eli then breaks and goes and this is where he says I'm full of sin I have given myself so the fact that he keeps using this language mm. it seems a weird reset to make unless you actually really do believe it yeah okay yeah. I truly like I think that's the it thing. felt He's like been he was so tempted by greed yeah it felt like he was he was admitting to himself when he hadn't done for a while that's how it came across to me. I don't know. Maybe it's the idea that he's willing to make the shortcut because he says, you know, God's not providing for me in the way that it was supposed to provide. He tests me in ways that I'm supposed to be tested, and and then there's there's this, this opportunity which that would get him out, and he kind of still asks him for. I need this for this. I need this. I need. He keeps saying, need it, need it, need it, need yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we get the thing. You're not the chosen brother. Paul is because Paul's got three wells producing five thousand dollars a week. Yeah. <laughs> At which point, go hit up Paul. Yeah. You would have thought that. Why doesn't he go to his brother? I don't know. So not, he comes up with the idea of milkshake. I drink your oh. milkshake. Liam, can you, uh, do you want to sort of unwrap the concept of, of milkshake? So um, he's explaining how the drainage works with the oil uh, from the land. And he's saying that if I had my straw, and no matter how far away I was, and I put my straw into your drink, I start drinking from your milkshake. There's no longer any milkshake left. There's no oil left. So, yeah. It got very um, intense. It did. Very I drink in- your milkshake. <laughs> I've always wondered where that line was from. I didn't expect it to be in this film. No, but it, earlier on, I'm sure he ordered them a couple of shakes, or was it steaks? I can't remember. Yeah. I thought... Steaks. Oh, it was steaks. Oh, I yeah. thought there's more shakes going on, but there's lots of milk throughout. Yeah, they do talk yeah. about always milk, drinking milk. Yeah, there's lot. Well, there's lots of different things going on with oil and blood and milk. And you drank my milkshake. You drank my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing my own free drink. Oh, oh no, look what's at this? Thank you. We have our own milkshake. Is this an? Oh. Hang what on. What is this? Megs, if I had my straw, <laughs> yeah, I went okay. into Where'd you get these long straws? <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't have any straw. <laughs> 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 so you're going to have to, like, neck it instead. Uh, but uh, no, I thought, I don't even know what the milkshake reference was. I was like, oh, no, please don't let it be some terrible thing where you make some drink oil or something like that and call. All I knew was there was a reference to milkshake. Yeah. So, yeah, the idea being that if we had, if we had one of those giant, ridiculous cocktails. 
Oh, it's lovely. Is it? Yeah. You know what this is? It's a thing of Ben and Jerry's. Oh, my favorite thing to do. Fish food. Fish food that I've put in the blender. That's lovely. Along with like a a little bit of milk to sort of give the balance out a little bit. Mm. Oh, thank you. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of done that. So I thought I was surprised I didn't get more for for one thing than than like three half full little, (laughs) little cups. But now, we, what flavour milkshake do you think Daniel would have gone for? Vanilla. Daniel? Mm. Daniel's arriving tonight on a train. Well, I don't know. I don't know what flavours of milkshake could be available to you. Probably vanilla. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Malt. Malt, yeah. Just malt. I lo- oh, I love a malt milkshake. I've oh. never had a malt milkshake. I don't think I have. I should have got like some like crushed up like pe- like little chocolate things. And you put need to have a beer, that dude. Oh, that's, that's I will. Cool. I need to get a picture of something too before I get started. Um, Anderson says that the line in the final scene, "I drink your milkshake," was paraphrased from an actual quote from the Secretary of the Interior and the U.S. Senator from New Mexico, Albert Fall, speaking before a congressional investigation into the 1920s oil-related uh, teapot dome scandal. So he was surprised and fascinated to see the word "milkshake" amongst all this official testimony and terminology. To explain the complicated process of oil drainage. Cool, though. Yeah. That's nice that you use the reference. At which point, then, he turns to... Um, he turns to... Um, Eli says, I am the third revelation. I told you I would eat you up. And then starts chasing him. Now, with how hammered he is, I think Eli should fare better. Yeah. Yeah. That's Eli my thought. makes this. He runs to the one area that he knows he doesn't know anything about, and that bowling ball looks like a real bowling ball. I think it is a real bowling ball because he trips over that. <laughs> <laughs> he trips over that on his ankle, and you're like, "Wee, that looks like that hurt." The doors are locked at the back, though, weren't they? So if he'd yeah. gone, there must I, be some other way in because pick, he got. I would have gone a, through the way that I entered. Yeah, Grab exactly. one of the balls and throw them back at him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, could, he just scurries around a bit, doesn't he? And then he just starts <laughs> crawling, and I'm like, what are you doing? It is funny he's throwing the pins at him, and all of a sudden his head pops up somewhere else, and that's <laughs> like a, fair, a fairground ride. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole, that's whack-a-mole. the one. <laughs> that's I'm going to eat you rare. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then it, so Eli f- kind of runs away, and then eventually starts crawling to the part where the drunk guy can catch up to you and <laughs> bludgeons you to death with a bowling pin. And that was a conscious decision. He yeah. Hit him once. Yep. He thought about it and then went, fuck yeah. And the servant comes back down and says, Mr. D- Mr. Daniel? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I'm finished. And he's just sitting there and the dead body's sort of bleeding. Mm, down the alleys. And that's how the movie ends. It's almost comedic at the end point. Mm, mm. Hey, at the ending. Originally, it was supposed to be more more gruesome. He was supposed to still kill him and then throw him through the bowling pins at the end like oh, he made a strike. <laughs> oh, they should have kept that and in. They went, nah, it's a bit too much. Because a strike would be, you know, he's won, sort of, even though he's now lost everything, too, in mm. a way. Don't you think? Yeah. I would have found it a bit more fu- like funny, because I find this almost like dark humor, and this is like, he's finished. I almost saw it in the way that like him saying finished is like, yeah, he's done with it, but also he's completely finished with his career like well is it like, everything he's finished with like yeah. well, if, that's, if he was finished with his career why do he fuck off his son why do he you know lose everybody it just seems odd i can't imagine what would happen next with him like he's just stuck in that house hey, yeah he's, like, he's on I his own and like, that 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 guy the servant he's not gonna phrase. stick around now he's just seen him bludgeoned to death money though if he's paying enough would you I wouldn't, because I have ethics and morals. But, <laughs> I, but, you, don't but know, like, you don't know about this poor old servant. 
Yeah, but in this point, like he's like, times are really tough financially. People are struggling. If I if if that's the case, I think the guy will go, yeah, I can blindside some some murder if I get my pay. I really didn't like the ending. I thought the ending was, even if that was for comic value, I didn't. There's no of, comic value. I in almost it. think because they've been mirrored throughout, I would have quite liked them both to have died somehow. Like if they'd both killed, I don't know how that would have worked, but somehow they both end up with the same kind or of Or if fits. Eli had turned around and gone, there will be blood! <laughs> Capitalism comes out on top is, is the end. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like them to work together. So they'd been hating each other all that time. I'd like them to have got together and that had been... It, it'd been nice if somehow we'd got the ending where he knew that was all drained. He doesn't but have any still, positive relationships, he, though. But yet, so. no. But he has no relationships with anybody, and this is one relationship he can keep extended for. So he's in denial. Type it's thing, all maybe? about the fall of his hubris, though, isn't it? As well, and, mm. and the consequences of all that greed. I think. Yeah. So I think he's, with who's this? Is this Eli? No, Daniel. Oh, because Eli is clearly punished because he mm. comes to he comes to um, Daniel looking to broker his deal. Mm. And it's that greed, especially from a guy who's a minister, mm. you know, one of the seven deadly sins and all that stuff. That that's what takes him out, and he pun and he's he's punished for that. Um, yeah, that's why I thought he wasn't believing in what he did. I think what happens is he sells out his faith for he does the opposite. He sells out his faith for money. Mm. Yeah, that too. Because it's that thing like, how far can this you go really before nice. before <laughs> someone like like that will make you have to do the things you don't want to? So we're just waiting on Hermes for a couple of seconds, but while we do, <laughs> see, this is me trying to do. I mean, my goal this weekend is to do everything I want to do, and the hard part of that is WrestleMania isn't like the middle of the night; it's like one a.m. start time. <laughs> trying to stay awake. <laughs> so I did that yesterday. I did that? Did you get some chai today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, while my gardener was around, I got about four hours. So I watched the wrestling, and then I stayed up while uh, John and Way over at Post Wrestling were doing their bit. Yeah. And then I even called in for the first time ever and sort of appeared on on, on their show at the end of it. Wow. That's cool. yeah, yeah. And they were they were good enough at the end to go and listen to best film ever. And I was oh, like, oh thanks, boys. Oh nice. Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. that. Okay, so he's just kind of the audio. He'll be with us in a moment, I hope. Hermes, how are we doing, buddy? Good. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you yeah, brilliantly. Hear you. So let's go ahead and just bring it. I'm not going to cut that. So we're. <laughs> are you not really? We're all in. No, we're, we are pleased to welcome Hermes <laughs> to the podcast. Hermes is, of course, who chose today's film. There will be blood. How you doing, Hermes? Good. How are you guys doing? I hope it was a festive or a, a contentious festive. conversation <laughs> thus far. Yes, yes, yes. Jeez. <laughs> Deck the halls with. I have Chocolate no idea. Oh, this is going so yeah. low. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, it was. Uh, it's definitely uh, much like Whiplash. I think it's created. Uh, you like to bring these ones, don't um, you? Distinct yes, reactions do, to it. I forget who it was who said in the Patreon group chat. I'm going to see if I can look it up. If it's not too. Um, I think it was Nate who said it. Uh, I want to think it was Richard. I could be wrong on oh, that. Oh, maybe. But it was. Uh, it was Richard, ha-ha, 
who said, <laughs> who said, I think you'll really like it, Ian. Georgia will not, and Liam will be confused. The protagonist of the film is doing something he wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. <laughs> um so uh we will get to yours in a bit i'm i want to start i'm going to try something out here hermes a little bit because we've had you on a few times and we've done the pleasantries before and i'm like who is the man behind the whiskey glass mike as much as we can find out in your uh enigmatic way so i've created the bfe questionnaire and so what we want to do is we're going to open by asking you some uh some quick little opinion-based questions which are basically questions and we don't even um, know what the questions are either no one else knows i'm yeah, taking not tell me. i'm taking this for a test drive today i do want You're to guinea pig. see here <laughs> so the goal here is kind of and no one else is going to weigh in with theirs it's not what we're doing it's what hermes no, is doing yeah, exactly so uh let's go with this we'll start here i, I stole this one right from the cold bear questionnaire i thought it was a great question so i'm stealing it favorite sandwich uh blt yeah good topic yeah follow-up question is a hot dog a sandwich no okay good lad uh if you're at starbucks or a coffee shop of similar ilk what is your go-to coffee order americano with cream Mm, what is that Uh, americano is a black coffee oh (laughs) why don't they just say black coffee because it's, it's also an Americano when you order at Costa in this country as well. Is it? Yes. It, it, it's got a, it's espresso and yeah. it's the type of bean and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do they do but, tea? But when I go, what, Starbucks? Yeah. Yeah, they can do tea. Oh, okay. Yep. Not well, but... Remember, do. this isn't yours. Again, this is like the protagonist <laughs> is not acting like you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry, Hermes. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. We, 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 can rea- we, can, we, can, we can react to his picks. That's fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> Hermes, dogs or cats? Both. Ooh. There's a civil war. <laughs> you have yeah. to sign up for one of them. Dogs or cats? Cats. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Cat people are the best. Yeah. Uh, toilet paper. It's not pro or con. It's, <laughs> it's, does it fold? Does it hang over oh. or does it hang behind? I'm judging over. you on this. Over. over. Good yeah. There's like no Good other luck. answer to that. <laughs> uh, I think I know this one, but you're at the pub or bar with friends of your choice. What is your drink of choice if you're on a night out? Uh, if it's a nice night out, I'm going to go with the scotch. I, I, but if it's a everyday night out and I'm going to be there for a while, maybe I'll go with a, a beer, maybe like an IPA or something. There Ooh, we go. Nice. Favorite swear word. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Fuck is so fucking versatile. I can fucking put it anywhere the fuck you like. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Favorite seasons. I mean, of the four major seasons that most most places have. Fall. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big, nice. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Posey season. Uh finish this. Not including engagement rings or things like that. The most I've spent on a single Christmas or birthday present is I'm giving you the price of that thing yep. that I bought. Yep. Uh, I don't need to know what it was. I just need to know how much how much it was. I'm including presents to myself in that, which is why I answered uh, that. Oh no, no, no. Oh, For someone no. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone else. Um 
Okay, probably twenty thousand somewhere around there. I still want to be your friend. Have we? Yeah, just just a bit small. Have we? (laughs) Did you choose this because this is your life story? Like, what have we? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, best classic video game. Take that that wording for whatever you mean. Classic video game has got to be the old school Donkey Kong with the with the Mario going up the ladders. Wow. So we're talking like radio school. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Pre pre Nintendo Entertainment System, yeah. Oh yeah, in the arcades, I wow. love those patterns that I, I'd probably spend fifty dollars, you know, and just at the time it was a nickel, I think, when I was going, it was like Nickel City, and I would spend all day there wow. learning those wow. patterns. Back when he was still Jumpman. Do you think you can still do it though? Oh, yeah, if you no, play I actually it. tried it. I, I frequent the arcades when I can, and you know, when I go bowling or yeah. you know, a pinball is another good one. But I tried frequent uh frequently that one and i just said no i don't have it anymore oh that's a shame (laughs) burger chain of choice in and out in and out in and out all the way have you ever had it yeah okay in um (laughs) vegas Vegas. yeah yeah yeah. i was in phoenix we didn't have any i didn't get that far west so um okay what's on that burger Ooh. Ooh, I love me that double double with extra cheese and the works. If you can, if if I'm really feeling hungry that day, then I'll go animal style and I'll get all the chili on the fries and all the extra sauces on the burger, all the extra uh, onions and uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a tasty book. <laughs> <laughs> that sure is a tasty burger. It's not a big Kahuna burger. <laughs> Mind if I have a vacations on your feet or on the beach feet feet so you walk that's my thing you're walking around discovering the place or you're sitting by the beach no no i can't sit okay m&m's plain or peanut peanut (sighs) yeah yeah Mm -hmm. not including people if you move to a different country the thing you'd miss the most is um it can't be pets either it's got to be like you know (laughs) So if I'm leaving this country that I'm currently in, I would assume, uh, then I'd miss the language. That was one thing I always, you know, uh, found when I lived abroad was a language barrier sometimes, but that's about it. Favorite comic book movie character? (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Spider-Man? Okay. I would say I always go back to him. Favorite potato chip flavor? What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, uh, salt and vinegar. Yeah, me too. Good lad. The key sporting memory of my childhood is it could be either something you remember happening as far as like on the TV or something that you did yourself. Uh, I worked really hard at sports when I was in um, when I was in high school. So whatever the equivalent to that would be, you have 15, 16, 17 years. And um, I won the entire state uh, title for my division in my area in sprints. It wow. took me three and a half, four years to get to that level and a lot of hard work. And I was really proud of, of doing that. So it took you a long time to learn how to run a short distance. <laughs> a long time <laughs> for my body to develop. <laughs> <laughs> but all the other little things that go into it, you know, the yeah. strength training, the speed <laughs> training, the agility training. I, I, I like the dig, Ian, but I mean, it's not a bad one. <laughs> it's not a bad one. It's, not, it's been a while since I ran that fast after anything. Uh, favorite current TV show? Ooh. Um, last of Us was pretty good. I, I mean, it's just finished, but I know season two will be 
they, they've announced that season two will happen. So that counts, right? As a current. What, what was this? Show? You said last, La- the last of us. Oh, okay. Last of us. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. I just don't want you to go back to like, you know, cheers or something like that. I love cheers. <laughs> final one. One song I'd like played at my funeral. Oh, good, good, good question. Mm. Um, that's a good one. It is. Um, if I'm going to go with a more mainstream one that probably anybody can recognize around the table, something Pink Floyd, probably <sighs> Mother. I, I love you, Mother dude. would be a good one. <laughs> there we are. I'm a Pink Floyd fan. Thanks for being our little guinea pig on that one. I might try some <laughs> yeah. stuff on that, but yeah, it was uh, definitely worth it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I thought it would just be a way to get to know. We've had you on a few times and just be, what's something we do? What are a couple things we, we don't know? That's kind of, but it's also things that people are easy to access and go, that's like me, or oh no, that's not like me. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Cat power. Cat power. <laughs> We've learned that. Pink Floyd power. Peanut M&Ms. Georgia would be <laughs> pro-cat. Well, oh, she's more a dog person, though. She's but more a dog person. She's more a dog person, she's the and she hates peanut M&Ms. <laughs> mm. so. It's all right, Georgia. The M&M. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. In America, they've got like 55 different flavors, dude. (laughs) I tried to keep it simple. Um, So on that note, uh, let's go ahead and say, why did you choose this movie, buddy? Ooh, well, once you uh, shot down most of my, I, for whatever reason, I had the wrong criteria in my head when I reached out to you and I was like, yeah, isn't it like 70% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever? And you're like, nope, it's got to be 80. I was like, darn it. So my list. Unless you want to use your wild card. A bit. <laughs> I didn't want to use it just yet. Either. Yeah. So, so um, my list got shorter and this one is in the is on a lot of lists. A lot of people will speak highly of this, myself included. And when I first. When I first saw it, it was one of those, um, I hadn't heard about it. I didn't know about it, similar to our conversation, Ian. And the person who recommended it to me just really wanted me to see it, you know, and I trusted him. So I was like, okay. So we sat down, had a whiskey, and within that opening, what, 15 to 30 minutes of, of no dialogue, of just the score and the, you know, the scene, the, the sounds of each scene. And then just the, you know, Delu- just, yeah, Daniel acting his, his, um, his usual self. I was, I was, ca- I was just caught. I couldn't, I couldn't look away. And it had that steady uneasiness from the very first note of the score that sort of got me interested as well of where is this, what exactly is happening here? Is this a horror movie or a thriller movie? What, do, what is this? And it kept changing and it kept, keeping me there and kept catching me in new ways that in i I can't remember the runtime but i two hours two hours plus it didn't it flew by i didn't even think about it and next thing i knew i was sitting there having a conversation with my friend of like why did you show me this why did you know i was gonna like this how did you know it was it was amazing i'll stand by the sort of concept about uh i found the runtime did fly by i i i wasn't looking at the clock too much on this one um Although, two, and half, two and a half, isn't it? Although I was watching two, no, it's more than two twenty. It's closer to two, closer to two forty. Yeah. Oh, is it? Wow. Um, I will say this: I uh, found one of our uh, our TV networks here in the state, in the states, in the UK. Here, Hermes uh, had it playing for free, but it meant you had to sit through all these commercial breaks, and there was a fair number of them. Oh. So I did manage to get up and sort of go, "Wow, I need to put some things in the recycling bin. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go do that for for two to three minutes, and then I'll come back." When it was was like Candy Crush sponsors movies on ITV. I was like, oh, it's time to come back. Excellent. (laughs) So um, there's that. Did that take you away, though, Ian, at all? Yeah, that was the thing. I did write down in my thing. There's a a level of engagement and immersion that I think by almost compartmentalizing it into these episodes – 
um, it was something. I don't know if it was any more than it usually would be as I'm writing stuff down, uh, as I'm typing, because I think that that pre- that process in and of itself creates a bit of uh, of ripping someone from their immersion. But no, I can I totally see that point on board. Times I'd be really sucked in, and we go, oh, oh, okay. And it was like this little this little moment. Um, if it, I did say if it had been if I hadn't watched it by myself, I would have actually ponied up the coin and uh, taken a look at it um, on Prime or something like that. So. I don't think it had a negative impact, but it didn't. It definitely didn't have a positive impact as a result of it. It was that bit where you kind of lose that bit where you, you turn around and all of a sudden, wow, 45 minutes have gone by. It was like, okay, that's another 18 minutes. That's another 18 minutes. Yeah. 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 And sometimes sure. that's at crucial points. Uh, I didn't find at any point it was like right in the middle of like. A speech or anything. No, no, no. no. Like, right. They were always for a scene to end. But, uh,. Yeah, but is it the right scene for it to end? I don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> All of it, I think because of how well done the film is, I imagine anything that's taking away from the filmmaker's main uh, objective or their, you know, their what they originally created for you to experience, anything that's going to take away from that is going to be at a detriment, I think. Well, what's interesting is that it was giving me an opportunity, though, to actively weigh through what I was watching. So mm-hmm. I was able to consider... In a way that you wouldn't if you didn't have these breaks because you'd be constantly just keeping track of, okay, what, what what's occurring now? Yeah. As opposed to I was going, okay, so why are they doing this? And so I did try to keep my mind more or less on the film itself while I was rushing around, you know, make myself a cup of tea, which is quite nice, actually. Mm. It's not when Liam has to get up and go to the bathroom nine times during a film. I mean, <laughs> these things these things do occur. The worst one I ever saw in a film, I watched Empire Strikes Back on like ITV, and this is like over 10 years ago. They cut to the ads, like, maybe a couple seconds after he did the I am your father thing, and then it just stopped and went to the commercials, and it's the weirdest thing to pause on. First off, spoilers. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, it's not your first viewing, though. Yeah, but if it is, like... <laughs> yeah, that's the question. It's a question Some poor six-year-old who's like... It's, it's a question I'm going to have to ask myself when we do future things, is if it, if it comes in this sort of nature, is that something that I necessarily want to want to hang on to it? Do I try and preserve as close to as I can the theater experience? Mm. I don't know. I mean, if I wanted a true theater movie-going experience, I'd ask Liam to come around and fall asleep for three quarters of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, did that for, I did that for Bullet Train. Yeah. I heard the movie went by like that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw the last 15 minutes. <laughs> I was well confused. Um... I'm trying to, I did have a theory because there's a, a bit where the, um, there's when HW's father dies and, um, Daniel does like the, the heist of the century by stealing a baby. He just walks away. <laughs> he just walks away. He gives the child like whiskey in a, uh, whiskey in, a bowl. in a bottle for a baby bottle. Was this when you fell in love with this film? Was that your sort of, are you like this? I can feel this as far as my own upbringing. Like, what? <laughs> I, well, you're not too far off. I can tell you that. Um, Ian is, you know, uh, I love my parents. I love my grandparents. And they were just old school. And one thing, you know, I don't know how many of your uh, parents or grandparents or you heard of them doing this was the, you know, put like a little rum or whiskey on the baby um, binky. You know, let it, it helps him go to sleep, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I was if they were dousing my milk with whiskey <laughs> when I was a baby, but uh, I did see this with uh, some of my uh, family members, and you know, 
or or like some advice was given, you know, to some family members when their kid was, you know, having trouble sleeping or whatever. So I did connect with it in that way, just in a f- funny, I don't know, sense of I, I had a note when I was rewatching it of like the the um the transportation it takes, you know, that takes place when you're watching this film. You immediately are you immediately buy into the time frame that it's set in, right? And you and that's like a good example of it. There's a couple other examples of it as we you know, go on even stealing the child. I don't think he had to fill out paperwork for that adoption process. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just like, he's going to be all right with uh, Daniel day Lewis, you know, bringing him up. I think maybe not the best in that he's kind of a cutthroat, but he's got plenty of money. So he, he won't go hungry, you know, in that kind of a, in that cer- certainly in that time frame. So yeah, I don't know. It was, it, it certainly transported me pretty quickly to that time frame, And yeah, it did it really well. I thought. Hmm. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. The cogs are turning. Um, where was your read? At what point did you start to abandon hope that Daniel was a character we needed to sort of root for <laughs> and get behind? Uh, I think. Like, at what point did you realize that he's not? This isn't some lovable rogue. It's it's a bit more. Um, sinister is not even the right word, yeah. but yeah, it's a bit more selfish in that at the very least yeah that that's a good question i i've heard this i've heard this brought up in conversation before i i don't i don't know if there is like a specific scene i mean he does progressively worse and worse things as the movie goes on but i, I mean looking at the very beginning i would say i was rooting for him you see his hard work you see it paying off. You see it getting bigger, mm-hmm. and then you see him. Uh, may, maybe the idea of manipulation starts to become more and more uh, pronounced as he goes from one to the very first time he does his little speech, and the town doesn't quite buy it. There's bickering, and he just leaves. You could tell that there's obviously he was trying to do a speech to sell. You know, he's a salesman kind of a guy, mm-hmm. and it didn't quite work. So he was like, "Yeah, screw it. I have enough money." And then he tries almost the same speech again, and it definitely goes over better and i don't know maybe that was a transitional period for me where maybe this was a little manipulative or maybe he has the capacity to manipulate that was kind of uneasy i don't know i think the film builds pretty slowly and and at the correct speed it needs to for you to (laughs) go onto that journey of hating hating that character by the end um another question we talked about i'll get your vote on this yeah liam and i disagreed i know shock um <laughs> just a little side point so the character of henry um who you know presents himself as, as as a fake brother and then has to uh fill out sort of his backstory in order to uh corroborate justify validate his claim of brotherhood um this going to sound almost like a pedantic thing, but I'm going to go down this road. Why not? <laughs> he mentions that he did time building roads, things like that. Are you under the, I won't say which side did which. Are you under the premise that everything he said was information from the diary? Or do we think there's actual personal versions of his own story? He's weaving in there for authenticity's sake the latter you're on team liam yeah see hmm. 
There's a surprise. Hermes is wrong again. <laughs> Hermes is spot on. Uh, nice one, dude. Well, I can I can back this up. I did think about it this last time, and and I always got that impression. And even looking at certain things he does and says, um, I think supports it further that he was the guy who, befri- as he said, befriended his, um, Daniel's brother. Assuming that is all correct and that diary is legit, all that good stuff, right? Yep. Uh, he befriended the brother probably in a similar time that the brother was sharing either whether it was in jail or whether it was during the hard labor that he was describing. He was probably one of those, you know, one of those people that was also in the bad time. So just because he just because his brother also did time and maybe that was part of his diary doesn't necessarily mean that this Henry character didn't also do that and therefore is authentically speaking on the experience of that time together. He then stole the identity and then maybe stole, you know, the letters from the sister and then little details about home, that kind of a thing. But I, I do think he probably had a bunch of overlap with his brother. You know, Henry Henry's character probably did have some overlap. I have seen Mad because he okay has because he has to believe it, doesn't he? Daniel has to believe what's going on, and he he don't suffer fools gladly, does he? Yeah. So I think that's why. <laughs> yeah, I think I could use the same logic behind my 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 stance, though. Well, no, I'm just saying by putting that element of truth in there, woven into the 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 parts that he doesn't really know that well, makes it sound authentic. You can. You can, you can make someone once said to me if you want to lie the best way you can which I can't I'm rubbish at it but you know always say like something happened on a Monday they said if you did it on a Tuesday recall that memory from the Tuesday that way you're telling a truth it wasn't the Monday but you're telling a truth on the Tuesday but you're recalling something that you've done hmm. well Ethan, when you make excuses for why you can't come on the pod, where do you find your stories from? <laughs> you just had to throw them under, didn't you? I'm just saying that Trauma. to make things sound believable, you have to have an element of truth there. You can't have a complete a story that you've just memorized. Would he from... have been worried about coming across as completely truthful, though, do you think? Well, that if he, first if instance... he believes he's his brother, then well, yeah, because it doesn't he matter said, if there's a few lies in there. No, because he said, I read about you. Through your oil, through you discovering oil, so you've got money. So how many other people would come to him? With That's a his false, brother's story. With a false story, the, the, yeah. Because we find out later, his brother told him about him and his success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he didn't tell him that at the beginning. What? Because he's trying to be his brother. He's trying to be his brother. So this, his brother's story yeah. is: I read about you. So when he says, "I read about you," yeah, but Henry if, didn't read about him. Yeah, but say you win the lottery. And then somebody comes up to you. Couldn't we just keep it on the on the, on the topic? No, and, yeah, and, but I'm just saying, story? somebody comes to you and they go, oh, I hear you won the lottery. I'm your brother. You have to have an element of truth there because automatically you're going... But he's got the diary as evidence, hasn't he? Yeah. Mm. I think it's just that overlap. I think it, it, both can be true. Uh, I, we could argue which is more true, but I, I, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, right? I think right? we are. <laughs> <laughs> that means you always create drama. <laughs> I love it. That's why I bring it. I love it. This is the podcast WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There Smack will be blood. Down. We told you right yeah. at the start. There's a ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> I think the overlap is is what we're all getting at, and that's what the story like points out is the most important thing, right? Yeah. And when and when it ultimately proves false, and and Daniel finds that it's false, and we see the consequences of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Something else we were kicking about. 
um, as we try to, you know, destroy the relationships in the pod one, one, one by one, <laughs> is uh, we were talking about the end of the movie and when Eli renounces his faith, uh, presents himself as a charlatan, a false prophet, and says God is a superstition. Is he revealing what he's not told anybody and is just always what he believes in his heart to be true? Or is he um, demonstrating... Or or is or is that the lie? I guess I suppose is, is he revealing what he always has believed in his, in his heart to be true, or is I don't believe in God the lie? I think I think he is. I think he's um, so weakened and broken down that he's ready to accept that what he's been living, the life he's been living, probably is false. Probably is a lie. He probably believed it very thoroughly up to a certain point, but. Now with the beatdowns that he's gotten and the failures as he describes them have have weakened him and probably weakened his faith up to the point now that Daniel's right there in his face aggressively confronting him about it, it's finally broken him and he can he can actually take the action to say no, it probably you know, yes, it's a superstition, yes, it's false prophet, yeah, you know, in order mm. to hopefully get what he wants in the end. And it, you know, his his weakness he hopes stays between him and Daniel, but you've chosen option three, <laughs> yeah. which wasn't presented to you as an option. No, that was definitely an option. <laughs> if if the listeners could see, there was a point where I was like, yeah, I was nodding my head, and then at the halfway point, I went, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a difference. I think the false prophet. False prophet means um, you're purposely leading people astray. You're selling yes. them. You're selling them a bill of goods. So he can't become a false prophet in that moment. He can he can have a crisis of faith. Daniel f- is also a false prophet in the sense, is, isn't he? Because he's selling falsities in oh, some I mean, regard. The, the mirroring between yeah. these two characters is, is extraordinary. They both use their language to sort of manipulate groups of people to do, how, depending on how cynical you want to get, to sort of further individual glory or finances yeah. on different scales. But, 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 but absolutely. Um, you know, I, I thought the choice of language, as we said a while ago, where he says he's going to suck the arthritis out of that old woman's hands. I mean, that's that's just a drooly metaphor, written, written as, you, as you will, and then throws it outside the church. It was some excellent cinematography. But he knew that he was telling a lie there. I, I oh, also no. think he did. No, I think he did as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, who knew? Who knew? Eli? Eli, yeah. Eli believes this, I believe. No, he, no. He, no. He, he believes he could do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, he believes he can convince them. Yes. That it, you know yeah. that it can work. Your, or that okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Three against one. No, challenge accepted. <laughs> challenge accepted. Something I have to do in this little podcast. Go. Where's your proof? <laughs> My proof of why I think that. Yeah. The only thing he really cared about from day one when when Daniel was coming into the town was recruitment. He only wanted to, and even there was, there was a brief converse, not even a conversation, but just like a tit for tat where, you know, he's like, well, they need to be rested. And he's like, well, in order to rest, they need to drink. And he's like, well, if they're losing their faith and they're not going to be very productive, that it was just like a quick back and forth. And all Eli does is stand outside, um, the uh, opening of the wells, like passing out pamphlets, like here we're the first or the fourth or whatever revelation of, you know, Jesus. That's all he cares about is his congregation's numbers, and it seems pretty clear that he's kind of vain with it, especially in the last scene where he's got a completely different wardrobe. He wants to seem successful. He wants to have a big shiny cross. You know, I think part of that 
display in that uh, acting uh, persona that he's that he puts out is is a uh, giving people that faith and belief. If he gives this show of even entertainment to the old lady and her arthritis, she doesn't even have to believe her arthritis will be cured that day or tomorrow. She just has to get that um, that group experience that church provides, and that's all he is ever providing. I don't think he's believing he's a you know um, a healer. If he did, I, I don't think it, you know. I doubt he would have uh, ended up where he ended up. Okay, so let me come back at you with um, not interpretation, but with actual moments from the film, if I may. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we have a. This mode. is a catty episode. No, 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 it's all good. Um, so the bit at the end where he's meant, he's forced to shout out, "I'm a false prophet," and it's 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 all superstition, which is just as. My, my thesis, and I'll get to my proof in a second, I think, is that this is just as fraudulent as Daniel's claims that he does want to be saved and does want to be bathed in the blood of a lamb and all the other things he shouts out about abandoning his child. Mm, and then, right. so so if a jig is up, if a jig is up and he's actually just confessed his deepest, darkest secret, then surely you would, to, to, to steal a term that Daniel uses throughout, you would speak plainly after that. Mm-hmm. But he continues to talk about how he has sin in his heart and how he has been corrupted in ways that he never even envisioned. I interpret there's actual real sorrow for the state of his soul in there. Now, if you're a false prophet and you believe his whole thing's just just a rigmarole, you might be upset that your finances are in, are in a hell of a state. But in order to have a crisis of faith, which is I, I, my interpretation of what's happening, surely one has to have faith to have a crisis of faith. If you think the whole thing is a scam, then you don't have it. And if you just confessed your deepest, darkest secret, you wouldn't continue the charade after the fact. Can you still have some faith, though, but still believe you are a false prophet? Because he has been he has been involved in that charade, but he yeah. might still have a bit of faith himself. I think there is he's faith been there. pivotal in, you know, what he's done to get, but his, all the getting, get his way. You know, the arthritis, that's all just showmanship that's just it's all entertainment well, that's, to get people but if they were both on the same side and they were going yeah it's a show yeah it's a show it's it's, it's not a fun movie the whole point is that they're that they're opposites to each other but so, but don't you think that uh daniel because you said um if he's confessing this like innermost truth uh eli at the end here yeah. is that not what daniel does as well it wasn't just show that daniel was providing in his little speech oh it was he- absolutely a show he abandoned his child and he actually it's not even his child dude but he did abandon him he still raised it he still raised him he still and you can even see the conflict when he leaves him on the train he's trying to ignore him he's trying to let go he's trying to be that guy that cutthroat and only be about business exactly he was hurt by leaving him oh absolutely me he's sitting there (laughs) (laughs) no because he needs he's just upping it to how high do i have to go in order to because i can't get the land for my pipeline unless you buy my performance absolutely so what do you want me to say to the point where he goes like halfway through like what noise do i need to manifest Mm -hmm. i think it's one million percent a performance but just like the lie that Liam was um, outlining there, that there's got to be a little bit of truth there. You have. To, Why does there have to be a little bit of truth? It's not believable to the, and you just you just He's, said it needs to be believable. Hang on to though. The hang on though. Hang on though. Hang on though. <laughs> you can't be out outlying all the it's, time. It's, it's no, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> He's been there. 
He has seen the show. He knows what they want to see and what they want to hear to a degree that even when it's over, it's, um, it's Eli who has to say, all right, all right, that's enough. Let him find his faith in his own way. Cause I think he sussed on this as a performance. Cause there is that line that we, we never get to find out what it is. We never hear what and he I says. don't want to, because we'll just both project our own thoughts onto it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he clearly said this is all just a show so I can get the land. No. Um, I think he, he probably does have a bit of feeling when he has to say that he abandoned his son. Because right, I know this is right at the beginning, but there's those shots where the baby's right next to him on the carriage and mm-hmm. there's a little bit of bonding there. Um, I know later on he's, you know, not the best dad in the world. I think that part of that for us, though, as well. You also said about those flashbacks as well, don't they? Like later on near the end where it's like, look at him playing with the kid. Bit rough, but he's still playing with the kid. I can't remember if where that is right at the end, but I just remember those flashbacks. And even when the kid comes back and he starts punching him in the field, he holds him and holds him like he's hugging him rather than pushing him away. You know, mm. I think he, like you said, which I never thought about, but you said about the impotenceness of him not being able to bear children. Um, he miss having the family. I think deep down he resents it because he hasn't got it. And he sees an element where he can possibly have it. And then it all turns sour. Mm-hmm. He says he wants no one else to succeed. And part of him succeeding is succeeding over everybody else. And that's a very base, basic primal situation. Uh, like yeah, experience, I guess, is to bear children, right? Yeah. So he lost in that sense. I mean, and to Ian's point in the congregation, it, uh, yes, it's a performance, but is he that good of an actor? Does he think, does Daniel think he's as good an actor as Eli is? He's a great actor. Daniel Every, this Day is just, Lewis is, not Daniel no, Plainview. No, 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 no <laughs> yeah. Daniel Plainview is, because Daniel Plainview, what is a sales pitch if not an act? He, what? But he fails it other times. Hang on, I'm doing the talking. <laughs> go on, Hermes, go on, boy. <laughs> Let's go back to that thing he says where he goes up to the people in Little Boston and, says, and says, education. Ding, ding. He says, education. And he says, I'll get you bread. So he's picked up. What do they need to hear? What do they most want to hear? I'm going to tell them exactly that. Then he goes to the church. The same rules apply. It's a different method. But what do they need to hear? What do they want to hear? I'll give them that. He's seen how, how you win this before. So why doesn't he say it out loud straight away? Why does he have to be shown up more by Eli? Honestly, honestly, I can give you an answer for this. You're not going to like it. Probably. <laughs> it's for us. Hmm. We need to see it's inauthentic. Because if he goes in there and he just rattles it off first time, then we think, actually, okay, he's he, he is... He has decided he wants to go down this road. So which either means we have to have a conversation afterwards. He goes, <laughs> that well, I was just kidding there. At which point then all the slapping and the hair pulling and stuff actually makes Eli come off like a real ass. I thought it Whereas right now, I think I like him. Tension building because it, it builds in tension, doesn't it? As it mm-hmm. gets, the volume gets higher and the emotions get higher and higher and higher. If it was just like one big, I abandoned my son and that wouldn't mm, have the yeah. same effect with it. So I do agree that yeah. partly that is for the viewer and well, it builds up the emotion, doesn't it, and makes it more dramatic. Yep. I still so, think I, there's honesty in there. He he wants a family. I think there's a degree of it. He wants a son. He wants a partner. He wants this. He wants that. He, he, he wants that brother. He wants that family life. He refers to that family. Bastard in a basket. 
But that's I when he's think... lost everything, and he's decided that he's... True. It, it, it is the one time we hear him speak explicitly on the subject. If when the son came back at the end and hadn't told him that he was going to start his own company, would his reaction have been... Because it's partner as well, isn't it? It's yeah. half of his stuff. He's now a competitor. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and there's a thing, like, what degree do you have... I think if he didn't say that, he never would have told him the truth. No. Now, the question that Megs asks is, does that feeling of betrayal, is that what drives him to share what his feelings always were? Mm. Or does it reveal what can I say that will most hurt you at this time? I think that's the lesson. Or is it a bit of both? And we don't know. Yeah. I'd I like to know. A, um, I, was, I think Daniel views HW in the same way that some people view a, a very useful dog. Throughout like, the whole movie, Ethan? Yeah, just sort of like... Okay, you're useful for me for here, but this is because, like, you are just... Did you say just, dog? Yes. Like, dispose... I mean, I, I don't yeah, like, disagree with that. Necessarily. Oh, yeah. Okay, I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what happens if um, the son hadn't got deaf through injury? Mm. How do you think that would have planned that paid out? Or played out. I would have played out differently because he would have still had. If anything, he's got a succession plan because he was obviously building him up to do the same job in his stead. He was telling him, "Here's what you say. Here's why I'm going to say it." Da 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 da. So at some point, he has to let go of the company. At some point, we're getting into multi. At some point, now. the kid can <laughs> control the company, but he don't like people controlling the country. Com- company. He don't want people to control. But he's not a competitor. He's a, he he he's a partner. Mm. Yeah, and if I can train you to do the job my way, then you can be out there doing it. Because the, by the time it's over, someone else is running the company for him anyway. He's obviously just staying in his house. But then so, what's he going to do? Then it's like <laughs> Plainworth and Son, Plainview and Sons, and it's like look at this generational company that me and my boy have created, and he will blah 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 blah. So it's like if if HW doesn't have his accident. It's easier commercially for him to go, see, here's our dynasty. And the ego can be, I took a kid who was yeah. just collateral damage, and I turned him I turned him into and used him to acquire and obtain all this stuff. But that hate must come from somewhere. So I reckon he wanted to be loved. Well, it's also, well who wanted to be loved? Uh, Daniel. No, he doesn't want to be loved. At some point, he did, and he's he not, No, because this is the part where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive you a bit crazy. I'm going to go, he's not you. He doesn't want to be loved. He wants to win. But he did want Henry's companionship. Yeah. When he thought it was his brother, he did And he, see, was, he, did, he did embrace it. Reverse he, reverse back to you. Henry's embracing only happens once we find out that age W is of no use to him. He needs the, 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 the narrative of a family business. Oh, okay, mm. fair point. Hey, I get one each episode we get Hermes on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for the discussion, Ian. I love it. And that's yeah, me the too. nuance of this film. It could go so many different ways. And that's what I've read thus far. I'm ready to change how how it should be read. Because know? I believe this thing's a symbol for we've talked about it already. It's a symbol it's a symbol for capitalism. And capitalism isn't about so the danger becomes then characters become representations of things, and therefore we can't the humanity of the characters becomes somewhat sketchy as a result. Because capitalism doesn't want to be loved. Capitalism just wants to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the point where at the end he turns on him and he goes, "How can I hurt you the worst way you can?" Because in that his eyes, he's I, whether or not he is competition, that's how he sees him. And the son says, "I would rather have you as a father." That's the love we're talking about. Because if love was on the table, it's there. Yeah, and he actually rejects that. 
And when would you probably want that love most? When you're old and by yourself. Mm. Okay. What? I don't I mean, know. For, I see you look defeated. I'm not trying to be like, haha, I've won. It's just this you've is. You've got a big smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, even when it, I think even when it was three on one, I had a big smile on my face. <laughs> no, you had fight in your eyes. <laughs> I enjoy. Maybe I had a, maybe a smile on my heart. I enjoy the fight. Um, I enjoy the sparring. I enjoy the conversation. I enjoy being able to go. <clears throat> I enjoy being able to go. Didn't think of it that way. Well, I didn't see the impotence side of things. I didn't. Well, the impotence. My theory was that he was he was asexual, so he was with, without sex. So the impotence isn't that far removed from it. <clears throat> okay, is that just your inference, or is there actually every, any evidence? My in inference the- is the is the asexuality. <laughs> yeah. The impotence. They shot scenes and cut them. Oh right. Okay. So there is. Yes, there was a, he was, there's a line where he says, pardon the bluntness of it, but it's the character where he, apparently he tells Henry, my cock doesn't work right. Oh, okay. And so he, but that was, that was cut. So it becomes, it's canon, but it's not, sorry, it's not canon, but you can see the fingerprints of it over the rest of the movie still. Yeah. 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 So maybe they thought it wasn't actually needed because his focus isn't on women anyway. So I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know. They felt they didn't need to put that in to show it. Maybe. 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 I like extra details personally. I would have, I would have preferred to have heard it and seen it. Yeah, there's supposed to be a scene when they're in the. Um, I don't know. It's just a, a, is that they're just in the a girls? room with the girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and right, he's right, supposed to he's supposed to perform oral sex on one of the girls and then walk away because they can't reciprocate because it doesn't work right. Yeah, and he wouldn't get anything out of it. So you could talk about, you know, he's not able to be successful in this, as opposed to all the other things he is able to be successful with. Also, it's another case where he can't ever actually even experience a hopefully mutually beneficial experience. Everything's got to be tiered. Everything's got to be, you know, um, someone's winning, someone's losing. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zero sum or whatever. I don't know what the reference is there, my good sir. What do you mean? Zero sum game. Basically, everything is competition, and it's either exclusively beneficial to both parties or, or to neither. Yeah, I think that's a kind of a a good way to put it. Hmm. Yeah, would have allowed me a few more drilling puns throughout the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and hit this button. We're in the end game now. I think I misled people earlier. I'm part of the gig about being a BFF at the BFEs. You get to come on and you get to do the random word. And Hermes, we know you love the game. <laughs> um, surely we can do better than what Stu came up with last week. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, oil in Russia, there is quite, there's a connection I could make there. <laughs> um, let me think here. I, I don't want to go for the easy one of oil. So. <laughs> uh let's let's do something a little further um uh deaf deafness <laughs> we'll go with there deaf so that's, that's, D- that's what D- you're gonna choose e- a- a- deaf. Correct. okay deafness Correct. all right there we are uh sorry well i didn't hear that. that'll be <laughs> that'll be interesting to do in a visual format <laughs> <laughs> if anything appropriate it'll be <laughs> uh that's true because you can't hear a gif so there we are um so that is that uh let's start off with the money 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 25 million dollar budget what does this sucker take home let's start with ethan uh, i'm thinking 75 liam i'm thinking a bit lower 65 megan 
79. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Herbie's. I'll go between Ethan and Liam with 70. Wow, you're all really close. <laughs> um, I mean, Ethan, I mean, Ethan's got a reputation of being, you know, spot on. So close that, you know, you can accuse him of cheating. <laughs> I'm not going to say that he gets 75 and it's 76 means that he's oh. cheating. <laughs> I was just thinking, because, like, last last time I was in, I, I, like, I highballed so much. You did, you did. Yeah. Or th- yeah. what does that sound like? Stupid, like three hundred or four hundred million. I I think because it's like a it's a small Oscar. I, I think I'm assuming it's like an Oscar-y type movie. So like, it's it's a PTA film. Like they don't make gangbusters. I was going to be honest. I was going to say seventy five, but because Ethan said it, I had to go somewhere else. This is the most financially successful of all Paul Thomas Anderson's films. Really? Yeah. Oh. I thought Phantom Thread made more. <laughs> Sorry, which one? <laughs> I looked at them all today. So, uh, yeah. um, there we are. Uh, Ethan made the assumption that it was Oscar-y kind of movie. It got eight nominations. Huh. Uh, anyone want to have a guess at what it might have come up for? Screenplay. Best adapted screenplay is one of them. Actor. Best actor is one of the nominations. Best supporting actor. No. Oh, oh I thought yeah. Eli did not get best support. Paul Dano did not get any yeah, nominations right. for this. He should have done. That's Criminal. a crime. I think, we might, I, think, I, th- I think we might need to uh, re-examine what we think crimes are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, Will I'm, Smith I'm, slapping I'm, someone? Yes. <laughs> Agreed. So crimes can happen at the Oscars. But he didn't, he didn't pull his hair. <laughs> didn't pull his hair. No, no, no. no. And try and drown him in water. It's different if you're trying to convert their soul. Uh, <laughs> so that's two. Anything else? Cinematography's got to be one of those. Cinematography was the nomination. Oh, yeah. score. I'm assuming it's got to be score, right? Score was not one. No. Sound editing was one. I'll give yeah. you that. I'm having a terrible time. Editing in general? Uh, film editing, yep. Very yep. good. Is best director? Like director's up there. Yeah. How many have we got left? One, and two. For that, and, and best picture. Film, best picture's picture, yeah. one, yep. Oh, and the last one, is. last one's visual. Oh, okay. That's not an award. Oh. I'm giving you a clue. <laughs> <laughs> costumes? Huh? Costumes? Uh, not yeah, costumes. Best effects? Am I- no, no, not Close? best effects. Art direction. Best oh, mustache. Okay. So, what of a set and set design, basically, right? So, of those eight, it wins two. Anyone want to go with that? Actor. Actor, that I one? know that one. Daniel Day Lewis wins for best yeah. actor. Mm. Is that two he's got then? Yeah, he has three? Didn't he win one for My Left Foot? Yes. This and. Does he win for Gangs of New York? He, oh, no, Lincoln. He wins for Lincoln. Lincoln, that's it. Lincoln, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one. <sighs> Best cinematography. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Okay. Cinematography yeah. was excellent. The it whole was, film. it was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, very well done. Who would you cast as who? Another small cast. Like, there's lots of people, but characters of note, there's not no many. There's no old crone for me to play this time, Ian, so who am I going to play? You could, no, 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 you could. You've got range. You could play, <laughs> who's the, who's the old guy who sells him his land? What? Oh, Bandy. 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 You could be Bandy. I'll, I'll be Bandy. There you okay, go. he's cool. <laughs> Ethan would be Eli. I like how I'm not even offered the only girl part. I'm too odd for her. Ethan would be Eli. Yeah, I think he I'm would. I'm okay being Eli. I'm, I'm, I'm discovering more of my spirituality recently. So that's, that, that works for me. You would be. Maybe, maybe he could be Paul. <laughs> maybe not Eli maybe, after maybe. all. You'd be oh. Daniel for sure. You think so? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Doesn't mean I am him. Means I can play him. <laughs> I enjoy playing a villain. I really yeah, do. You do. Yeah. I really do. Oh, who are you going to be then? 
You could be Prospector on the left. You could be Fletcher. <laughs> I like yeah. him. Yeah, the sort of like the, the number two does the dirty work and just looks stoic. Yeah. Doesn't say much, but you've had practice of that recently. <laughs> Wait, no. If I'm, if I'm Eli, that gives you the ability to just beat the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, it does give me. Yeah, I get to yeah, be all the more yeah. reason. You get gonna to be. kill me, <laughs> and we find out we're 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 more alike than we yeah. care to mention. Yeah. <laughs> Life imitates art. Uh, Hermes, in his uh, ambiguous kind of identity, we could make him. He could be uh, Standard Oil. Standard Oil. There we are. <laughs> I'll take it. There I'll take it. Um, did this film have a villain problem? Oh, no. I wouldn't say a problem. No. Because the, the well, the main, the protagonist mm. is the villain, sort of. Yeah. There's a couple of villains, isn't there? But I wouldn't say it's a problem because it's what the film is. Too many villains spoil a film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's the only one of merit. Where do people, I mean, I, I quite, see, I don't know what it is. I really quite like, I don't, let me rephrase that. I don't view eli is a villain no i do really he's so antagonistic from from start to finish eli bargained on behalf of his father Uh, was promised money then asked for that money which which what he was promised yeah he was we were promised this money he's then assaulted at which point he doesn't do anything about it waits till he comes to his church I think it's all payback. <laughs> uh, not, uh, no, I, I don't think it's even that because I, I would agree. I would sympathize in those instances, but he's so, he, you know, when he when he approaches him, he said, "What, you know, um, I I want to do this blessing." He doesn't ask to do the blessing. He said, "I will bless." Oh, first, you go there. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Go ahead and go ahead and introduce me as you know. He he's just so antagonistic to him, and he's really no one at that point in time. And then he, and then he's so uh, offended when that doesn't happen, and and Daniel, you know, uh, grabs his sister and and basically cold shoulders him, and then it just progresses from there. He's he's such an antagonist the whole the whole film. R- R- I have a question for you. I have a question as well too. You, you go first. <laughs> so Hermes, when you first watched this, did you know that Paul and Eli were two different people in the film, but the same guy playing them? I knew it was the same actor, but I immediately, I mean, they were called Paul and Eli pretty sussed out pretty quickly. But well, I didn't know whether he, because I got, I got confused because I thought he was he doing was, a con. Yeah. You're, oh, so you're saying he was pretending to be Paul so that he could get paid as Paul and then. Yeah. But I mean, well, I, I, that doesn't, why would he do it though? Why would he go back as Eli to get paid twice? Well, that's when I realized that, you know, <laughs> there's two different people here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but well, even Paul was like my brother Eli and then it shows Eli and I was like okay they're twins yeah 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 mm. but to start with I was like hang on a minute I'm confused that's like two different people but that's the same guy can you imagine I how Georgia would have handled this film? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I was confused she'd have no no hope maybe we, maybe we all got to live in her shoes for a bit today <laughs> yeah. um oh I had oh here it is yeah. I was gonna say don't forget your question <laughs> Is there an argument to be made that if you'd let him bless the bloomin' Derek, none of this would have happened? I do wonder. Oh, yeah. Someone dies and the whole thing blows up? Yeah. That sounds like a Derek that could have used a blessing. Then that's... And if he... Is sorry, he, Mix. Well, 
But that would go against a whole argument of him losing his religion towards the end. Cause oh, it's not the movie we're being told, but I'm just putting myself in the universe, yeah. Again, we're, we're doing multiverses now. We're doing different... We're doing, <laughs> well, we're doing We're doing... We're doing timeline what-ifs. Timeline what-ifs. <laughs> so, yeah, also bring... I, well, I'd like to say no, but obviously it's up to interpretation, isn't it? He blesses it, and the same <laughs> same faults happen. I can almost see being a possibility. Yeah, exactly. That, the, I would. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing, Ethan. Is the two is, he, goes, he yeah. blessed it? Yeah, if he blessed it and then it blew up, still, then what happens? And they're he both he has to confess he his blessing was useless and yeah. he's a false prophet. Unless <laughs> unless it doesn't blow up. Unless 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 <laughs> I don't like these what ifs. That's why I didn't like the these different things happened. I, I think it's less divine intervention and more just basic human error because there was a small part of me during the film i'm like are all the problems happening like eli's causing them so we can be like this this wouldn't have happened if you let me bless it mm-hmm. and you have like this i it was me the whole time i blew up the oil rigs was because- he tw- is he twisting his mustache as he says this <laughs> yes he, he's grown one. I would have got, <laughs> got away with it too. If it wasn't. <laughs> I like it's it's it wasn't like for your pesky deaf kid. Yeah. <laughs> he knew too much. We had to make sure he didn't hear anything else. <laughs> it was me. Oh, um, what should this film have been called? Or you'll have what he's having. (laughs) (laughs) Or we'll have enough of that. The Rockefellers? Ooh. Hmm. Probably would have got sued. That's probably why they didn't do it. Oil! With an exclamation mark. (laughs) Standard! That's that's the book, isn't it? That is the book. Greed. Greed, yeah. Ye of little faith. Whose story is it? Daniel's. Capitalism's. It's clearly Oil's story. No, it's Daniel's story. It starts with him. And it ends with him. It starts with oil. There's no oil in the bowling, laddie. (laughs) I bet you're wondering what the story's about. It's not about him. It's about me. Hi. I'm oil. I'm the metaphor for everything. Hi. Oh, my journey started billions of years ago during the dinosaur period. What is the story? Um, absolute ambition corrupts absolutely, I guess. I don't know. Two egos come face to face. Greed is bad. Greed is bad. Yeah. Capitalism leads to greed. Greed leads to suffering. Consequences. There's loads of suffering in this. Mm. Eli suffers. Daniel suffers. The boy suffers. Capitalism always hurts the people that are not, like, privileged by it. Mm -hmm. Because Daniel's fine at the end. It's the guy... It's Eli who's been, like, completely screwed around financially by the like financial crisis and that leads to his lack of faith to literally doing whatever and he f- faces the consequences is for it, it. Is it 24? 27. 27. Yeah, when does the stock market crash? 30s? I- yeah, 30s. So it's the roaring 20s. 29. 29 it crashes. Does it? Yeah, depression's all through the 30s. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got a couple I of years. I found an error. He's not far. 
yeah. Because great, we passed, we part, we completely passed by the Great War happening. Like, who calls the World War One happening? Like at that point. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind that World War One isn't nearly as long in the states as it is no. in Britain or Canada or other nations. And being that far on the plains, you wouldn't have that far west. Yeah, you're far you away because there's no Japanese side to the First World War. No, no. Um, let's do this. A musical inspiration. Burn, baby, burn. Disco I want Inferno. It all. What are you saying? I want it all. <laughs> and I want it now. I want it all. And I want money, it now. Money talks. How about a little? Any of HW songs are by Def Leppard. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I was proud of that. How that about uh, any song by Midnight Oil? <laughs> about Elton John? Daniel, you're a star. Or Daniel's nice. arriving tonight on a train. Same song. Yeah. <laughs> they did arrive on a train, didn't um, Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> what about uh, Money Talks, ACDC? Mm-hmm. Money, money, money. Or Money by Pink Floyd. Money by Pink Floyd, yes. Any reference to money? Ching. Boom. Ching. Something like that. Sure. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, some song about California. <laughs> Welcome to the Hotel California. Lots of prostitutes, house. lots of prostitutes that I cannot touch. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> quickly, quickly sidestepping that to <laughs> great role, role of women. There was not really much for women to do, but I guess in what it's representing apart from the family lives that you see like when they first get to the um what's it called where they sunday's sunday's farm sunday's farm that's it um there's only that one door they're very welcoming the only happy people though i will say that seem to have some happiness are mary and um with the son when they're getting married that is like one of the few happy moments of the film that the I old did. lady whose arthritis was cured well well she might believe but again there's not there wasn't really much did you not notice she was knitting in the background of every other scene was she <laughs> she was the no. one that taught hw all the sign language <laughs> oh so yeah they get a bit of happiness but it's it's not really a film to showcase women really is it because it's all about his um you know what he's trying to achieve isn't it um so I don't, I don't really know how it could have had a bigger role for a woman, really, unless they had someone working on the, um, on the rigs and things. But again, they wouldn't probably at that time they wouldn't have been involved, would they? So Mary's yeah, only there as a the device to see for, him for women to have a good time. No, <laughs> <laughs> Mary's so. only there for a device for for him to um, have something better in his life to go to, isn't he? Yeah. So it wasn't really yeah. much. And so that they are either being represented as wives or so there's a little scene with the prostitutes in there. Um, so we, yeah, that's not a, much, who, we, much who, we, who we never see. No. no. We just no. hear them. Faceless, yeah. So pretty much it's the traditional, uh, the woman is the, the wife at home or the mm. woman to be married to. And even the wife at the beginning, it doesn't really stick around, does she? And there's a lot of absence, like the baby at the beginning. So I'm going to assume that whoever died... They obviously probably didn't have a a, a wife to, or else why would the baby be with the why mother? Why would he, why would he have taken the baby to a dangerous workplace? So I'm going right. to assume that whoever she was wasn't around anyway. 
I think she did childbirth. Childbirth, yeah. 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 Again, elements maybe of truth. he took maybe he half took truth, that yeah. that yeah half truth. You think he knows? <laughs> you think he yeah. has any clue the backstory of that kid's parents? Well, he oh, might yeah, have chatted to, to the bloke he was working with employs, at that time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's no, no, no. guys. Why would you and have then a baby you can on juxtapose it to when the other guy does later and was like, did I know him? He's like, no, he's like, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey, yeah. We found some, we found some themes. <laughs> um, I made them up, but we found them. Best character. Best character. It could be performance. You don't have to be the best, the best human being. He's going first. Human being. Oh, you, you might go, you know, the, the best character is Daniel. Someone might say, now it doesn't mean that he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, you can go first. I think I didn't like him. I didn't. I found him uncomfortable to watch, and that's Eli. But I think, in my personal opinion, he outshone Daniel Day Lewis in this film. The film that he won the Best Actor Oscar yeah. for. That's fine. You're allowed to have an Yeah, I genuinely believe it because when he came on screen, I was more fixed on Eli than I ever was on Daniel. When Daniel's on his own. And he's doing speeches. You're fixed on him. But when that guy comes on screen, you're looking at Eli. You're not looking at Daniel. Okay. Ethan. I was going to go with Eli. And then I kind of realized everything that makes Eli so great, a lot of it is due to Daniel. Because he represents everything that goes against Eli. And I, Paul Daniel is fantastic. In this. He's so, so good. But Daniel Day-Lewis, from, from, day, from day, like the second I see Eli, I'm like, Okay, yeah. I like the cut of your jib. I get what you're doing. I, I, I feel for you by the end. By the end with Daniel, I'm seeing a different person in every, like, in mannerism, in performance, in just physicality. That's incredible. Eli is the same throughout the whole thing, because that's his character. But Daniel's journey is so, is like a masterclass of performance. You're just saying that because that's Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> This is the second Daniel Day-Lewis film I've ever seen, and I didn't really care that much for that Phantom Threads performance. Uh, Max? I'm going to go with someone different, because actually, thinking about whose story it is... The oils. No, it's not, I'm not going to choose the oils this time. Um, the only character that I could feel an emotional sort of like connection to is the son. Yeah, it begins with him as a baby. He grows up, he's got this slightly abusive father who you know is taking care of him, but also not treating him in the best way you know he has his tragedies with his hearing but actually you see how he's grown by the end and actually he's the winner he's off to do his own you know take on his own company he's the one that actually has had the success with a family um and he's the one that you kind of feel a bit sorry for as well but actually he rises above it and he seems like he's a decent man by the end of it as well so you know he's he's the one i'd root for don't get me wrong he's the one i'd root for Mm. Because, you know, I see more of myself in him. But <laughs> I was going by performance of Depends him. Depends how we're we going for best performance or we're going for best... However you want to play it. So I'm just, I'm just being a bit different. Yeah, that's okay. going. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Hermes! Mm, I like I like Meg's shout for uh, HW. I thought, and especially as a child actor is concerned, did, he did perfectly fine. Um, but I... It may be low-hanging fruit or maybe the obvious choice, but Daniel Day-Lewis was, every time he's on screen, he he commands the scene. He, he does a fantastic job. Got to go with him. Um, I, too, will go Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, I like Paul Dano. Love Paul Dano. Mm. A little more sunshine, isn't it? 
Uh, and I, I hear what Liam's saying, actually. I found him to be to sit there and go punch for punch with Daniel Day-Lewis. That's not easy. No. That's not easy at all. And to um, do it successfully. Yeah, and on four days' notice. Um, yeah, without I a year to prepare. I just don't remember anything there. Um, but, I mean, it's like Francis McDermott, which, you know, we've compared these two a lot in the last few weeks. But, yeah, the reputation's there, but the reputation's there because it's also well-earned. Mm. And I think you see range in this. For the most part, we see well, we see many different versions. We see squeaky clean. I'm making a pitch, Daniel Day-Lewis. And then at times you see quiet. I hate everybody. And some of those scenes of Henry should 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 be not undercut because I think there's some honesty that comes out there about who he is and what is uh, what his prime motivating characteristic is. And then those times where he just becomes unhinged. Mm. And, you know, and then even a fourth time when he's, you know, in, in, in the church. I mean, there's such a range in that, that uh, just keeping up is a feat worthy of itself. And the only person who's, I'd be intimidated to go head to head with him too, because the only other character who's got that much time with him is Eli. Mm-hmm. So that's really it. I mean, everybody else is kind of, you're just in the background on this one. Yep. Even HW. Yep. You know? So, um Nothing but appreciation for Paul Dano, but mine goes to DDL. <laughs> DDL. DDL. Uh, best moment, best element. Let's go with Liam. Um, uh, I liked the mirroring of the suffering that, Eli gets through Daniel when he's dragged through the mud and his hair pulled and uh, made a mockery of and then mirrored again in the church with Daniel going through, I abandoned my son, blah, blah, blah. And I like hadn't spotted it straight away or touched on it until we go through it and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah. You know how sometimes I watch a film and I go, I really like this film, and then we talk about it, and I go, hmm, maybe I don't like it so much. Mm-hmm. This probably has gone the other way for me. Yeah. I've enjoyed the chat more than the actual film. I was thinking the same thing, actually. Yeah. I struggled with the film, but actually now we've chatted about it, I could watch it again now. It's made me think more about Whereas it. I wouldn't have wanted to before. <laughs> but yeah, the cinematography is phenomenal. But yeah. Yes, it is. Um, the the mirroring of the scenes and how they're very much alike. They are. It's like looking in a mirror at each other and just going, "Okay, okay, okay, okay." Yeah. Max. I, as I said, I initially struggled watching this. It's not my type of film. We, did, um, we haven't told Hermes yet what kind of film they do. This is a, this a a gritty blokey film in my sort of category of films. Um, I just found it. There wasn't many people that I could sort of associate with myself there was no really likable characters as such it was quite slow build up and you know you've got to really concentrate on it um not many light moments um to sort of you know sort of delve into um so it, it was quite a hard watch for me I did appreciate the cinematography. I did appreciate the, you know, the high energy emotional acting scenes. Um, but similar to what Liam said, I think now that we've discussed it and I've, you know, I've, I've thought about some things, I think I could now go and, and watch it again and probably get more enjoyment out of it. 
um, just from the discussions. But um, I like the build up to the, the crescendo in that final scene um, when he finally he descends into madness and, you know, he's threatening him with milkshakes and uh, bowling pins <laughs> and, you know, all of that. So that was my favourite moment, I'd say. Ethan. The score, I, I love the score in this. It's so like haunting and chilling. And a film either has to be really bad or have a really good score for me to ever properly notice it. And this is like the the latter of this score is so good. I'm always thinking about it. And it helps that for like the first 20 minutes, there's barely any dialogue or lack thereof. So I'm really focusing on it. But I could always pick it out every single time I heard it. And I really like it. And it it really worked for what the film was supposed to present and represent. And I'm probably gonna go back and listen to it because it was it's just really well done. Hermes. Element I'd say is on the same vein of of um of Ethan, where it's not it's not specifically the score, but the the feeling I get from the score and that first twenty minutes is that you know, um, that buildup, that uneasiness, that grittiness, even Meg touched on. Um, I think that a film that really doesn't have like a distinct objective or like a distinct moral um, conclusion, if you will, you know, this isn't like a, what is that, Sunday or Saturday uh, school special or whatever, where it's like a clearly defined moral that you're supposed to, I like it to be ambiguous. And I like that it, it spurs all of these conversations, you know, it can be interpreted a couple of ways. We all saw the same film, but we all read different things. I love that. And then you take the acting performances that you are, I, I would argue are, you know, next to none in any other film. Yeah. I'm going to say that like that build up of the film where it's not building to anything specific, necessarily it's not building to any specific uh moral uh yeah, agenda it just i don't know it's it's almost a movie about nothing and yet <laughs> has so much going on i i don't know it, it, i can't i can't find the right terminology for that but the, the feeling i get from that is is next to none uh, i'm gonna join liam on the uh idea that we've got two characters who are clearly being placed on opposite sides they are this is the battle this is the conflict there's a guy named Claude Levi Strauss who believes in what he called structuralism, um, also known as binary opposites. We put two things that are diametrically opposed against each other. We cause friction. The movie ends when that friction finishes. Mm. In this case, Eli dies. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yet we have them share so many of the same commonalities. And they're both, at your most cynical, they're both salesmen. They're both in the business of tricking people in order to grow their own personal fortune. And yet we see them kind of at loggerheads over the minds, the hearts, the souls, the dollars of a community. And I think uh, that's – and it's also fun because you get to pick one. <laughs> you get to pick one who you team. Are you, are you on team Iron Man or team Cap? Are you on team <laughs> – you know, are you on team um, team Daniel or team Paul uh, Eli? And uh, that's an interesting perspective. So uh, a lot of fun can come with that as they both kind of take turns mocking each other as they go through about what success means. Um, we do. Oh, uh, I don't know if I've lost the people on the TV or not. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So see. I can keep talking. And then once <laughs> once it's done, I can turn the TV back on. I think it's auto timed off. Um, 
So as a result, I think that's my favorite uh, element is the uh, is the creation of these two opposing forces. Who you know, you know, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. Might have been said in more of a Western sort of appeal. So uh, now it's time to ask for a grumble. A grumble. Let's start with Megs. Um, it was just a bit depressing. I don't know. Um. I found it quite slow to get into it, but that's, as I say, it's not usually a film that I would choose to watch on my own. I think this is more of a film that someone would probably recommend to me and I would probably watch it with them, but just with the timing of how my week's gone, I had to watch it by myself. So I probably would have benefited from actually watching it with somebody. Um, what would you have done? Would you have been like, what does that mean? Who's that? Probably. Probably. <laughs> actually, maybe that would be a bad thing because it's not the sort of film that you, because it's so quiet. You don't really want to be talking through it. So maybe actually it was best for me to watch it on my own. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't my type of film. But I do appreciate how well it was put together. Like Megan, I didn't appreciate the film as much as a lot of people will. Um, Unlike Ethan, I don't like the score. I understand why it's there and how it sort of drives it along, and but it just irritated me more and more and more, which I assume that was supposed to do. Um, I famously put myself in movies and how I would react and how I would get through things. There was nobody in this film I could relate to, really. Um, so I very much saw this from an outside point of view rather than an inside point of view. Uh, which doesn't give me that heart and drive that I normally have for this for for a film. Um, I didn't like how the ending happened. I uh, I get it. I think he saw himself in Eli, and when he was killing him, he was killing himself. Um, but it's not how I, I saw the ending going. I saw um, either both dying or both collaborating um, because they were uh, mirrors of themselves. Uh, so I, I think the ending could have been better and stronger. And yeah, that's about it really. Ethan? My main thing, it's it's Paul. I would have liked to see just one more thing of Paul just to sort of complete the cycle of Eli's... Because Eli like, see, hates Paul from the way that he's talking about in that scene with... I think the dad's called Abe. Um, I, I would have liked something more just to get that, but clearly there's just some conflict of faith between them. So, I, like, sure, but I would have liked something more to do with it and... Yeah, just, like, expanding upon, like, one or two details, which sort of just would have made the film even better than it was just expanding the tiniest bit. Hermes! Um, that's a struggle for me. I don't... I, uh, at the top of my head, I think the only character that I thought was useless and didn't... And I thought they, we spent a lot of time that we didn't really need on was uh, Henry. I thought that whole side, I mean, we see it as a consequence for Daniel's character. So I get that it served that kind of a purpose. But overall, I don't know. I thought it maybe it was just done poorly and I didn't 
I don't know, expected more from it or needed more from it or something, or maybe just not at all. That's my only grumbles. Henry's character could have been maybe chopped. Um, I don't like the way it ended. No. Uh, not even the death of Eli. I don't like that, but still. It was played for a joke, and it was a film that wasn't funny. No, it wasn't. Far from it. So this is a really strange end note where you're like, wait, is, is that a joke? And then, oh, that's the end? And the music comes in. The music at the end is almost like it is a punchline with their we blood and i was sitting there going this doesn't feel like it it lacked closure not that a film like this has to necessarily give me closure but don't give me this don't give me a punchline. give me give me some sort of statement of your manifesto on, on in, after a death of who he goes i mean it was just yeah i'm finished <laughs> he's laying there um yeah, it was. It was. It was almost like I had a shot of a dad, as opposed to. Uh, was that because it was in the bowling alley, and he was like throwing bowling? It's the bowling balls and alley. Bowling he's just been. <laughs> there's the servant. He's like, yeah, I'm done. Like this is like a Thursday for him. Yeah. yeah. It, it just felt a bit off. So it didn't give me a film that asked me to take it very seriously, and I did take it very seriously for two hours and forty minutes, and then went. <laughs> it it. it it was i went to some real places with this and it wasn't even and it was not a film where nihilism's a thing if it was a film where nihilism's a thing i can get behind this it's not that um yeah so i didn't understand it and didn't care for it at least as far as that goes so that was a weakness in my point there so is this anybody's best role ever I would say no to Paul. No, I'd say no to Paul Dano. He's been better in mm. other things for me. I haven't really seen him in much. I haven't um, seen Daniel Day Lewis in enough to really comment. No, it's I haven't the seen them both in enough. To I think Day Lewis is better in Lincoln. I want to see that. I think Day Lewis is better in Gangs in New York. No, no. I like this better. I like this better than Gangs in New York. I like. I, I do think I put this over Lincoln as well, and mm. I. I mean. I can't remember that most recent one. I didn't finish it where he's the designer. Um, Phantom Thread. Thread, yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know. It, it, it didn't, Certainly, it was similar to Silence for me. I didn't. It was just a little too slow. Same thing with uh, Lincoln. I think this would be his best. I, I would vote it his best. Uh, Paul Dano. No, definitely not. Uh, I like him in Prisoners. I like when Ruby Sparks. I think he's great in Ruby Sparks. Actually, you going about that film? Yeah. I still haven't seen that. It's the same directors as uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, okay. And they've made him the lead in this one. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah, it's, it doesn't qualify, but it's kind of like a wild card sort of yeah. criteria pick. Oh, it's great. I know you've talked about it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's one that uh, I've watched it literally once. Wow. Once, maybe, maybe twice. I'm not sure. Fantastic film though. And then I don't know anybody else well enough to sort of throw them in the loop. Uh, so now it's time for. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Rage game, rage game. Let's all go bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, uh, what are we striking on today? We've basically got like the ma- the characters who have face pictures on IMDb because there's like maybe four. Yep. So we have uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Mm, long career. Um, 52. 47. Oh, I was going to say that. Uh, 49. 
Hermes. 50. 50? That is a point for Megs because he <gasps> is 49. Oh, oh, I never well done, get any right on this. I'm really pleased. <laughs> uh, next, we have Paul Dano as Paul and Eli. Mm. 32. 21. Ooh. 26. 24. I'm giving that to Ian because he is 22. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Every you time, my sunshine, aren't you? Yeah, every time Liam was talking about like how good he was going against Darren Day Lewis, uh, I keep had to stop myself going, yeah, and only 22. He's, he's too young to not know he's in over his head. Mm. Yeah. Uh, cool, next, though. we yeah? have. Dylan Frazier, Frazier, who played H.W. or Homework. Mm, which one? Young oh, one. The, the little one. Whew. Um, <laughs> ten. Eleven. Seven. Uh, nine. Add another Meg's point. He is ten. Uh, yeah. On a roll. <laughs> uh, and then we have Kevin J. O'Connor, who was Henry. Henry! Okay. 42. 45. 47. 44. Ooh, split between Liam and Hermes because he's 43. Ooh. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. So our winner overall is Megs with two points yeah. and then the Ian time, in second with I win one. something. Roll a woman. There you go. There you go. Uh, now it's time for the critics. Critics, Ethan, what are we doing with the good, the bad, and the Ebs? I think he was around for this. What you got? Yeah, he was. So we have Peter Travers from Rolling Stone who says, There will be blood hits with hurricane force. Lovers of formula and sugar coating will hate it. Screw them. In terms of excellence, uh, excitement, imagination, and rule-busting experimentation, it's a gusher. Four out of four. Uh, then we have Ed Gonzalez from Slant Magazine who says, Crammed to its oil slick rafters with highly stylized forms of art, direction, cinematography, performance, dialogue, and music, all that's missing from it is a sense of humanity and gives it two out of four. And then finally, mm. Roger Ebert. Ebs. He sa- and all he writes is a force beyond all categories, 3.5 out of four. So what you do when you got five minutes. You have another one yet? Okay, yeah, right. Uh, three and a half. I can't complain about that. I'll, I'll give it a, a, a line. Uh, 91% on the Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 8.2 on the IMDb. And let's see. I put the fleece out. Is it a great film, a good film, a okay film, or a poor film? And the answer is... 58% called this a great film. 29% good, 6% okay, 7% poor. So 83% ranked it good or higher. Sounds like it's in the right category for the podcast. Um, let's take a look. I just realized Georgia sent me the stuff from our friends of the podcast, our friends of the podcast. So I've got, this is from Nate the Great, who says, There Will Be Blood almost reminds me of a Tarantino movie with the amount of dialogue, heavy scenes, and the amazing script with fantastic characters. Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Dano put in incredible performances and show how versatile they can be. The church scene puts a smile on my face every time I watch it, and the iconic ending was tremendous. I had never seen someone get killed with a bowling ball pin before. Oh, really? Every Friday where I'm from. Nothing I say will fully express how phenomenal this movie is. You can guess from there where he's putting the ranking. 
Ball, it's, what, it's what Nate likes. Nate likes him some sport-related death. Uh, we've also got Richard, who says, this was my favorite movie for a long time when I was a teenager. It came out when I was just getting into movies in a big way, and looking back, so many great movies came out in 2007. It's mad. Movies for adults, you know? Movies that don't explain themselves. Movies that do things in a glance or a camera move. Anyway, this movie is beautifully shot by Robert Ellswood. Not only in the grand exteriors of the monumental, hostile landscape, but also in the more intimate scenes and the frequent close-ups of Plainview's monumental, hostile face. We often linger on this face while others are talking, as though his reactions to things are more important than what's being said. Day-Lewis breathes life into every glance and venom into every thunderous... Sorry, one second. Every thunderous stare. The writing and the acting is top notch, and so is whatever the fuck Daniel Day Lewis is doing. Whatever the fuck Daniel Day Lewis is doing, <laughs> he's off the deep end in this one incredible, physical, terrifying, hateful, wounded, and occasionally really fucking funny. I could go on all day about this film, but I just want to mention the high point for me, both dramatically and from a filmmaking perspective. The rig fire, man. The initial explosion and clickety-clack of the wonderful score kicking in. The beautiful tracking shot that follows plain view as he carries his son to safety. All one long take, I'll mention that. Um, as chaos erupts behind him. And the hellfire erupting out of the earth and Plainview turning his back on his son to walk towards the flames. Away from him and towards the oil. It's fucking electrifying stuff. Anyways, that's it, I guess. I'm finished. Blank bloody bowling pins out of ten. <laughs> so there we go. I think that's it. Let me take a look if there's one more there. Uh, no, that is it. Those are the two uh, things we had from our patreon backers if you want to find out how you can get in on the vote have your fifth chair challenge count go ahead and get a hold of us at best film ever no that's our twitter account at best film for pod but patreon.com slash bfe we kept it simple for you all right uh oh that's me again jeez and now we're going to talk about <laughs> our fledgling fandom there were quite a few comments on this as i thought there would be with a blokey gritty what do you call it a gritty blokey a film. gritty blokey film uh we've got uh cory heitman says good film with a great lead performance the alex kirsch project says i left after they drank my milkshake we only missed about five <laughs> minutes nostalgia cast says not trying to rain on anyone's parade because i get why this movie's so adored but despite all its attributes day lewis is transcendent it just plays a little repetitive for me like maybe shave off 15 20 minutes in the final third and it might have had a tighter hold on me uh og the bfe carlo says this is a masterpiece Probably my favorite film in the 2000s. Not only does Paul Thomas Anderson craft a wonderfully complex character study, but he pairs up one of the best performances ever from Daniel Day-Lewis. Thanks to Hermes for bringing it. Look forward to the episode. Uh, Daddio says it's one of Paul Thomas Anderson's best for me. Great visual storytelling, and maybe it's just me, but the more I watch it, the funnier it gets. I didn't see a ton of humor in it myself. No, I didn't either. No, I wasn't getting maybe the not funnies the first from it. Watch. I, the only thing I found funny was the ending. <laughs> What about you, Hermes? I yeah, maybe dark humor at best, yeah. and, and sprinkled throughout. No, uh, Charles Petrescu says I'd cite. Uh, uh, there, there will be bl- there will be blood. It's my favorite movie of all time for years. Watching an average Joe descend into the mouth of madness and fully embrace becoming the villain is something to behold. Gorgeous killer score, and my favorite scene of all time in the church. You know the one. <laughs> Uh, Sir gives a damn, also known as Mr. Mikey Wood, but we call him Fred. Says, so, okay, here's the thing. I know this is a good film. It's very well made, and there's incredible performances in it, and it's of the high, uh, utmost quality. It's just so incredibly unpleasant, I'm fine if I never see it again. And finally, Sharberger Freund, 
who, despite it being a gritty, blokey film, says, this is a serious contender for the title of best film ever. Definitely the best performance by an actor ever with Daniel De- ever with Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> Amazing film. I remember watching it the first time and just being mesmerized by it. Thank you to everybody who reached out and gave us a little bit of um, a little bit of feedback. Yeah, on the thank film. you. Thank you very much. So. Uh, if you like this film or episode, you'll like what else is Hermes brought to the table? Whiplash. <laughs> Whiplash had a very. Um, yeah, that wasn't decisive, was it? Wasn't decisive, and people had very strong feelings about <laughs> characters who they found weren't entirely likable. So it's Hermes, a hard movie. Hermes, well, he did Logan Lucky, and we picked all the holes in it, so he doesn't do it for us anymore. <laughs> I love it when you bring a film to the table. Go check Hermes. out Logan Lucky, and go check out Whiplash. Go check out what else have you brought to the table, Hermes? Uh, the Departed. Oh, the Logan Departed. Lucky. Oh wow! Yeah, so there we are. Oh, I missed that one. Oh, the Departed. Yeah, I love that. Is that because you weren't here? Had you yeah. De- you departed. Yeah. <laughs> I survived, though. Yeah, yeah. That's true. No one else in that movie did. All right. So uh, let's talk about our ratings. Our ratings. Liam, let's start with you. I think Hermes knocked on the head when he said he don't think I was going to like this movie. Um, I actually liked it better than I thought I would. Watching it, I didn't really enjoy it. Talking about it, I enjoyed it more. Um, I appreciate the cinema photography. I appreciate the the acting by Daniel Day Lewis, and what's the other guy? Paul Dano. Paul Dano. I thought he was phenomenal, and I thought he outshone Daniel Day Lewis. That's what Shy Burgerfriend called the best acting performance ever. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. Just say it. <laughs> um, my rating has gone up actually uh, since talking about it. Um, I appreciate films in a different way now. Um, I, like I say, I tend to put myself in the movies. I tend to see how I'd deal with those situations, and that has a big bearing on how I feel about a film. But because there was nobody in this film I could relate to, I kind of saw it from an outside point of view. So I wasn't really too emotionally attached to this film. And I can see where everybody's coming from and everything else, but for me, it's not a great movie. Will I watch it again? Probably now we, I understand different things about it. And maybe I'll, I'll enjoy it more from the second watch. Who knows? Um, but I, I probably will give it a second watch, but not for about 10 years. Because uh, that's quite a heavy film. Um, the film that leads it to be at the beginning isn't the film it ends. You know, like the whole quietness, the, the noises rather than speaking, and then that comedic bit at the end, which wasn't really funny. Um, so with that, I'm going to give this seven and a half straws in milkshakes (laughs) out of ten. You're reaching further than that straw has to. (laughs) I want to use the bowling pin one, but somebody took it. Uh, I hope the mic can pick up, like, the gears turning. It can be heard. Yeah, sorry, folks. All right, Ethan, go ahead. You've called your shot. Let's go. Oh, oh, shit. Okay. I I adored this film. I I sat back and I was like, uh, after I watched, I was like, I don't know how to describe it. I just, I know I've just watched, like, an amazing film and i'm gonna think a film that makes me think about it long after it i've seen it 
I think has done a really good job. And I, I said the same with Whiplash, and I, I still, I, I still agree with it here. I'm going to be thinking about this for a while because there's so much of this film that I want to dissect and think about: the score, the cinematography, the themes, the performances, the just the story itself. The, um, like, I, I get everyone's problem with the ending. I kind of like that it's this dark humor. Yeah, I'm done kind of thing. Because, yeah, he's got nothing else for. Uh, I don't think the ending's... It could be better, but you know what? All things concerned, I'm going nine and a half um, times that the... Uh... Bloody hell, what's that other You can see the cogs they... turning. You, you can yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. I realized I was going to suffer for this. <laughs> nine and a half, no country for old old men sets postponed due to smoke out of ten. <laughs> it was not worth the, the, the joking at Liam. Uh, <laughs> instant karma's going to get you, John Lennon wrote. <laughs> Bites you in the ass. That's right. I don't think that part was his line. No. Uh, Megs. Um... I, I've already kind of said how I feel about it, um, I, but I do appreciate that it's it is a well constructed film and the performances are very good. Um, so I can see how people would describe it as a, a masterpiece and things like that. Um, I think I could I could rewatch it now and pick out some different bits to focus on. Um, so I'm going to give it. Uh, seven slaps out of ten. <laughs> nice. That's a lot of slapping. There is a lot of slapping. There is a lot of slapping. There is a lot of slapping. Will Smith would love this movie. He would actually. He should have. <laughs> yeah, they should have found a little cameo for him somewhere. Should have done. <laughs> I'll slap that fifteen years like prior. Well, mm, <laughs> right out of you. Well, we've got several multiverses going on anyway yeah, oh, yeah, at the moment. Yeah. So you know, this is just a, another one. Imagine a world where he doesn't slap someone. I prefer he wins Best Picture. Cheers. <laughs> Still um, hate him. Hermes. Uh, yes, I'm going to echo a lot of what uh, Ethan said. It, it Similarly, it, it it's something you think about. It's something, and I and I had thought about it quite a bit after seeing it the first time and then rewatching it and continuing it, and you find little other bits in it. Uh, I love this film for so many reasons and not because it's, you know, it, the gentleman was another one i brought i love that mm, film i give it a 10 oh, because it's good. so much fun and it's well made yeah. this one isn't fun but it's so well made it's it's not always and sometimes it's confusing and and the score again is very uneasy mm. so similar to maybe the road um with um uh, uh mortensen is it's something that you maybe don't want to watch all the time but when you watch it you agree it's it's a profound performance it's a profound movie and uh that's kind of where i rank this so i agree with uh ethan and maybe a half a point off maybe even a full point off i'm am i allowed to do that point five yeah you can do point five yep i'm I'm gonna agree with that then a nine and a half out of ten uh blown up oil rigs <laughs> nice <laughs> oh um Liam made an interesting comment at the start where he talked about how the, the film it turns into isn't the film it starts off as. And I think it's because failure is silent and individual and success seems to be noisy. And we've had a lot of noise about this film today. We have. Um, it's interesting to hear um, the two gentlemen joining us via satellite or whatever we want to call this. Um, 
So how they're going to carry this film with them? I don't think I am. And that surprises me. Mm. Um, I can see why people thought I would like this film. And I do. I do. Not to the same extent uh, that it seems to be. And I don't know why. I, it's not just the joke. I, I, I think I see the mirroring, but I'm, I'm looking for that extra level of something where I go, like with Whiplash, it was something magic there for me, at least, where I went. This is so, not relatable, but this is so, it makes you ask questions of yourself and those around you. And instead, I'm just asking questions of the filmmaker. And that's okay. And it is beautiful. I mean, it, it, it might be the best cinematography I've seen in any film we may have ever done on the podcast. It, is nice. it might be that good. The best out of 168. Mm-hmm. Um, with two powerhouse acting performances. But it feels like there's something that's just not there. It tips it into that, like, elite tier for me. Um. And I don't know because if you add it all up, it should be it should be there. Yeah, it should be there. I really like the score. I really like the editing. I really like the the themes of the. I I still I still don't jar with the ending, and the ending does hurt it for me because I'm like I do not get why they've done this, and I think I would have preferred an ending where both parties do sell each other out. And what's the last thing they sell out? They sell out their hatred of each other mm. because money still trumps over that. Yeah, which it has done through the whole film. Now, Paul Thomas Anderson's very successful and, you know, he's won an Oscar for, for screenwriting, so God bless him. Uh, I haven't. <laughs> but I'm going to give this eight and a half. Hey, we ordered our drinks before they did. <laughs> Out of ten. And then our Patreon goes to uh they think that Ethan and Hermes got it spot on. Our Patreon is nine and a half. Oh, okay. Um, the first well one, done, which was Nate, gave it a ten. And um Oh, I'm uh, Richard gave it nine. Because we don't allow half marks on the Patreon vote score. It's it's whole numbers only. So yep. it's gonna be very high up there. It really, really is. Uh, it's going to come just short of hitting a nine, but it'll be in the high eights. It might be the highest one we've done in 2023. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I just, I don't know what it is. I kind of thought I'd walk away going, I've added one of those seminal must-have watch films to my list. And I, I saw a very good film. Yeah. I saw a very good film. I don't think I'm going to emotionally carry it. Maybe part of that was the viewing experience. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I'm done. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you quitting the pod is that what you're telling us live on the- that's what he says at the end isn't it oh i'm done yeah fin- finish yeah finished yeah I'm so finished, yeah. there we are so uh more than anything we want to do is we're going to thank our patreon backers i'll do it right now julian hermes james de guzman lena oberholzer enzany and davies chris peterson randall silva Dwayne smith Dwayne smith the yeetmeister reverend bruce nate the great andy dixon holly callan cheesy with a fish on a bike richard and the cool cat himself ryan kukets but most of course throughout that we want to thank hermes for bringing yet another film with another um intense conversation (laughs) behind it which of course i always enjoy (laughs) <laughs> you do, you do, you do. and i know not everybody doesn't join necessarily that level of intensity 
I enjoy that. I enjoy the fact that we can bring Hermes on and then go, no, no, you're wrong. And he just laughs it off and goes, yeah, <laughs> sure I am. And we, just, and, 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 we, and we keep batting the ball back and forward. And that's always good. Hermes has his own podcast. If you haven't, uh, if you're not familiar, if it's your first time hearing it, the Scuttlebutt podcast, it's fantastic. Hermes, why don't you give a little bit of uh, info on that? I appreciate you, Ian. And, um, yeah, my uh, little thing we do, it's uh, not quite as uh, well-directed. I've said it so many times as Ian's podcast over here, the best film ever. But Ian did grace us with his presence, and he and eventually. I did a quick look. Eventually. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Similar to today, you know, traffic and, the, and life gets in the way. But, um, no, we did a little Miss Sunshine, so if uh, everybody enjoys ethan and my batting the ball back and forth uh come over and hang out at the scuttle butt uh, get your sea legs on and uh have a good time hopefully yeah i really can't speak highly enough it, it was a good time had a very enjoyable conversation just the two of us we could make it if we try just the two of us <laughs> and without any slaps no without any slaps. so now also to do some what we're doing next week Ooh. had to shuffle a few things around this is an anniversary pick Ooh. um it's it's um a film that's got its own little kitsch and style and goes to some kind of unusual places and a film that accesses other films as part of its storytelling narrative so a film that references silent film in order to get to the finish line a film that stars a very young actor who would later go on to be captain jack sparrow a film that brought the world the song about walking 500 miles and then walking 500 more just to be the man to walk a thousand miles and fall down at your door. We are looking at Benny and June oh, next week. Wicked. So that will be I haven't seen that interesting. in years. Is that um, um, that blonde head girl? I think it's Mary Stuart Masterson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aiden Quinn. Never heard of this film. Yeah, Johnny Depp. Ethan. So there we go. Uh, I believe uh, Mary Stuart Masterson plays a woman with some exceptionalities who finds love uh, with Johnny Depp's character. He would be the Benny. She would be the. Oh no, I don't think he's Benny. I think the brother's Benny. But anyway, and then he presents himself as like a Buster Keaton inspired sort of individual. Is this where we? No, no, that's not what I'm thinking. So next week, we're going to be looking at Benny and June. Hey, if you want to have the experience Hermes had, if you want to bring a a film to the table that will almost cause the podcast to break up, you can do that. And you can find that at patreon.com slash BFE. Lots of options there for you. But all the way up to coming on the show, enjoying yourself in the end game. And uh, like we said, almost bring us to the brink the edge <laughs> of losing our ability with each other so thank you very much all that's left to do is the walk down hermes if you could go ahead and throw your name in after ethan that would be fantastic yes, sir. there we are so a million thanks one more time for hermes for bringing us yeah. a, a film that generated much meaningful conversation and discussion it's a lot more interesting than everybody going oh, i like that yeah i like that too or <laughs> i don't like that no matter did i so it's always you. a pleasure having you dude always a pleasure having hermes shooting it always real a pleasure always um, a pleasure guys thanks for having me nah, bless always you. always always four well please join us next week <laughs> when we tackle the johnny depp feature from 1993 wow Benny and June for best film ever. Uh, I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. 
I've been Hermes. And I've been Megan. Hey, and in closing, I can't believe no one mentioned this earlier, but it's worth saying, when it comes to podcasting, I kind of believe our milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Damn right. It's better oh, than yours. Dear. And all that's left to say is finished. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop.